Before we talk about this movie, um, I have a subject I would like to broach with you. I just I have some things I want to tell you. Can I tell you some things? Can we discuss them? Can I Always. introduce a topic of discussion? Yes. So last week was the uh, the twenty year anniversary of me being sent to uh, the Excel Academy of Conroe, Texas. Okay. Okay. And uh, you know, for what I, I would say, for whatever reason, but the reason is obviously that we do this podcast. Uh huh. Um, it was like uh, it was really hitting me. In ways that uh, okay. previously had not, you know, I mean, like the I think twenty last, is a big one, man. Last year, I think I kind of forgot. Like, I think the next day, I was like, "Oh shit, it was yesterday." Um, yeah, but it was like you know coming up. Yeah, it was just it was definitely that it was a big one, but also, you know, in the last year, I've gone from it being something that like I kind of stuffed down, true, into something that I'm trying to explore all the aspects. True. Jamming from every angle. Yeah. How do you think that's been going? uh, Yeah, good. Okay. That's my analysis. All right. And um, I I was just, there's a, I was kind of meditating on, meditating is overdoing it, but um, I was thinking about, Whenever you get there, my my uh, approach to it was to hold on very intently to my previous life to say, you know, like that I don't want to let this school change me. That was the focus for the first couple months, right? Is they're making you do stuff and they're trying to change you. And if you outwardly resist, it's going to be hell. But, like, they can't control your mind. And so let's just stay strong. Um, And also just, you know, it is a very, it's a hell of a thing. Like, them coming in and being, like, from this moment forward, you can't talk about. looking at you? Yeah, yeah. Okay. uh, You can't talk about anyone you knew. You can't talk about anything you've done. You can't talk about the things that you liked and listened to. Like, just all that's over. Um, right. And so I I had, like, that creates an experience where it feels like I'm no longer living my life. That my life is the one that I would have continued to lead had those guys not showed up and told me that I was coming with them. And... So I like just would continue to have like a hypothetical like I wonder what my friends are doing. I wonder what I would be doing if I were with them. That's who I actually am, and you know like like on that level of like just I I your identity is you know where you fit in your friend group or what any of the myriad ways that you could fi- define your identity. Mm-hmm. All of those are being disrupted by this process of being sent to the school, and so you continue to think of your identity, like, you know, because your identity is not like an independent thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like everyone conceives of themselves as like fitting into various things. And like the sum of that is is who you are. It's not like that there's some thing inside of you that makes you immutably you. I mean, like, I guess mm-hmm. that there is. I think Whatever. so. <laughs> you say soul. I mean... I'm sorry. That's For lack a, of a better term. That's a derisive way of uh, the, my tone there was not respectful, and I apologize. 
I would love to get into that, but I, of course, accept your apology, but uh, on behalf of souls everywhere. But uh, I would love to get into that, but you're spitting, so, you know, I just want to... But it just, it makes it like a... It freezes time, you know, of like, yes. I had an I had an idea of who I was. I knew that I was no longer being allowed to act that out. And so some part of me was like, everything you do from here, that's not the real you. That's just shit you're doing for them. And like, as you go along, more and more of you just kind of gives up the fight and is like, well, whatever. And you start to make actual friends there, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, I was thinking back, the, the laundry room thing pops out for me is like, that was kind of the first time I felt like I was being myself and mm. people were seeing who I was and being accepting of it. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of started a process of like, okay, because whenever you first get there and you don't know anyone, you aren't, your authentic self to anyone in the way that you never are to strangers, you know, I mean, right. there's no stranger where I'm just, where they're getting a good read on me, you know? Um, cause I'm still feeling them out and they're still feeling me out and that, that's how that goes. Um, and so, you know, as, as you move along, it, it melts away, right. And you start to have real friends and you can act yourself around them. And, you know, you're like, okay, maybe this is me. But for me, there was always a part of me, that, you know, I mean, like the part got smaller and smaller as you went along, but there's always a part that was saying, this isn't you. You is the people who hung out with those friends at that time that listened to this music that did this. And so that's why, you know, I mean, it's 20 fucking years ago. And to that part, I can, and I can feel this very viscerally. It's yesterday. Mm-hmm. Like I, you know, more so than any memory I have, the memory of those people showing up to my house and saying one to three month adventure coming up, um, you know, it's just, it's very fucking vivid. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's, it's because in many ways, a part like, the, you know, that life ended there and that, that did feel to me at that time, a hundred percent of me at that time felt like that was my life. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, it's just stuck there. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a it's weird a real, sensation. Real before and after. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's well said, man. Do you feel that way? Yeah. I mean, you know, as always, as you were saying that, there were little things. I don't even remember what they were, you know, where I was like, I have a little bit of a different perspective, but that's, you know, not really what I would emphasize. I think definitely. Um, I was, uh, I had read the book 1984 before I went to Excel. Oh, damn. Yeah. And I'm really grateful for that. I read it there. Yeah. 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 Surprised that they left that one through, but they did. Yeah, definitely, man. I'm really, I'm really grateful that we were at, I don't know if it was lazy or God was working through entertainment and the taste of the various staff members. But for all the shit that we went through, that is one thing. Like, you know, Jamie went through her periods of banning books and stuff. But mm-hmm. um, I am grateful for the amount of books and movies and even the oldies music, honestly. Uh, really, I don't want to say I couldn't have gotten through it without it, but I don't want to think about how much it would have sucked uh, to have tried to. Yeah. Sucked um, a lot with it. So, yeah, no, definitely. And there was a, a kid got 1984 banned, I remember. 
uh, yeah, it, it wasn't there whenever I got there. It was something that slipped through at some point. He got it banned literally. He, he really got the point of the book, uh, you know, because Winston, the protagonist's girlfriend, Julia, is yeah, yeah. hot, but she's in the anti-sex league because it's a dead civilization that's, uh, you know, predicated on maintaining control and power at all costs and reproduction in life, you know, obviously spits in the face of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he uh, told Jamie that we should get rid of that book because there's too much sex in it. Like, especially once, you know, they start to love each other and have sex. It just got him too riled up, basically. Uh, I mean, that's not how I would react. Well, I don't even have to say hypothetically. I did read the book there and I did not report it, but... I didn't either. As far as did I get riled up? Oh, I like you that. You betcha. Dude, have you seen the movie, dude? No. Oh, my God, man. I mean... Is it like a porno? There's yeah, better. It's good, <laughs> dude. I like the movie a lot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tight view. Yeah, you could get into it. Yeah, uh, especially you know if you've been under a repressive regime. Yeah. Um, but you know, I guess different people are anxious, and it's part of I think always like anti-sex sentiment in society is often a function of the anxiety created by like the power of it. So that kid was probably just dealing with his own issues and uh, he ended up becoming a staff member. So, you know, that's one kind of person who ends up becoming a staff member. And I got the fountainhead taken away because it glorified rape. And I saw one of the, you know, sex weirdo kids reading it. And I did think to myself, like, I don't like the idea of that kid, like reading, you know, rape erotica, let alone, you know, objectivism. Or whatever. I think that's what Ayn Rand's philosophy yeah. is called. Uh-huh. Definitely the kid, not this isn't the kid who like was into it, but like the kid who introduced the fountainhead to Excel, he called her Ayn Rand for sure. Hell yeah. That's what I thought the pronunciation was for a long time. I mean uh, yeah, I'm not embarrassed yeah. by you know, I didn't hang out with, you know, Alan Greenspan. Yeah. Or whatever. Uh but anyway, that sorry, that's a big aside. But uh Dude, so I didn't really get a lot about that book. I think it's a good book, man. I think there's a lot of like... Which one? 1984. Okay. Um, I haven't read The Fountainhead, you know, since I got it banned. Uh, I'm sure it's great. I mean, I haven't read 1984 since, <coughs> since the time I did it at Excel, but I was just thinking I, I should read it again. I think it's pretty good. Uh, I was reading somebody... there. You know, what frustrates me about like reading... It does about, feel like a consistently misapplied, misunderstood work. I suppose. I don't know no. that I took from it whatever. Like the number of times in my life where someone's been like, this is exactly like 1984 <laughs> and that I've nodded along are pretty rare, I think. Sure, I guess. You know, yeah. It was pretty funny when Amazon... Lady, it seems like they just don't agree with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I hear you. It was funny when Amazon, when Kindles first came out, and like the the one book, you know, when you buy a book on Kindle, you're not actually buying it. You're like renting the right to access the code or whatever. Sure. And they like in the terms of use, like have the right to take it away, update it, edit it, you know, access what you're reading and when and all that stuff. So all of that is, you know, obviously Orwellian. But then like 
I think it was like the first big book where they had like a big thing where it got like a bunch of it got wiped like for some reason or whatever. It it was 1984. <laughs> so like everyone was. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it was like, it's not like they were doing it to like pretend that Obama didn't exist or something. You know what I mean? Like, but it was still, I get what you're saying. Orwellian is another word that seems to get thrown around a lot. Uh, yeah, same thing. And it's always hilarious that uh, like, Obviously, Orwell had some keen insights into human nature that have borne out in some ways. But for yeah. anyone who like acts like it's an exact prediction of our future. I don't think that's what it was supposed to be. Yeah, but people definitely act like there are. It's a common viewpoint. To sure, be like, sure. Of course. Yeah, look yeah. at that. All of this foretold. The man didn't even see computers, folks. I it's mean, a major aspect of our lives that just he just thought that we kind of predicted what we a do with TV him, go in two ways. Like the no, not that's not it. No, 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 no. But like the the ability to like doctor the photographs and stuff. You know, like they were already doing that. I think he was like riffing on like a famous Soviet photograph that got doctored. Yeah, but you know, with Photoshop. It's very Orwellian. Yeah, no, people are trying to manipulate your reality to fit their narratives, certainly all the time. And the way that, like, uh, people manipulate their own minds, like, to love, you know, like, people, you can watch them on Twitter, like, convincing themselves that they've always hated East Asia, not Eurasia. You know what I mean? Like, convincing themselves that, you know, two plus two equals five. All that kind of, you know, I mean, he, it's again, more about universal trends in human nature than like specific political machines, I think. Yeah. But like a major part of the whole thing, obviously is surveillance. And we now do live in a much, much, much more surveilled time than the one that he was living in. Uh, But again, appears to have made some major missteps in exactly how that was going to happen. Yeah, but I think, see, again, maybe we just take different things from 1984 because for me, all of that stuff is, you know, he's just busting on the, you know, the Stalinists. So it's like they had a literal secret police that was like, you had a person looking at you and tracking you and shit. We just have algorithms. I don't really feel tracked at all. I feel like there's like almost anonymity in it. And like if the data, if everyone's data ever gets leaked, that's even going to be more the case. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, I, that's one way of thinking about it. I, I worry about things like, uh, yeah, uh, like every time that I bring up something like this, you're defending a shithead, and I don't like to defend shitheads. And I'm to be clear, as yeah, I lay out people this that example, uh, I'm not defending him, but I'm just like holding this up of like, if this were you, uh, you the video of uh, there's an NFL running back. His name is Zach Stacy. Okay. That uh, last week a video came out of him doing as bad a terrible things to his, the mother of his child as oh, no. I've seen on film. It's, you hate to see that. Yeah, it, it's really vile stuff. Okay, so why is surveillance bad in that case, dude? It's like that's good that people know that, right? I mean, I don't want to. I she guess, but I like I, I don't do anything like that. But I don't want every single like you know, it's illegal to smoke weed, and you could. Like if if I kept a camera in my house the way that he apparently decided to in his, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and to be clear, I do not keep a camera in my house. 
And we don't smoke weed either. I think we've That's made that right. clear. We, it was a joke before. <laughs> okay. We were setting up a bit and we've decided to go in a different direction. Please hire me. If now we're being honest. This. Now um, we're being honest. I yeah, tried but, CBD once in the 90s. I went to Excel. They didn't and have I CBD then. <laughs> um, but like, you know what I'm saying, you know, of like, it, there's it, it's disadvantageous to have video and like whenever he put that camera in his house it wasn't like this is good it'll keep me accountable about no, my... i don't think he was thinking that no, no like ever no. like megan is always wanted the ring doorbell and i'm like not a fucking chance cops yeah. subpoena that they get it i don't want them getting it what am i doing that a cop can't see at my front door i don't know i don't want to find out too late though yeah 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 i mean yeah i get what you're saying but it's like that's that's big. That's Eventually way different you're gonna than the, the algorithms guy, are tracking us. You know what I mean? Huh? Eventually, you're going to text the weed guy. I mean, not you or me, of course, but like, what you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. No, I've I've given up on text. Exactly. So yeah. it's like it just feels weirder, but it's really not different. I've given up on text though because I don't feel I I, I don't feel like anyone else care you know, like exactly That's I what, feel I like know. they were all like why are you being weird about this for sure um, dude people buy drugs on Venmo or is this not similar uh, pro, like the the camera stuff it's easier to draw my own lines yeah no I mean and it's your house like I'm, yeah. you know but I'm saying like uh, the actual reasoning that you're giving is is inconsistent with just modern life. Because it's like, if you're really worried about being caught smoking weed, there are many ways that you've already incriminated yourself. They're not you, but someone who does smoke smoking weed. Smoking weed is an example. It's clearly not the one. Uh, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, well, it's like, and then you get into that, like, you know, where people are like, well, if you don't have anything to hide, you don't have anything to worry about. And it's like, that's true until people start making shit up or like, you know. It's not approaching true ever. And, and people change their, well, I think it kind of is. No, it's not. I mean, I I really felt that way at Excel. Like I lived that way. Like I was like, don't break rules, don't have shit in your room because they'll toss it. Like I was like, I don't want to worry about it, so I'm not going to hide things. You know what I mean? I mean, it wasn't a good place to live. But it's like according to whose perspective? Exactly. Like, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Constantly yeah. changing. It. Like I don't know. You know, like I don't think it's wrong of me to have different standards and values from like other people. Of course, you should. If you yeah. don't, you don't really have your own, you, you have no idea whether you have standards and values at all. Yeah. I and mean, so, you know, whether or not I have something to hide, like from whom, you know? Yeah, no, I hear you, like, dude. Porn's not illegal, but I don't want my fucking parents to have access to every single thing I'm looking at. Right. But that a lot of that is just our society. Like you've been, you've internalized a certain level of guilt and shame over sexuality and pornography you know rightfully so i've seen what you're into i'm kidding uh but like if we lived in a society you know there are groups of humans i'm, I'm just thinking you know, of these vintage playboys yeah yeah dude i love That's it all obviously. I look at. yeah for the articles yeah uh, but i'm just saying like if it all came out at once you would also see your parents you know search history they would see everybody's i bet that they you know don't. what i mean I mean, maybe they do, maybe they don't, but they would that's, at least... That's kind of... I would love to know everyone who really doesn't. Cause I, I don't know, think my parents do. I know some people that I'm I'm pretty sure that they don't. Yeah. But I would love to know if I, if that was true or not. 
And I bet there'd be some people that would surprise me where I'd be like, I didn't think he looked at porn, but he does. I'm going to tell you, I don't think Donald Trump does. I believe him. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. That's really I mean, the only one I'm confident in. <laughs> you would not have had this many, like, either pay Carrie McDougal $2 million later or just fucking jerk jerk off now, you know? Like, yeah. That's not even a question for Trump. He, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm just saying, like, you know, if, if you've taken look at porn and jerk off off the table, then, like, yeah, there's so few options left. You might as well just, just go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just, yeah. Uh, anyway, dude, I do remember like, uh, at Excel when I first started, like you were saying, I did have those same thoughts because I remember thinking to myself, cause you know, I had a shadow, of course, one of the senior kids, you know, for the new listener who was in charge of kind of breaking you in, making sure you follow the rules, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I remember you know, we have those 10th step journals where you're supposed to continue to take moral inventory, but I just used it as like a diary. And that was a like surveillance moment. Cause I remember just getting a panic attack in class one day. Like I'd been there like a week or two. And I was just like, what are you doing? That is so stupid to take, uh, to keep a fucking journal, you fucking self-indulgent idiot. Like you're going to get in so much trouble. Jamie's going to read it in front of everybody, like no matter what it is. And I like the next chance I got, back in the dorm i just trashed it uh but before i did that i do remember writing like i like my shadow like i liked him he was kind of a dickhead but i was like i liked him i liked him more than almost every other guy uh and he was like a pretty smart guy he was pretty funny we had like you know little jokes going and stuff and i remember like i was like this dude is like that O'Brien in 1984, man. He's like a cool guy kind of showing you the inside track, but you can't trust him, man. Like He's the one you should trust least. Exactly. And because yeah. O'Brien like did him dirty, you know, in 1984. And I, and I was like, yeah, don't trust this motherfucker. Uh, and so I think that did help me. Like I, and then the other thing that I, like just continually rolled in my head, I thought it was from 1984, I was just an idiot, like, I, you know, getting stuff jumbled. Uh, it's actually from the movie Enemy of the State. Okay. <laughs> Which is another, it's just, that's not Also contemplating dude. surveillance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, great movie, dude. Uh, and it had come out not I've long ago. I've seen before. it within the last five years. It's all, yeah, 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 yeah. It holds up, you know, better than you think, I think. I would agree with that. Uh, I saw it a bunch before Excel. Like, I liked it a lot. Uh, and then we watched it a good amount out of Excel, too. But uh, like Gene Hackman in the end, when he's like giving his big speech, mm -hmm. he's like, and in the end, you only got the six inches inside your head. Maybe it's enough. Maybe it isn't. But it's what you got, you know, or like something like that. That's right. And I remember like sitting in the corner. I was in trouble. And I was like, I got these six inches inside my head. It's all I got. But God damn it, they're not getting them. You know, it's just like, yeah. So I definitely know what you mean. Like, just drawing that resolve, you know, internally. Yeah, but you look back, I mean, like, in ways they did, in ways they didn't, but they triumphed a lot more than I would have anticipated. I mean, I guess. I mean, I don't feel that way. What do you mean? Like, I, I, I do know what you mean. They triumphed. They definitely did. Yeah. But. Like, if you asked me, are you going to tell on anyone ever? I'd have been like, of course not. 
See, I think uh, I probably, I don't know what I would have said. I wonder. I didn't really know how it worked. I think by day two at Excel, though, I would have been like, yeah, I'll tell on someone if I have to. I mean, this is obviously that kind of place, dude. I'm not going to go dig a hole for someone, like, just to be, like, friends with some. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. It's like, uh, but I had, uh, you know, been at that other program when I, when I had already been disillusioned about program friends and how fast they'll sell you out. Uh, so I was just like, the first night, I remember I said dog, like, I, that my shadow, I called him dog. And I, like, said something about DMX who had just come out, dude. I mean, was just crushing, dude. That's a true crime that Excel took from me is getting to see middle period sure, DMX. Sure, sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I was like, and he was like, yeah, no, that's cool, man. But for real, we don't talk about uh, rap music at all. You know, like that kind of thing. And he's like, and I was like, well, what if I just kept talking about it? You know, and he's like, well, I'd tell on you tomorrow. And I remember being like, whoa. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this Fucked is just, up. this is wild, dude. Like, <laughs> but I was like, I guess this is that kind of place. I like looked around and everyone's like, for sure, bro. He's right. You can't be, you know? And I remember, so it was like, I don't know. I was just like very early, like, okay, dude, you got to fucking go internal. You know what I mean? Like, there's not a lot of room to be yourself in that way here. But then I felt like there's a kind of honesty. I liked the good shadows, but that's the dangerous ones who actually do end up getting you. But I would say to the extent Excel was good for me at all, it was those shadows were, you know, 99% of that. Yeah. But there's like a kind of honesty of just being like, look, dude, I don't know you very well. And it's also not important to me anymore to talk about family guy or whatever. I'm not going to do that with you. And don't make life difficult by insisting on breaking stupid rules like that. Yeah, I don't agree with all of these rules. They're not cool to me. You know, I, I don't really want to be here, but, you know, we're not going to sit around and talk about that either. Like, you know, we'll talk about what movie we watched yesterday or, you know, what how's school going or we'll make fun of the other kid in our family or, you know, whatever. Uh, and you can be a bigger portion of yourself that way than like continually, like secretively, like being like I rap in the corner with this guy or whatever, but you know, there's those stages too. So I don't know. I guess I, I think I've taken us a field, but I think I do feel what you're saying a lot. Uh, and I also, uh, I don't also have as quite as much of like my life got taken from me and there's this parallel path. I, I could have gone down. Like, I mean, I feel like you have a hundred times more. Well, no, I do like, but not my, like I just went back and started hang, like I hung out with those kids this weekend. Oh yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Like mine isn't going to excel though. Like my life was already kind of like going downhill before excel. So, well, but like mine wasn't going great. But yeah, I, I know what you mean. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, so it was like it was just more general, I guess, or like ambient. But definitely, the last time I was in, because I've ever since I got out of excel, I've stayed in Texas. I. uh like, I, you know, I've been up back up to the Northeast, you know, here and there, but really it would have made sense to try to go to law school up there or to try to work there. And I always had a lot of reasons intellectually why I didn't, why I said I didn't want to do it. Um, mostly it's really expensive. Uh, and like the living conditions don't seem great in terms, you know, I, I do like space and I like Texas, but you have a pool. 
Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My brother does have a pool in New Jersey, though. Uh, but he works really, really hard. Yeah. Um, and he's really smart. But yeah, anyway, so like, but I did realize that was all kind of bullshit, like justifying, like, I just don't want to go up here. It, it kind of hurts when I go up here. And I do kind of a, a big part of me because if I, if things had gone well, but the thing is they wouldn't have, but like, I mean, they weren't going well, but you know, whatever trajectory I was going to go on, if I look at who I grew up with, just because you're right there, I mean, you know, some people go elsewhere, but basically everyone goes to New York city. And like the last time I was up there, you know, I got in a big argument with my parents, like as I, w I was visiting them in New Jersey and then we were going up to New York where I was going to stay and meet a friend. And for a lot of reasons, we got into an argument and then I got into an argument with a cab driver and then a homeless guy. And then I, I watched Joker. I think I've talked about this. And then I just like walked up and down the streets of New York for like all night. Like I walked the whole island of Manhattan, like up and down, like multiple times, and uh, my Jesus, my dude. foot was fucked up. Dude. Yeah, like I, I was bleeding anticipate. in my foot and stuff. Yeah, and I was just tears streaming down my face for like an hour of it. Yeah, and I, it was like really late at night. But you know, there's still people. Though you know, it, it is the city that never sleeps. Mm -hmm. uh, and but and they don't even bat an eye, dude. Just a random person, just like bawling, walking down the street, like on a Saturday, just bawling and bleeding. It's just like that's New York, kid. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> a dozen of you every day just get spit out. Uh, you know, get back I don't to even the live port here, authority. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but it did hit me like that night. I was like, dude, this is all emotional. Like, you're sad and you're mourning. This is like the life you would have been living. Like if a lot of things had been different, not just going to Excel, but just a lot of things could have been different. And then you would have been one of these people kind of like, you know, living this New York life, which is if I'm anything like my brother in that scenario, I get tired of it after a few years and then just leave. But, you know, it's just a different life and I'll never know. And then what, what makes it complex now and you, you, it's not like I resent this, but it, there is an element of like, you can't even let me have a pure emotion about it because I have a wife and now I have a child. I mean, I didn't have a child then, but it's like, so I can't even be like, I wish I never went to Excel because like I would do it all over again if it meant like I ended up with my family now. I, I would. Uh, so, but I still can mourn the life that I didn't get to live because of that. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like, it's yeah, a very I, I don't, rich, it, you know, cocktail. I think it feels pretty empty to be like, uh, well, you know, led to me where I am here. So I wouldn't change anything. Like th that seems like an attempt to uh, escape and stuff down feelings of regret. Like you you can't yeah. like if you have you know a path in the road like i think most people i think everyone wishes they could just take both and there is regret that comes from the fact that you can't do both you like it sucks that we have to make choices that's an incredible pain every i mean we get used to it david foster wallace said that basically yeah i don't fully agree with it but i've felt it before but that's different than having it taken from you. Yeah, you know true. what I mean. Like, and and I do think that that is a difference. Like when we do talk about prisoners, I think we'll talk about this too. But we talk Let's about do that it a lot. soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Possibly but now. I, I think like uh, 
But I do think that you're making a good point. For one thing, whatever choice you make, this is, I think, a Kierkegaard point. Regret follows you. Whatever, take one path, you'll regret it. Take the other, you'll regret it. Yeah, because you can't do um, both. Well, you can if you're God, and I think that he also wanted he wanted to know what it was Not like. Not productive. No, I think, I mean, this is what basically many mystic thinkers come down to. God wants to know what it's like to do only to have that choice like he doesn't have the choice of choosing you know what i mean he can and has to do all of them at once like to be infinite you know what i mean uh it's very difficult to prove that you are not god just like going on a little expedition yourself right now um and it's like the joy of it is apparent just play peekaboo with the baby you know what i'm saying it's like they're kind of feeling a little bit of like manageable anxiety when you're disappeared. Um, and it's like scary for them and it's funny for us to look at it. But that analogy, I, I feel like applies just over and over again throughout life where there were times when I read, you know, was like feeling alone. It's literally just the set of footprints in the sand poem. There's a big um, thing with, uh, with Izzy where she'll say, uh, I'm scared. I'll be like, I like feeling scared. Like, I feel like she's really embraced this. I love that, dude. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Dude, that's Game of Thrones taught me. They have a, there's like a, a line in there. I know you don't like Game of Thrones, but uh, if you can just keep in mind that it was written by an Irish man, I think that would help you. You know, you like that, those identity nah, politics. He's Irish American, though. I mean, whatever. I mean, how are you going to ride for the IRA and then take a guy who is closer to his uh, the Irish heritage that you claim than you are and say that he doesn't have it? That's interesting. I'm not me. saying he doesn't have it. I'm saying that it's not enough. Like, I'm not going to suddenly like the books just because of this fact you've given me. There's some other things to consider. Well, I think, uh, you know, it, he's from like this the same... It's you know, a point in his favor. It's not enough of a point in I, his favor that I'm going to I draw. think if you read the books with an eye to like, what does this look like for like lower middle class, mid-century Irish American culture, uh, it, it screams it throughout. It really does. It's a really interesting way to read the books. We'll never know. I do know, but <laughs> I guess you, you won't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We but, will uh, never know what I... Anyway, what I, that's what Ned Stark tells his kids when they're like, can you still be brave when you're afraid? he's like, that's the, the only time you can be brave. Very true. Sure, yeah. Very true, I, I think. Yeah, she's, she loved all the Halloween shit, like skeletons being up. Okay. Our neighbor had Halloween's like a, too scary these days, dude. Our neighbor had a baby. Okay. It was like hanging from his uh, balcony or whatever. I saw that. I didn't care for it, dude. <laughs> I like like goofy spookiness, I'd be dude. like, look, it's a spooky baby. Yeah. She, she loved the spooky baby. She liked it? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so it's just like, I don't, you know, I mean, like, I, whenever you like watching horror movies, and I do mostly like watching horror movies, like, yeah. you're, you're sad, like, you know, I like being scared. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like she really took to that. And it's the kind of thing where, like, even people who do like horror movies, I don't know that all, I mean, I guess I'm just really sucking my own dick here. I, I don't know that everyone gets to understanding quite with that, like, simple, clarity what they're trying to do there i guess so for you know i don't know whatever can we talk about prisoners sure it's a good movie i like it a lot 
Love this fucking movie, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm glad I finally gave it a chance. What do you mean? I was joking, as oh, if okay. I had just now seen it. No, no, I thought you seen it. Yeah. Um, uh, it's great, man. I really liked it. I'm glad. I was thinking, like, the the thing I really like about doing the podcast is it makes you pay attention a lot more. Yeah. And it really does kind of, like, bear out, to be honest. Like, I liked the Miami Vice episode that we did. I still like the movie, but... Like, I, this is at least for this podcast a better movie. Like, I think so. W- when I rewatched it, I didn't do this. I just didn't feel inspired to. Like, it took me like six. I watched it twice, or no? I guess I watched it three times. So I watched it once. Uh, and my new thing is, I used to be subtitle man. Mm-hmm. My new thing is, uh, especially after Dune let the mix hit you, you know, just take the sound and vision. Don't be reading. If you don't have to, if you don't understand it, just let it go. You know, you'll get it on the next one if the movie's good. And if it, you needed to understand one line of dialogue or your enjoyment of the movie, like if it hinges on that, basically that means the movie's not good. Uh, so, you know, just let it flow. And it really has been good. And it really, I thought with this, especially it, it was really helpful because the script is so laden you know, that you could just read the script and not pay attention. And there's so much on the screen. Yeah. Uh, so it, it, I love this new way of doing it. And Dune was the first one. I think it, I might've just said that. Uh, did. yeah. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, so fucking when I did do the subtitle one though, like it took me fucking like 19 hours to watch the movie. Cause I was just pausing every two seconds to write down a line in my notebook for when we talked about it. Uh, and even then there were lines I didn't write down and I ran out of, I finished the journal that I was using. So I'm, I was out of space and I was like, damn, you should have written that one down. Like I was, I just kept remembering different ones. It's that kind of movie. Yeah, it really is, man. It's so good. I, I agree with you on the, <coughs> I mean, I, I will like, it, it kind of depends. Some, sometimes I can't like whatever you, the thing you're describing of like just let the mix hit you sometimes i'm just not able like sometimes the subtitles are helpful uh, yeah 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 most of the time i do think that they're distracting and that that's not the best way to experience a movie yeah yeah um this is yeah. like a three or four year period for me of being like put the subtitles on by default and it's been interesting but i think i'm over it now it's good. Yeah. Uh yeah, so I was I was on the the I took a couple dips into the Reddit, never with any satisfactory results. I realized I want to know things that they can't tell me. I'm a five percenter when it comes to Reddit. I do like Reddit. Like it's helped me a lot. I spend a lot of time like reading it, but it is so much shit on there, man. Yeah. <laughs> um and but so I on there someone I think was just like tossing it out there of like this movie's good i think you guys would like it and they were like it's pretty much true detective i was like interesting yeah (laughs) like uh, the it's obvious enough you know there's similarities there's similarities missing children yeah etc yeah um the cult themes but yeah i i you know it, it didn't it's not like i was like what Alex and I need to do is a bunch of true detective style movies. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking about happen that to too. pick a project, but uh, it was 
pretty goddamn similar to the one that we've yeah. done before. Um, I mean, and, but I think this will be a good episode. I mean, I think there's a lot to talk about. It got me worried about, is it even a good idea to do Eyes Wide Shut? I don't know if it's a good idea to do movies that both of us haven't seen. You know, I don't know. See, I was thinking Eyes Wide Shut is a, a prime example of one where it's probably fine because I bet that it's a great movie with plenty to talk about regardless of who's seen it. But I, I do, th- like, I, I'm very happy. I, th- I think that probably the best ones will come from things that were both fired up and both yeah. like this is the best shit um you know i mean i was i was just I'm extremely excited to come it. in and do this yeah 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 i'm a little nervous about eyes watch that i'm not gonna i lie. bet it's good i mean i like it a lot yeah but... <sighs> seems like most people like it a lot yeah i guess they do i guess i guess no one's really shitting on it yeah anyway as long as you're still down with it, I guess we can go forward. So who's the prisoner? <laughs> I mean, it's great that it's plural in the title, I think. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, you know, obviously they're all prisoners one way or another. You know, Trapped in the maze. Trapped in the maze. You can't solve it, dude. That's right. But you can go home. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. Ah, I love it. Um. So... This is just, I don't know, this is like the, one of the first things I wanted to talk about, but it's what popped to mind and I don't want to lose it. So I, I did you watch the thing I sent you? It's fine if you didn't. Yeah, man, I did. Yeah, okay, it was good. Okay. It was good. Um, yeah. yeah just, Dude, when you sent it, I woke up at like 11 p.m. I had like gone to bed at like 6 and woke up at 11. I was messed up. And you had like sent it not too far after I just woke up. Yeah. So I did like the you thing, I think. You know, I think that's you who said that. What? Where it's like you wake up and you see messages and then you kind of like, you're like, oh, I'll reply to that. And then you don't. Yes, that's yeah. exactly what I did. That's what happened to me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I did watch it. Um, uh, a pretty interesting interview, man. Yeah, it was just, it's a good, you know, I think it's the same probably kind of like junket stuff. Um, but it was, it's a channel, it's called uh, DP30. And oh, okay. uh, the guy, you know, just appears to be more of like a a movie fan than yeah. Like he's not there to ask them like about the you know get, spill the details in your latest relationship. Like he I wish wants he to had, ask though. about the movie. I wish he had. <laughs> uh, this is uh, years <laughs> after um, the uh, the Taylor Swift. I, Wait, I, no, it isn't right because it, it's like because. No. When did they date? Uh, 2010 into 2011. Oh, really? Okay. And this is 2013. Yeah, so because that album came out in 2012, yeah. the Taylor one. Yeah. So that's when they're filming. Maybe, but she like if the relationship is sufficiently over, she's had time to process it and write a fucking 10-minute song about it. I guess. It's not fresh. Oh, also, so is the contention that the, all 10 minutes of it were written back then? Yeah, she's on record, like, at uh, contemporaneously. Like, I wrote a 10-minute version, and then... She hasn't revised it since then? Because I can't be the only one wondering this, but fuck the patriarchy struck me as a post-2010 phrase. She didn't say fuck the patriarchy. In the 10-minute song? Yes, she does. But the patriarchy keychain. 
falling on the ground. Fuck the patriarchy keychain. Is that what it says? I thought it, that's what I envisioned. It's a keychain that says the phrase "fuck the patriarchy." But I mean, like within the line of the song, the butt is what makes more. Like she's but the patriarchy. She's like you're. Tr- no, it's with the line before it. It that's what I'm saying. Like she's like uh, saying like things are going good, but. But the patriarchy, the patriarchy keychain falling on the ground. I don't understand what a patriarchy keychain is. That's mine. I thought it was a keychain saying the phrase "fuck the patriarchy." I'll look up the lyrics, but I I don't think that that's either way. Were we, were we talking about the patriarchy back in 2011? I mean, obviously, it's a word that did exist then, but yeah, but not like that. Uh, I I it definitely does see. I had a similar like boy she, i mean it didn't occur to me that she had rewritten that particular element of it grudge her if she did um, cuz i don't think it's impossible that someone be talking about it back then but i did think it was notable like i was yeah. like oh wow i guess we have been talking about that for a while yeah 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 stop any time folks <laughs> <laughs> oh man dude prisoners is all about the patriarchy dude the, what are the first words of the movie, man? The Our Father. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the, yeah, you're they, right. You're right. <laughs> the the title of the uh, the Slate article is "Could Taylor Swift Have Written Fuck the Patriarchy a Decade Ago?" Um, and I, I don't might have know seen if I that headline. Maybe that's why this. it's in my head. What is, what's their verdict? I'm I'm, just, I'm trying to figure That's it out. That's a long ass article. I know. It's got a very old photo of yeah. people saying fuck the patriarchy. Well, peg the patriarchy is also that's older than people thought when Cara Della Della I don't know Delvinge. Yeah. Wasn't she the one so someone had a patriarchy thing, but they're uh and I don't think that people are responsible for things that other people in their family did, but she was like a direct descendant of the guy who like made the black and tans. And so she's like, these systems of power are bad. Yeah. You know, well, the ones that I've been profiting or yeah, whatever. Not, not her personally. I, I don't. Look, we all stand on the, the skeletons of. Yeah. yeah and I, I, I'm, I make different choices than my parents. I wouldn't want people holding me accountable for things that they did. Hold me accountable for the things I do folks. Sure. Yeah. You know, uh, although, you know, if you were like, I guess it's always easier to do it when it's someone else. I'm sure it's easier for someone like, you know, starving on the other side of the world to be like, we're full of shit. Because I'm sitting here being like, all right, yeah, but if you were a Sackler kid, like a 25-year-old Sackler right now, like, because I think there are Sacklers who are like writing on Slate, being like, I abjure my family, basically. You know what I mean? I kind of get that. Like, it's, I mean, it's the social circle pressures that they're facing. You know, it's either that or kind of exit. Boy, that. I don't think that's the dominant thing in their lives. I would anticipate that the reason they're saying that is because Sacklers probably are pretty fucking bad to their kids. I don't know. They're, I don't know how big the family is, so it's probably hard to generalize. But it, it uh, gets into the the whichever the patriarch of that family. Um, they dip into it a little bit in the Adam Curtis. Uh, 
BBC documentary that I was going on about before. Yeah. What's the, it called? The most recent one. Yeah. Well, dude, obviously I can't I'm, get you out of my head. That's yeah. the name of the documentary series. Well, I feel that way about the, you know, the elites that control the BBC. So I haven't given them the opportunity by watching Adam Curtis documentaries. Sure, sure, sure. The man is an op. So what do you think about the song? What song? All Too Well. I love it. Well, obviously. Yeah, it's great. It's I, amazing. Uh, I like it a lot. You know, I, I don't care if she wrote the line now or then. It's all good. Uh, no, that would be insane if that were the main thing to determine you know, about whether or I not just, it's good art or not. I picture it's very easy to picture Jake Gyllenhaal putting on his weird sociopathic charm and charming Taylor Swift's dad with like self-deprecating jokes with yeah. that weird like nightcrawler like veneer that he puts it feels on. like it's already ha- yeah he puts it on in that in that interview a few times even though that guy's like a fellow film buff you can tell like there are various times where his mask is he's like changing masks and there's like you see a little slip in between like when the guy reveals that he hasn't seen enemy i think yeah yeah you know and like there's a moment of jill and Hall just being like are you fucking serious you know what i mean like, when he's saying like it's it's how he says like dude of course that doesn't matter yeah 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 exactly yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. and then there's like later in the interview there's like he brings it up again like there's a little moment he's like well you know an enemy you haven't seen him but uh like, <laughs> you know, like, yeah definitely um, i love gyllenhaal but he does seem kind of nuts yeah I, mean, uh, I don't i don't agree with the way that sentence is constructed yeah i guess yeah yeah i feel you like of course he's nuts it's a an aspect of why the whole thing is good yeah i think that's right so but, I you, just I just wonder like I I'm having like I I I love the song I've uh, I've listened to it I just thought the SNL performance was uh, was top notch it was and uh, just had it on repeat after that for a while yep and longest um, song to hit number one that's right what mm-hmm. an accomplishment mm-hmm. and so I until an episode of Life Skills does it that's right uh, yeah 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 um I just I been kind of trying to figure out where I'm at on whether or not I agree with the protagonist. Right. Okay. And like on one sense, I, I entirely agree because she's just authentically presenting her actual emotions and I'm happy to see that. Right. Like I, I, I will gladly bear witness to what you say that you like, sure. like you're saying you felt it and all that. And like, you know, so I'm like a hundred percent I'm with you. you yeah. Know? Okay. Um, but it is like, like what, what, what level of injustice are we alleging here? This kind of my, the, uh, what level of injustice am I comfortable with someone else alleging about this set of behaviors? Like it mainly seems to me like he's a person who's existing, Right. No, dude, definitely not, man. Come on, man. Come on, man. I mean, Come if on, you've bro. treated every girlfriend you've had way I better than that, then... I haven't. That's why I know it's hard, hard, hard for me to sit here and say this. I feel convicted in my heart, but I can't lie to myself or you. No, dude. He's not just... I mean, I don't know the details of Jake Gyllenhaal and Taylor. I want to be clear about that. There's a you lot know? of like blank spaces to fill in, so, you know... Well, that's funny because that's if you're, that's right. you that's know, right. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't intentionally, but no, yeah. Uh, but like, okay, so if she's turning 21, dude, 
in your yeah, your yeah, BF yeah, yeah. man. Hundred percent. Yeah, never been in that situation. He was thirty at the time. Yeah, something like that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, that's what, you insane. know, it, it, I, I don't think it is, but there's a. <laughs> oh yeah, I always forget about your. <laughs> uh, I mean, you'll go to the mat defending fifty year olds right to date twenty two year olds. I will. Yeah, uh, but, I will not. Well, you know, I mean, people. I don't like the notion of like taking away the twenty two year olds right to date a fifty year old if she wants to or he. Uh, you know, Milo got in trouble for, you know, taking it below the age of consent. Uh, and I think that's right. But, and, and, you know, there is, I guess a counter narrative that I've seen as an employment lawyer, uh, the movie casino gets at it pretty well, uh, where the ostensibly powerful, you know, man the the benefactor of the the toxic patriarchy system is mm-hmm. so sprung on being with a young chick that he's insane and like she has a lot of power. costs him a lot yes uh I've, I've seen it i've seen it uh and yeah I, i'm not looking to make it illegal i just think that we all ought to uh you know take a shifty view of the 50 year old every time yeah, I agree, but yes. Um, so, like, if Taylor's coming out and saying, like, hey, this guy that was dating me when I was 20 and he was 30, like, I've got some problems with that. I'm, I'm willing to say that's fine. I also think it's fine, of course. Yeah, yeah that's, what, that's what I'm, like, kind of gearing up to say. I'm, like, getting all of the objections out of the way. Uh, Sorry. No, 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 not at all. Um, but, like, basically what I'm saying is, like... Uh, the, you know, the the other thing I think, I, he was like 29 or 30, she was 20, 21, but she's a mega millionaire, multi-star, you know, multi-millionaire megastar. What is she supposed to date? A fucking 20-year-old in Nashville? You know what I mean? Like, girls like guys that are Justin doing Bieber. as well as they are. Yeah, 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 sure. But exactly, yeah, only, yeah, yeah. That's the whole pool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So she like dated John Mayer. And Jake Gyllenhaal, you know, I mean, I don't think it's that crazy. The numbers are lying a little bit there just, but at the same time, she is like a young and I think very sheltered in many ways, uh, girl. Like I think her, she's got like not a stage mom, but yeah. And I, I think all that shows up like in, in the, mm-hmm. the emotions that she's expressing it, it, like the, the whole, the thing about, you know, the, um, if our angels were closer than you said, we'd be fine. That made me want to die. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that line, that's, that's bars, dude. To what me, like, uh, like it's like on the one hand, my first reaction is just, you know, like regard the pain and empathize. Right. Sure. So like Feel you, it. anytime someone like says that, you're like, you never God had damn. your heart broken, man. Yeah. 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 You know? Um, but also like, you know, she's proven his point a bit. Well, no, but the song is like the, I mean, the, the objection that dude, I would have dude, you're if I were a 30 year old, just listen to I'm, I'm not telling you how to experience the song, she's fucking, I don't feel the need to adjudicate. I just let her share her experience. She's adjudicate, like she's inviting adjudication. Well, that's well, how she felt that's at the how time. I, well, that's how she felt at the time. That's how I feel pulled. But too. every but, 20 year old girl who gets their heartbroken feels that way about the guy. Like no matter what happens. Yeah. But I would just say like, what, what, whenever he's saying, 
saying like uh you know the, the age difference is causing a problem yeah like what problem is it causing it's that they regard the things on different levels like slights where he's like yeah, I mean, I guess it's a slight, but I just, most people I deal with, they kind of learn to get over this thing by now. Right. And she's demonstrating, like that, I, I think that that is the, the the problem that he's talking about that's created by the age thing. And then she's coming right along and being like, yeah, and you know, whenever you said I overreact to things, it made me fucking overreact to shit. And I'm not even sure it's an overreact, you know, like I... I think that just the normal reactions that we all have and are kind of like designed to feel, the more you have to feel them, the more you, the more like the, just the volume gets turned down. Like life beats you out of having your authentic reaction to those things. But like, not what, if you're Taylor, what he said, well, dude, there's no way that she reacts like that now. No, she reacts like the way she does on, on folklore and evermore. Which is drastically Her different. COVID yeah. albums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're still pretty intense, though. She's got big feelings. Yeah, but I just, you know, I don't know. She's still authentic is what I'm saying. You you know, that's why when you said the world beats you out of your authentic self, I feel like that's what... I would say she's authentic, but I, I, I don't mean like she is getting beaten out of being authentic. I mean, like all of us yeah, yeah, act yeah. differently at 30 than 20. And it's sure, because like, you know, you can't go to a 10 every single time. Like... You know, yeah, stuff happens over and over, and you just kind of get used to it. Yeah, it's true of like our our children also. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because right now they go insane. You know, you take, yeah, no, that's take the time where you can most starkly see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I don't know that that's exactly. It's hard to know exactly what Taylor and Gyllenhaal were like. You know, they're private people, I guess. But well, it could watch be the movie. True. I didn't. I haven't watched the actual movie. I've only watched the SNL performance. Uh, the they like go through. There's a point. So the song's ten minutes. The movie's fourteen minutes. Uh, and the discrepancy is that in the middle they like stop and have a fight. Okay. So it's okay. it's an important. I'll probably watch it eventually. You know. Uh, let me it, ask you. It this. gives a lot of content. It really when, flushes out. When you the listen whole thing. to like an Eminem song about Kim. Uh-huh. Are you like no? Hold on. I feel like Eminem's going a little hard on Kim here. Yeah. You know, or are you like, I often feel like, that Kim has been of course, too hard. Like it's, he's Eminem dude. Like he's going to do the Eminem version. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Just like let her cook, man. That's how she felt at the time. I feel and, like you're only hearing half of what I well, said. What I'm saying is like when you're older and you're past not going to 10 all the time. Like when I met my wife, she was, uh, I think about this a lot when I listen to old Taylor Swift now. You know, she has that song, like, I don't know about you, but I'm feeling 22. Uh, you know that one? No. It's on the same album as, uh, you know, this song, mm-hmm. All Too Well. Uh, also, We Are Never Getting Back Together, dude. You know, I think that's about Hall. Yeah. Uh, and he's my understanding. You know, he told her indie rock records were cooler than hers, dude. Disagree. Uh, but... When I met my wife, she was 22, I was 23. So we were both insane and screaming at each other and like, you know, going to 10 all the time. And we kind of like together figured out that, you know, at least ideally, we shouldn't do that. There are better ways to go about doing things. And that's good. That's like how things should be. But if I, knowing that now, went and dated a 20-year-old, 
knowing that about myself and knowing that about them, there's a different, like, it sounds patriarchal, but there's like a level, I feel like you, there's like a level of responsibility and awareness you gotta, you gotta kind of bring there or you're being irresponsible. You're like not doing well by your side of the power dynamic. Yeah. But I, I think that, you know, part of what she's communicating there is his attempts to sort of like give those lessons. Like, yeah. But like, dude, not why well didn't received. he go to her birthday, dude? That's not nice. Like if he really no showed her birthday, her 21st birthday, dude, that's like, that's, that's a heartbreaking. That's yeah. I'm a, not here to say that he's never made a mistake. No, but like, I'm just, I'm just that's saying not like, like, just, I'm trying to help you learn things or whatever. That's a dickhead. No matter how old you are. If he was 16 years old, that's a dickhead move. Yeah. Like, I mean, you know, details are unclear, but sure. I'm just, I'm going by the song where the dad is like, it's supposed to be fun turning 21. You yeah, know, they yeah, stay yeah, up yeah. all night yeah, waiting for him. If, yeah. if that really happened that way, dude, that's not cool. Like that, you you can't uh, you can't be in an age gap. You can do that if you're 22 and she's 21. Trust me. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, like I'm saying, like if you're 30 and she's tw- turning 21, it's different. It, it's like it, that um, doesn't sit right with me. I still, you know. Yeah, I mean, the only, just the way the chronology to, of the, both the song and the video seems to indicate that's after he's said that, like, he wants to step away from this. Yeah, okay, okay, yeah. And at best, there's a communication issue there. Yeah, then, yeah. If she was expecting him to show up and he didn't. I think if he did things that led to her feeling these intense negative emotions, then, like, obviously he should reconsider. Yeah. Also, but she. But does, I don't think she, that he should go to jail for it. No, I'm not saying put him in jail at all, dude. I like Jake Gyllenhaal, dude. I'm I'm trying to be, you know, honor the human sides of both parts of this. Yeah, like I, I guess that's the thing. Like I, I I don't feel like as a result of this, I'm not allowed to like Jake Gyllenhaal, which you've already established as your position. But <laughs> I'm not I'm not arguing against you. I'm arguing against you know. Sure. Yeah. 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 No. 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 That's not how I feel. Uh, but I do hope. I mean, the other thing is like Taylor does There's seem definitely like kind people, of, definitely Swift fans out there that feel that way. Oh, for sure, I know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so yeah. I'm just you know, yeah, dude. I worked with all women, a lot of whom liked Taylor Swift. Like while this was all going on, I've talked to like there were at the cafeteria at least once a guy who like wasn't in our group. Like later was like, do you guys talk about Taylor Swift that much all the time? Like that's pretty wild. Like, I heard y'all talking about Taylor Swift the entire lunch, like, because he was sitting by us. Uh, it's kind of how I got into her. But I really like her music. She does seem like she has really outsized emotions. Like, uh, hard to do that job otherwise, right? For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I've heard a lot of people say this, and I see the wisdom in it. Um, you know, sometimes creative people, they're like, look, I don't like to be the stable one uh in my relationships like i like to be the crazier one sure and maybe she is better off they both are better off being the crazier one you know what i mean yeah it may be more to do with that than the age gap at all but yeah and i just i I don't know i it's this isn't like uh the world's most novel thought but you know the thing that i find myself like uh coming back to a lot um just in in thinking about a variety of different topics outside of this song is just you know um if it's something like so there's things that people do that are like obviously bad 
yeah. mistakes, you know, or not even mistakes, but just like faultable actions. But if everyone does the same one, then at what point is it like you're not you're not being a bad person, you're just being a person. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, obviously we're all flawed and like there's some flaws that while flaws are just like not remarkable, like, you know, just a lot of this seems to be that she had a sense based on his actions of what kind of relationship they were going to have. Ooh, yeah. I'm glad you're bringing this up, man. I, I, I already think I have a good point to make here, but sorry, go ahead. I'm excited. No, 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 no. Go, go ahead. Well, yeah, just and yeah this is it, really it feels like point. it feels like she felt like he was making a commitment yeah that you know once push came to shove she did not feel like he was honoring and i have no doubt that that is like an, a well-earned feel you know like but we're all kind of doing that all that all the time not me bro i'm married i i am committed no, I don't even mean like specifically within like romantic relationships. I mean like you know, I, I, don't, I don't know. But sorry, you had no, no, what to do say. you? No, no, I want to. I want to know what you what you mean though. We're all making commitments to each other all the time. We don't honor a hundred percent of those. Oh sure, yeah, that's definitely true. Okay, uh, no, but I think I again I don't know the details, but I thought you were saying, and it's painful whenever you whenever what a commitment you felt was made to you doesn't get honored. That hurts. Oh yeah. Definitely, dude. Yeah. And it it's supposed to, so that the next time you don't commit, overcommit. Uh and it the thing I think, and this is like a prisoner's point, and we make it a lot, but like basically the the way I come down to it, I'm like obsessed with this question of like these people that think and it's obvious to understand why I would be, because I went to Excel. Uh but you know, the imposition of trauma on people supposedly for their own good uh, or for like, you know, moral reasons, mm-hmm. I think never okay. Um, I agree. You know, being a coach and saying, go run laps or whatever, fine. You know, something like that. Uh, even being an acting teacher and kind of like pushing someone, you know, within a contextual, consensual, safe environment, not, you know, like James Franco's weird acting school or whatever. But, you know, all that's okay. But you know what I'm talking about, uh, obviously, because yeah. you went through it too. Um, and yeah, I mean, coaching is always like a really stark it's, – it's, it's somewhere where like the everything's done vividly enough that everyone can see it, you know, like an, an idiot can understand what Bob Knight's trying to accomplish. Sure. And so, yeah, I always find that a useful lens to talk about it through. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm okay with Bob Knight, for sure. Like, I mean, I don't know everything not remotely, he's done, but... I'm not remotely okay with Bob Knight. <laughs> I'm okay with what I'm aware of. I mean, I, I'm clearly unaware of what you, whatever you're thinking about. Did he lock a guy in a shed? <laughs> That's Mike Leach. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> no, I just... Uh, it's not like I have a specific incident. I mean, there is a specific incident. Like, he was uh, fired for choking a guy and lying about it. Um, okay okay but yeah, uh yeah like that you know that general kind of, but like uh, people who do, <coughs> do things in a demeaning manner i i just there's there are people who've won championships and had sustained success without demeaning the people around them constantly and so i think that that means that it's not a required element of success and so if you are doing it i don't think that the success uh absolves you of 
you know, what, like, yeah, I see what you mean. I mean, the fact that Bob Knight can look back and be like, but I made them better basketball players. Like that, that, that doesn't come close to making it okay that you, you know, like wrecked them psychologically in the way that you did. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. I, I, I see what you mean by that. Um, uh, but no, I'm just saying when, if you're dating a 20 year old girl, you can't just be like, well, she's going to get her heart broken by somebody. I might as well hit it. Like, you know, you're right. I mean, yeah. it's going to happen. She's going to, you should not take that attitude. Yeah, yeah exactly. Cause you know, it's going to happen. So you got to like help her. So I've never been a 30 year old guy dating a 20 year old girl. So, but I'm saying like, yeah, there's like a level of responsibility there. That's what I thought. I thought you were going like, uh, you know, I don't know. They, they probably both needed to learn some stuff. Yeah. I, I think it's, uh, certainly oh i raise an eyebrow that he's dating someone that's around the age that he was when he became famous well that's probably when he stopped maturing just like you know when we were saying you know you went to excel you kind of part of you stops when i uh stopped being a lawyer and reverted and you know i really was like going back through my past like writing about it and thinking about it uh but also like i was acting much differently and you know much more like I was when I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. I think because that is, it was like literally arrested development on on some level. I think that happens in any traumatic experience. Like as you tuck away that part of yourself that got hurt, it like stays there frozen until it comes back out. It, it yeah. again comes up in prisoners a lot. Yeah, um, and I, I, I think I, I was just remarking on, or thinking about uh, he's lucky he was 18 when he did Donnie Darko because, you know, Michael Jackson seems to be stuck in the same thing and society rightly thinks differently about. Sure. Yeah. Definitely. But I mean, like, is, is that one of them, like, uh, just being, like, way better than the other? Or is that the hand of fate really screwing over Michael Jackson and all of his victims? Well, does Jake Gyllenhaal have, like, a stable of, like, hundreds of Taylor Swifts that he's gone through? And I mean, that's used... what she alleges in the song. Uh, really? uh the you know but the punchline is i get older and your lovers stay my age oh yeah yeah i guess that's true but not like mj level of like manipulation i mean i think he's only accused of like uh you know 10 or something like that and uh, yeah 10 what me too's oh mj or mj oh okay yeah but come on i mean the 10 are saying that 10 more than is acceptable no i don't think that they are really What's going on in Neverland and all that? You're saying Michael Jackson only molested 10 kids in his life? I, I mean, I'm not sure, but so like... Michael Jackson was a serial monogamous you just, molester. You sound like a guy that hasn't watched the documentary. I haven't. I, I have no desire to, dude. I don't want to. It sounds like those seem to me like, you know, committed relationships. Yeah, serial monogamous molester. Yeah. Okay, interesting. Yeah. All right. Yeah, and I... I think some amount of like um you know that if he like if like one was getting too old yeah that's the, what he i do yeah. i am familiar with that like from reading about but you know it's also a common yeah trade in predators like that yeah the ren and stimpy guy was like that yeah 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 i mean Tough people stuff. say that about leo also 
But, sure. you know, Leo got famous when he was a young boy, and at least, he, you know, he's with 25-year-olds, appears to be. That's what they report mm-hmm. his limit as. But what I was – okay, this was the other thing I was going to say, and then I would like to move on unless you have more points about age gap relationships. No, 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 no. Um, we kind of like uh, this digression paused the prisoner's point, and I'm, I'm prepared to pick it back up. Okay. Well, I was just going to say – I don't know, you know, where Taylor's psychosexual development was, you know, at the time when she was dating Jake Gyllenhaal, but I think there is, this is what I would tell my daughter, like as she, if our same sick, depraved hookup culture continues to exist. uh, Something's got to give. I agree. Uh, But I think what I would tell her is like, you know, obviously, you know, if women are, uh, you know, there's there's a part of you that will resonate with the important males in your life, you know, historically. So I'm your father. So probably you're, you know, you're not going to be able to help it. You're going to be into chads, dude. I mean, they're just going to resonate with you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's, it just is what it is. She hasn't you, met a chad yet. Why would that be? Oh, 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 that's crazy, dude. First of all, you're dogging yourself there because she's met you. Uh, <laughs> but, no, I would tell her like... Uh, there's a, at least in our culture right now, there is like a, it's all casual at first, have sex before a relationship. And with some girls, there's like a, I will have casual sex in the hopes of having a relationship. But then there are other girls who are like, no, I'm cool. Not cool girl, like gone girl, but like I can have casual sex. It's not about a relationship, you know, whatever. Sometimes it's true. Sometimes it's not. But sometimes what happens is you think that going into it, but especially when you're like young and it, it, it happens to both people. It's happened to me. Uh, but I think it happens to women more like you think you're going into a casual, but the fact is like you have sex with someone enough, uh, you will become attached like at some point and you can only not know that once. And then it happens. And then you know that maybe I'll give you two. And then you're like, fuck, it it does. This appears to be a pattern. But uh, so that is the other thing I would say with age gap relationships. You can't take at face value some like wise beyond her years, 20 year old being like, no, I'm cool with whatever. I'm really mature because it's always like you're mature for your age, which means that you are your age. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I just, you know, I want, I want to know. I don't actually. I'm assuming Gyllenhaal has never said a word about any of this. Like when I think that, that's any correct. Of this has ever come out. Yeah, that's the, a wise course. Uh, I would love. I wonder, dude. Yeah, to hear him talk about it. I wonder, man. I wonder what it's like to date Taylor Swift, dude. I bet it's not cool. And I am a huge fan, but yeah, I mean, I, 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 I think that dating a 20 year old when you're 30 sounds like a nightmare regardless yeah that sounds right when 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 i was 20 i couldn't handle the treating everything like it's the biggest (laughs) deal in the world yeah no definitely yeah yeah i mean basically i guess i was kind of a gyllenhaal then like basically i would end the relationship at the first big like emotional demand you know, which was usually some kind of fight. Yeah. Of like, why are you whatever? I'd be like, I don't know. Sounds like you're not a fan though. So why don't we? 
part ways. I wish I'd had the abundance mentality required to execute something like that. Well, if you go too hard in the, there, there were times when I, I plunged into the depths of scarcity mentality afterwards. <laughs> I remember I was living with my one friend, like, I think we had graduated college and I had just broken up with my girlfriend and like this, she was trying to move in with my boy, dude. Like, and I wasn't mad as like a sexual jealousy thing. It was like, I was mad because he, he was my escape from her. You know, like I would go hang out at his house when I didn't want to hang out with her. And I was like, if you live with him, like it's over. I can't, there's nothing. Uh, and she, but I really was like, I don't like this. This is not going to be good. And she was getting mad. And I was like, you know, what? Let's, we should just break up. Uh, then I just plunged into a deep depression. And I was so sad. And that dude would just make fun of me every day, all summer. He'd be like, who breaks up with his girlfriend and then gets like, how are you going to be the one breaking up and then gets depressed? But, you know, I think I had a lot of other things going on. Yeah, I, yeah. I wish she hadn't done things to force the situation. I mean, what was she thinking? But it wasn't going to last anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Uh Prisoners so, is a great film. Uh, the DP30 guy. Um, What's DP30 again? Oh, he's yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the YouTube channel. So he's he's sitting there, and he, it's like a 30-minute conversation with Jake Gyllenhaal from a guy who he saw it like at a – he was at the premiere and then bought tickets. Like he explains all this to Gyllenhaal. Like the, In the interview? The night before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I he, don't remember that part. It's towards the beginning. Huh. Um and so they're talking about it. You know, it's just it's it's a good deep conversation. Like I think you know. I did press play so that in a way where it, it started like two minutes in, and I didn't go back. Might have been like how I sent it. I might have oh, okay, sent it okay. the wrong way or something. Right. It was still a, a good. It's like a thirty minute interview. Yeah, um, but Gyllenhaal definitely talks about the tattoos. Okay, uh, you know, and the the basic thing there is just that. Like you're never supposed to see all of them because it's something he's hiding, mm-hmm. um, you know. And we can talk more about that and everything. But he he says that he makes it a point to like go out of his way to be like, but when they are revealed, like the one time that you can read what's on his knuckles, like the choice of when is important and like what yeah, they're saying is important. Yeah, yeah, and so. That was, I watched it after I'd seen the first viewing, but before I'd seen the second, so then I was like watching for it. And whenever it came, I I don't know. I, I'm I'm not sure that I was smart enough to get everything that Jake wanted me to get. So me I guess I would spe- start with, can you, could you tell what was on his, what was written on his knuckles? No. Uh, and I, no, I Googled that also and no one on any of the Reddits could see it. I see you have the picture there. Well, here's the other thing though. Those symbols are visible in like the first scene he's in, uh, in the Chinese restaurant. Yeah, he's, he's yeah. not hiding them. You know, I, so I I see what he's saying that he's always kind of hiding them, and he doesn't have to hide them from a waitress. Um, he's he's talking about how oftentimes whenever uh, Loki's holding his hands, the the one that doesn't have the tattoos will be in front of it. Yeah, um, and then you know the big like uh, nautical star thing is. Somewhat. That's like the star of Ishtar or something. It's like an eight-pointed star. It's an mm-hmm. occult symbol. Uh, and yeah, I saw it more with that, with the fucking awesome buttoned-up collar look, which is cool as shit. 
Yeah, I and never he's, thought and he's about doing that being functional. Well, I, yeah, I mean, I, well, I, I think what's going on because there's not that much in terms of exposition about where Loki came from. Right. Um, the biggest thing is whenever he says to the priest, you know, right. I've been to the hunt. I grew up in the Huntington boys home. Right. Uh, which obviously this podcast salutes a fellow TTI survivor. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I just, I'm interested in what you think of that. Like just literally what the tattoos are. Well, I, they, the, everyone just says they're occult symbols. And I have that book that Rust Cole has in True Detective, like Signs and Symbols. Uh-huh. And there's just thousands of them. So, I mean, I don't yeah. know specifically what any of them are. And I I didn't, like, find that. It's just not obvious what they are. And so, like, like I, my interpretation, I, I don't feel confident, which is why I keep on trying to get yours before I say mine. Yeah, it's, yeah. It looks to me like it just says maze. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I mean, it, from this angle... It does look like that. You're right. I've never noticed that, but it does. That's wow. That's a really good observation, man. Well, I don't know if it is because I don't like. He's not you that taking way, the kids. You know, like still maze though. We're all in the maze. I I we don't know. I don't know what maze. to make. Like I don't know what to do with thinking that it says maze. I did some thinking on it, and I don't yet feel real good. Well, I mean, in the interview, also like uh, Hall is like. For all of his talk about like, he basically, you know, he's like, I basically am a co-writer of this movie when it comes to Loki. Like, I He does a couple, he the, drops a couple of things that I'm like, I felt embarrassed on his behalf a nah, little I bit. Mean, I, I see, yeah, I mean, not embarrassed, but whenever, I hope Jake doesn't hear this, dude. Whenever he's like, uh, he, he talks several times about the amount of improvising they're doing. Yeah. And then he is like, well, not everyone got to do that. Yeah, no, and he's happy, dude. He's yeah. really happy that like that was that the part was, where I the, felt I embarrassed on that his moment, dude. Yeah. Like to see there's like this weird smile that he gets there. Like I, I want to like, know who that's wasn't the child allowed to improvise. Actor being like, I'm happy I got the lead. Yes. You know what I yes. mean? Like I'm the special one. Yeah. The director likes me. Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a very And it didn't make me dislike it made no, it more interesting. Yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah. just revealed further depths. For sure. But it it was the fascinating moment. It was, dude. It really was. I definitely rewound it at least once. Yeah. Uh, but it is cool, like, what what they did. Um, and I de- so, I mean, to me, the, the occult symbols and all that, it, it kind of seems like, so he's in a boy's home, uh, a Catholic one, I guess it seems like. Yeah. Uh, probably abused on some level. It seems like Mm -hmm. since he's telling a child molesting priest that the fact that he was in that home makes it a very special treat to hurt a person like a child molesting priest. Yeah. So you don't have to fill in too much there. So it it would make sense when you get out of that environment. There's not really a safety net for the 18, 19 year olds who are aging out. Uh, You know, he ended up working for the state government. But there's probably some bounce around time. Yeah, and I think and, that's when he got the tattoos. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't think that he got the tattoos planning to become a police detective. Exactly. I think that yeah. yeah, he that they represent a life that he you know is doesn't feel settled about. It's not who yeah, he wanted yeah. to be. Exactly. It's not who he is now. It's like a reaction to what he was before, but who he is now might be too. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and 
the way that he attacks the whole thing, like, you know, just the, the seriousness with which he takes his work. Um, Loki or Gyllenhaal? Loki. Okay. Uh, it, it's, it would be easy for me to imagine certain kids we went to excel with becoming that kind of cop. Oh, yeah, definitely. It was very dude. black and white, like, I'm here to save. Like, yeah. the world depends on me. Because, mm-hmm. like, that, that sort of, like, enforcement, like, you know. No the, one ever the, did that for him. Excel ran on stuff like that. And, yeah, the, 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 those are people who are keenly aware of what a lack of order does to your life. Yeah. And so bringing order to the universe is an especially urgent job. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Why do you think they, uh, why, why is his name Loki? That's a pretty fucking provocative thing to name a character. Yeah, I think, again, it does make sense there, though, if you think, obviously, you know, have you seen the Marvel movies? Yeah. I know you're against them, but you've seen them. Oh, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. So, you know, Loki's like a trickster god. He's, he plays in liminality and marginality. Uh, he's an outsider. He's a messenger god. See, I definitely don't think that it's named after the Marvel character. So I was a little interested in like no, the Marvel character. In is what named ways after... is the Marvel character like possibly missing the mark? Not missing the mark, but like whenever they're making the Marvel character, they're choosing to play up certain aspects of the mythology I mean, and I choosing think... to play down other aspects of it. I don't like. I, I don't think that uh, the detective is a trickster. I don't really? think that that, that you feel Definitely. differently. Yeah, yeah. Like Theseus, Rust Cole, Loki, they're all outsider figures who see the community with outsiders' eyes and are therefore able to spot the dissonant spots and see what other people are missing. Yeah, see, I'm with all that. I don't think That's that, that, what that a trickster means trickster is. Yeah, that is what a trickster is. Like, I, th- I think a trickster is one who plays tricks. But that to what end? Like that, like, the, like the, a mythological. The word that you use, liminality. I think that is what the care. Like that, that aspect of Loki. I think of like you know that he's like between both group. You know, of like that's what the trickster is. I, I again, I choose to define trickster as one who is often playing tricks. Like, yeah, but uh, why are they playing the tricks? And from what? No, he doesn't no, do no. any whoopee questions no, at no, any dude. point in the movie. I don't. You're missing out on. Uh, a lot of, I mean, I understand the definition you're choosing to apply here. No one else really applies it that way. And it, Lots it, of people it does do. kind of. He also doesn't circ- have sex for money. It shortchanges. What do you mean sex for money? What? Just he may going have. Through, going through different definitions of trick. Oh, he may have after the boys home. Well, I think you're just. You don't it's know. It's just a joke, Alex. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, 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 definitely. Well, you know, like in Nightcrawler, Riz is like, I'm not gay, you know, but he clearly had been having sex for money at a minimum. Uh, you remember that part? That's what. That's how I took that. I don't know if I remember that part. Like, or if I don't know, then I don't remember that part. Because, you, you know, like he, Riz is like living in a bus station, you know, like his assistant. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and like Gyllenhaal says some line basically being like, are you turning tricks? And mm-hmm. he's like, I'm not gay, man uh it's not a no yeah exactly <laughs> uh but uh yeah that is like what in terms of like mythological you know conversations the trickster the coyote the coyote uh you know the mescalito honestly um like that is what it functions as uh, the whoopee cushion guy maybe too but uh and also like 
like Hermes is like the Greek trickster god, uh, and he's like a messenger god. He he carries God's will, kind of. Uh, and I, it is like I don't know if they said this in the interview or if I just saw it somewhere, but like Loki does seem to be like an instrument of God's will, although he's never clear about why or what actually is going on. I guess like everybody, uh, you know, everything works out, but not because of anyone having an, a clue of what was going on. Like, you know, Hugh Jackman can be like, well, if I hadn't tortured, they wouldn't have found anybody. But it's like, not because he was right ever. You know what I mean? Uh, and like Loki's kind of the instrument of that, it seems like in a lot of ways. Um, so yeah, I think it's a cool name, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, other character naming choice. What do you think's going on with naming a character Alex Jones? They had to have known, right? Had to have. They had to have known. I think so. Had to have. But I, I think it's the 10% chance that they didn't. No, I don't believe that, dude. This is movie shot, shoots in 2012. What to believe that to be true, you have to believe. Watch the credits of this movie, mm-hmm. and none of them know who Alex Jones is, or oh. just none of them think it's their place. To be yeah, like, yeah. Do that. they know? <laughs> like, I think the screenwriter gets to pick the name, and then maybe the like the the key grip does not get to come in and be like, no, no, of course not. No, I, that's what I'm saying. Like. It's chain of command, but like at some point, like the everyone, like Alex Jones is, was is more famous now, I guess, even though he's been unrightfully deplatformed. And uh, like everything who, else, his place in the culture changed after 2016, for sure. But like he was in all those Linklater movies and stuff. Yeah, Denis Villeneuve saw those. Like he had to have, right? Like these people are, in but if film. so, why? Like, are they just fucking with him, naming so, the fucking yeah. guy that steals kids, Alex Jones? I mean, I think so a little bit. Yeah. Are they yeah. trying to make any other points? There is the funny line about him having the IQ of a ten-year-old. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, and then, yeah, no, I do, but I do think there's like something to be said of like the movie isn't quite really getting at it, but there's like a. I, I basically think Alex Jones is kind of right about most things, like, overall. Uh, not, like, you know, the specifics. I understand what you're saying. Vibe. That's never a sentence I would want to have to defend. <laughs> yeah, I know, especially now, right? Didn't he just get uh, something? Yeah, the Sandy yeah, Hook yeah, thing? yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Um, he was on the Red Scare podcast yesterday, but I've only yesterday. listened to... Yeah, but I've only like listened to... Like, he personally appeared? Yeah, like they came to Austin. He has a movie coming out by. Uh, did you see? Is it one of the paid ones? I'm not. I suspect. For it. Yeah, yeah, I think so. God damn it! I listened to. The, it is funny because Alex Jones is vocal frying out. Tim Gillen yeah. did it on there too. Like, because you know, I guess they're like chill. Mm-hmm. So he's like, well, like you know, I can't really do it, but uh, it's still Alex Jones' voice, but he just sounds like he's on Quaaludes. Uh, Maybe maybe he took Joe's advice and did kick the Ritalin. Yeah, I mean, I think that would be good for him. But he's like, he doesn't even know what ASMR is. That's like the first thing I heard. Like, he didn't get it. Like, wow. they were like, yeah, it's like kind of our ASMR thing. And then, so he has a new movie coming out by this indie filmmaker named Alex Lee Moyer. And she made this movie last year, like two years ago, called TFW No GF. 
Did you hear about that? No. It was like an, an, a documentary about incels. Uh, it was very bad. Uh, but she did make it. And now she's got a movie. She, I guess her next project was a documentary about Alex Jones. But she's basically like coming off like his like handler. Uh, like she's like, Alex, do you know what ASMR is? Do you need us to explain it to you? You know? So she's on the podcast? She, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay. Uh, and like I said, I only listened to like the first 20 minutes. Um, he seems like, or I just, it's plain the obvious to me that he is the kind of person that if you're around him like that, he he's going to turn you in. Like everyone is his handler. Everyone think, who's around yeah, him yeah, for yeah, more than yeah, five yeah. minutes. Yeah. That's why it got kind of boring. What's he demanded just, of them is that they be his handler. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but even though he didn't know what ASMR was, he like kind of, he gets stuff quickly. So that he's like, no, what's up? You know, and they're like, well, it's like people, they get on YouTube and they kind of talk and these, he's like, oh, hypnotic, <laughs> you know, and it's <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Kind of right. Yeah. You know, like immediately he gets it. Uh, and I feel like the movie kind of makes the point of like, you know, we're all, no one actually gets it. Like Alex Jones, anybody, like we're all in the maze. None of us actually know what's going on. And the people that we ridicule or like the extreme cases that seem like they're dismissible, often they're getting something right and you should listen to them. So like literally, I don't know. I mean, this is just what I took about it. I'm not saying prisoners is like telling you to watch Infowars, but like in the context of the movie, saying Alex Jones has the IQ of a 10 year old leads people to not take seriously what he says. And basically he says a lot, like they could have worked him differently and gotten a different case. Um, and I feel like, you know, obviously in our real world, People love to just say Alex Jones is an idiot, whatever. Alex Jones is obsessed with the frogs being gay. Well, guess what, dude? They did kind of make the frogs gay. Yeah, that <laughs> you know I'd go about that one over and over. It's I, so upsetting. Like, I assume you know all the details. I mean, I know enough. <laughs> There's there, the leading guy who, like, found out that the frogs are being turned gay. Uh-huh. Like, corporate America dedicated themselves in nefarious ways to ruining his life. Doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, There's, like, it's a pesticide. The, in, the, the thing that Alex don't, like, you know, like what you were saying of, like, he gets the broad strokes right, some of the details, important details, uh he alleges that the the point was to turn the frogs gay because there's <laughs> yeah. someone out there who wants the frogs to be gay. But there is a force that wants the frogs to be gay. Like he's kind of right about that. Well, uh, not anywhere in this. I like mean, then, how did they come to be? It's a it's a side effect of the pesticide. Yeah, the company the, wants if, to make money selling the pesticide. But what if there's like a platonic in like the realm? Don't of, think about this too much. I Companies want to make money selling pesticides. <clears throat> why? Dude? There's nothing because once you have money, you can being, buy things. With but what it. if we're being acted upon by the forces that want the pesticides to be like more prevalent? Like we're just, a but vector. they want the, to be more prevalent because that means they sell more of them and their profits are higher. Well, no, people know, are not that complicated. But it's like mosquitoes want blood because that's what they eat. But that's how we like, want money a, because a it's what we eat. spreads because of that. Like it uses that as a vector. You know what I mean? What if our desire for money is actually the mechanism? I've been thinking about this about oil being the revenge of the dinosaurs, or 
if the dinosaurs were just like, we'll just take an L and we'll just become oil and sleep for a long time. And then eventually these humans, will the company's wrecking the that guy's life. It's, they weren't like worried about being found out about their big scheme to turn everyone gay. Yeah. They thought it was inconvenient that the frogs are being turned gay by the pesticide. And so they'd rather no one report on no, it. No, but I'm saying, what if the, I get you, we can move on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't, I, Anyway, yeah. I, so, I fuck with Alex Jones, but I he's very difficult to actually take in. I really the Rogan episodes are good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, how much are you actually tuning in done for? You can't say whether or not it's difficult. How many episodes? Have you very watched? few. I mean, the times that I've tried, it is hard. Yeah. I don't think it's for me. Like back yeah. before he got deplatformed, I would check it out on YouTube sometimes. Mm-hmm. But the Infowars YouTube channel was mostly just compilations of like wrecking SJWs. Uh, and then, you know, Alex's show, which is not, is it's not very good. I just, I miss, I mean, you're right. Like moment to moment, kind of monotonous at times, but the highs were so high and it sucks so bad that it's <laughs> yeah, hard to the find highs them were now. Very high, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the one, my favorite, uh, and I only have it because Jake and I talked about it and I went after the great scrubbing and, uh, like just took the track like we kept on stopping and starting it but like mm-hmm. i reconstructed it so i would okay. have it to be able to enjoy later uh-huh. and i often do it was preceding one of the rogan podcasts because rogan had jack from twitter on uh-huh. and said something kind of dismissive about alex and alex was furious yeah i remember that i mean i remember yeah. them talking about that also like when they squashed the beef yeah yeah, and the the show that Alex did the day before that podcast, um, he's just on one. It's great. It's an yeah. amazing. It's an amazing time. Um, but yeah, just talking. There's a lot of specifics I'd like to talk about about yeah, the movie, yeah. but uh, broad stroke stuff. Um, abduction. It's just such a big thing. <laughs> yeah, you know, just whatever you're a parent. It's Good lord, on the present. And whenever I was in the parent, it was, it, it felt, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that this, I'm sure that every kid had some kid near them that disappeared, but. I never had, I don't think a kid disappeared. I mean, Amber Alert was from oh. Amber Hagerman that was in DFW, who was my age when yeah, she yeah, disappeared. Yeah. Megan's Law also, that was, that was in Trenton, but like, I didn't know Megan. I know I didn't know Amber, yeah, yeah, yeah. but like I remember the weekend Megan was missing. That was like, not yeah, that something was that up. people were failing to mention to me. No, it was, yeah, it was all over the place. Yeah, yeah so yeah, yeah. just this is something where the rest of society is going out of its way to hammer into your head. Yeah, don't these you people like, are out there. You don't like that, you. right? You think that's yeah, bad? Yes, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah interesting. I, I think, that, I mean, like, uh, what I'm describing here, of like, you know, feeling the specter of, like, around every corner is someone who's going to try to wage their war with God using you as a pawn. That's not how the world is. Like, it is for some people, mm-hmm. uh, but not most of them. I mean, like, you and I never got abducted, for example. Whatever, dude. You, you know what I mean. Don't try to like take such an expansive definition of abducted. <laughs> uh, if you try to bring an abduction charge, you would fail. You know that. So. Nah, well, I went. I got on the plane. I didn't get abducted. Yeah, like, I also did. went. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. They weren't dragging me. Yeah, yeah. But they, they said easy way or kids, hard way. I said easy way. Got dragged for sure. Oh yeah. The yeah. guys that yeah. told me easy way or hard way are molesters. Oh like, yeah, for sure. They ran a school for kids and molested them at it. Yeah. Why well, haven't I talked about this? I don't know. I don't the educational so. consultant that sent me to Excel. Oh was yeah, a yeah, yeah. Your your and educational then, consultant was the one that took you. Well, no. So the edu- educational consultant, and then he had like an intern educational consultant who used to run a school. Okay. And the educational consultant, I know for a fact because I found it on his blog, uh, pleaded out because his grand nephew or grandson, someone, but a family member, uh, a generation removed the boy, uh, basically accused him, and he he pled out. Uh, so he did not say that he didn't do it. And, um, and before this Excel was so fucked up that he stopped sending kids there. Like, and anyway, so the, the guy he had with him, that was the intern ran a school in Maryland, but then I think realized that there was more money. Uh, hopefully that's what he was getting after not more access to children, uh, but more money as the educational consultant. So he paired up with Tom Croak. Uh, the the main one that I had, but then the that guy, a kid at Excel, went to that guy's school before he went to Excel and got molested. I think by that guy. Holy at, shit! At that school, and he talked about it at Excel. I didn't know that. Yeah. So I was like, whoa! I didn't know that my real educational consultant was a, like a convicted molester at the time. So I was just like, that's crazy. And then, yeah. Like, later, I found out. I mean, nothing happened to me, you know, on that day, but, uh, it's not hard for me to imagine that these people are out there and that they congregate in these ways to where they do have the access and trust because I've seen it over and over again. So yeah, it, I, I think when I, I mean, my I, point is not that there are zero molestation victims. Yeah. Yeah. But when your main point, point seems is to there be are relatively that, few, so preparing everyone for how to do it is yeah that's definitely spoken like someone who's never been molested like i mean for sure you know what i mean like it's like in law school like it's most of us they treat you well you don't know that you're especially if you start counting like women getting or girls getting you know raped when they're younger uh i i think it probably does get to most of us like in one way or another that's the thing like it's just abject it like is very disturbing for people for whom it is not true to the point that it you you have to start asking yourself whose water am i carrying when i don't want this like talked about more i think but i'm carrying my own perspective no i know uh but anyway uh that's what i'm saying it seems like an argument about anxiety or like what's the cost of reminding people of this yeah um but you know, I, the way I was trained to look at that is like the classic tort law construction is, is the burden greater than the loss multiplied by the probability of the loss. And there, I don't even see it as a big burden once you get over it. Like it's, it's scary when you first find it out. That's why it's so scary to get molested. But see, I think adult, it's one of those things that like the burden is such like an ambient part of everyone's life that we're not seeing how huge it is. I think it is huge. It is huge. That's what I'm saying. But, okay. But for, but no one acknowledges that. And that's where. It's a large enough burden. I would be interested in trying to not make everyone bear it. 
No, but we all have to bear it because otherwise they, the, the predators depend on the instances where we collectively, like it's a real collective action problem. And it's like the kids who are lost in the cracks, like where the community isn't looking out for them and they don't have a strong family support. Those are the kids who get picked off. So that's why like, I feel like in modern day, we can all complain all we want about like, wouldn't it be nice if it was like back in the day where kids could run around by themselves, you know, da, da, da. And I used to run around by myself. I mean, it was, it was fine. Uh, some weird people tried to talk to me though. I'll tell you that. Uh, and, but I think the thing now is there's no going back. And the fact is you can't just be the one parent to be like, well, my kid, I don't subscribe to that. They can go wherever they want alone. Watch me. Well, but what I'm, what I'll tell you is you don't just put your kid in a time machine when you do that. What someone who sees a kid alone in 2021 walking around, what they're, they're actually seeing is, wow, that's a kid whose parents are wildly outside of the norm in terms of caring where their kid is and what they're doing. That makes the kid more interesting. And it's like, they're like, well, you don't get this chance nowadays like that many times. Like it, it almost makes the lone, the, the lone kid is more rare, but it becomes more of a crime of opportunity where like there's no crowd to hide in. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It's just neither of our kids are old enough for this to be a real you know, thing to think about. I yet, just think the important thing to remember is that that's not how most of the people are looking at it. <coughs> what do you mean? The average person walking down the streets, not looking for a kid to molest. Yeah, no, I know that dude. I, I believe that. But the thing is, some of them are. Uh, I don't know. I like, obviously molestations occur. I don't know how many of them are like, well, that's why I said crime of opportunity. Snatch it. Well, yeah. I don't know, man. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> For what, sure. Everyone else is making this bad choice, so I have to make it. I mean, I'm saying the fact that everyone is making the choice means that your choice to depart from it, it has part of its meaning is bound in, in what other people are doing. Yes. Well, how about the rest of you quit fucking it up? I mean, everyone's just doing what they think that is best for their family. They're wrong. I suppose. I mean, um, my kid just will run into a street right now, so she's not going anywhere alone. Yeah, no, she's figured out the streets thing a little bit, a little bit. My kid has zero clue what a car could do. She, she's she's, she's starting mad to get at me it. every time I like pick her up. Like, she got uh she got on to me before you came over. We were playing with chalk in the alley, and she thought I was a little too far into the alley. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, yeah, that's cute. Yeah, um, but yeah. So upon you know, since I was forced to spend most of my youth thinking about abductions, right? Um, you, this is this is not like a. I I don't think I'm going to blow oh, your let, mind with let, this next bit. Let, hold on, one other thing I want to say. That's also good because, uh, and I think the Satanic Panic also. This was a good effect of it. Kids who are growing up abused don't know that that's not normal. And don't know that it's not okay. A lot of them think this happens to everyone. Like if you read about incest victims, a lot of them are like, I just thought this was what parents did. I uh, mean, I think that's true of every kid's experience with regards to everything, right? Yeah. So when you have like schools and programs and whatever being like, no one should touch you in your bathing suit area and stuff. For some of those kids, they're like, whoa, they, does that mean my dad too? You know? And then it's like the teacher's got a report to make. That's good. Uh, so anyway, 
I guess it, I'm, I feel bad for the unmolested. Who yeah, I can see the benefits it, of it. I can also see the downsides, and it seems to me like everyone else doesn't so uh, what focus are the down, on the downsides. What, yeah, yeah. So what are they? Ambient anxiety? I mean, it's describing the world in like a, it's – there obviously is darkness in yeah. the world. But just the way that you're talking now, like the way that you're evaluating the threat currently feels to me – like it is like it starts with like someone ends up with the viewpoint that you're expressing that nearly everyone I know also expresses. Like I, I, I am yeah, certainly an outlier in the people I've ever talked about this with. And I, I know that most of the audience is not agreeing with the things that I'm saying, which I guess means I'm wrong. But yeah, I don't, I don't think that is what makes um, you wrong. But <laughs> <laughs> whatever, dude. Um, but like uh just this movie you see a lot how important it is how like what your baseline expectations of other humans are the question of you know do you think people are good and by how much like what what is the what is in the the, uh, the heart of the average person and do you think you yourself are good sure I think also sure and i think that talks about stranger danger do a lot to establish early on. Like that's, it's a very, you know, like the, uh, you know, I, I can't give you any, uh, David Foster Wallace deep cuts, but, uh, I, I, I have heard the, uh, water speech uh-huh. and I think this is the water, like this, this suspicion of our fellow man generated by people are out there to fucking grab your private throw you in a van and whatever. Like, but yeah, I get you. But don't you think we had that before the seventies or whatever? Like suspicion of our fellow man isn't that part of the human condition in many ways? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you I'm know? not. I'm not trying to say this created it, and the suspicion was more founded then. It's it's not like I'm one of the people saying like I wish we could go back to a, a the world of the fifties where no one got molested. People got molested at much higher rates in yeah, the fifties. Yeah. They just didn't so. talk yeah. about it a lot more. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the the world has gotten safer as this thing I'm complaining about has gone on, but uh, it doesn't mean that we can't improve. It does, you know, it doesn't mean there's a correlation certainly between the world getting safer and people getting more uh, scared about it. But just, you know, to put my cards on the table, I I really don't like what Keller does. I'm not yeah. with Keller. Okay. And uh, So you're more on the Terrence Howard tip. No, 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 no. Okay. I have more contempt for Terrence Howard than I do for Keller. Okay. Well, okay. Because he doesn't have a view. He, he has no conviction about anything. Just Keller's yelling at him enough that he's just going to do whatever. No, I think it took a lot of courage to say that, to say in plain English, this is not right. And he was about to start dismantling the wall until his wife stopped him. And yeah, but it I, wasn't too think, hard for her to do that. Well, it's true, but I got he, all these clips. He took <laughs> more steps than anybody play. else, though. Um, he, I, yeah, but uh, not, dude, he's it's not. It's hard to stand up like that. It's it's hard to not participate. It's courageous for him to. It not wasn't participate. hard for Keller. Ke- like if, if the situation were reversed, for Keller. if Keller felt like as strongly the other way, and Terrence was like, "I think we should probably capture him, and torture him," then there's no way that Keller would allow that to happen. Like Keller's a guy who has a clear will, you know. Like and oh yeah, yeah, of course, dude. 
Yeah, yeah, I see what you mean about that, but that's what makes him the kind of guy that tortures people. Uh, I don't, I don't think so. I think you can have convictions. Yeah, I know. Every leftist thinks that, and, <laughs> and then they end up torturing people. I've never tortured anyone. I know. Thank God. <laughs> okay. Um, I can see you torturing people. I'm glad you've never had the opportunity. I can see you getting into it. What a fucking no you're wrong like what do you want me to anyway what's anyone supposed to do with that thank you for the compliment i, I think can about see it sometimes people you know you yeah, think yeah. about like boy i bet tc's probably gonna torture someone fuck you dude come on what like i well I've, i mean should i lie to you and tell you that i haven't or are you upset that the thoughts went through my head would you like to i'm upset that the content? thoughts went through your head okay yes well i, I won't share them anymore then no worries <laughs> No, the problem is uh, See, this, but, but, this is such a common, like this, uh, oh, I didn't know I was allowed to be honest. About no, what, dude? What the, saying, the underlying thing you're being honest about is seems like the more important thing to be like, yeah, dude, sometimes I think you might be a torturer. Like, I know, I that's a terrible thing to think about someone. I am I allowed to be offended that you thought it. You are. I mean, I'm not saying you shouldn't be. I'm just noting that you are. It seems like, uh, you know... Uh, someone wants to find an intellectual Stalinism or an intellectual Stalinist as someone for whom the opposition by the act of their opposition forfeits the right to exist. You know what I mean? And I feel like saying that it's occurred to me that you could torture is like an opposition to your story of yourself as the good guy. And uh, I wonder if there's a little Stalinism you know, in this reaction here. Is, is this how torture starts? Why are you, you doing this? I mean? I think, We're having such a cooperative, fun podcast, and you're lobbing grenades out of nowhere. I, well, Who's the person that's going to take this well? Not the, the Stalinist. All right. <laughs> I'm sorry, dude. This is a little bit of a throwback. You're right. It's My like, fault, dude. You, like, you, like, I can't, I categorically can't object to you saying that I'm someone who would torture people. Object away, dude. No, but if I do, that's just further proof of my wickedness. <sighs> Not necessarily, dude. According what's to the, you, what's the, the Stalinist argument that you just advanced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm referring to. Well, I'm saying, yeah, yeah. If you're telling me you don't want me talking, you don't want me existing, if I'm saying these points, and I'm saying I, I can move on. I'm more of a Terrence Howard, man. You know, I'm, I'm existing in the context of my relationships. I say what I think, but I also listen when people respond to what I think. And sometimes that means I just have to know what, what I know in my heart. And then we go on. It's no big deal. I can tell you what I was thinking. I mean, I'm not saying this just to wind you up. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I have trouble imagining what you would do differently if you were going for different aims. Going oh to uh, doing something other than wind you up yeah maybe I see and that's the thing that could be my version of torture dude although I do know that I have it in me dude to wind people up I'm very aware of that but uh, you know that's how we end up walking down these roads I could maybe I'm torturing you right now I don't think there's a maybe sorry man. Um, so what I was saying is that I, I don't think that, uh, like you, this isn't something that you've like never thought of. Um, but as people were fixated on stories about abductions and I was a kid, 
uh-huh. I would I started out by you know anytime you interface with one of these stories, um, just being like, man, I hope they find that kid because then everything will be fine. Like huh. I I remember the times whenever I thought like, well, this is a problem and it is fully solved by discovering the child, and uh, it occurred to me at a certain point, and the world has never been the same since that uh, in fact things are not as good as they were before once true. you find the child yes child's pretty permanently fucked up yeah i think true detective hit that well yeah when, when russ visited the girl yeah and yeah you know, I, I don't know i don't want to over like I, I i know people in my life who have had really fucked up things happen to them as kids and i've seen hold them on go did on. we stop recording what why isn't it moving? No, anymore? it's just I hit a button. Okay, I didn't mean to. Um, but uh, I, I, I know, like, I don't want to um, overrepresent my experience because obviously, I mean, like, when you hear about the stories of abductors, you know, it's it's fucked up things happen. To them. Everyone who's like, you know, all murderers, like things fucked up happen to them as a kid, right? So it's so the fact that I know a person who had fucked up things happen to them as a kid and they've more or less dealt with it does mm-hmm. not mean that it's not a big deal to have the fucked up things happen to you as a kid. Correct. You know? Yes. Um, but I, 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 in think in watching this movie and like, and I was like, man, it's just a death sentence. Like what happened to those kids? It's just a death sentence. That's, that's what I started out thinking. And then I was like, you know what? Actually, you know, people who haven't had that happen, but like, it's pretty fucked up. And like, it's obviously had an effect on them, but they're living a basically happy life. Yeah. And so, you know, that's nice to know that there are a wide range. It, it's not like you're condemned to become uh, the person you're talking about in True Detective. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's frustrating. I mean, I agree with you. And I, as you were saying that, I was like, God works in mysterious ways. But you got, and I know you know this, but... It does make me feel compassion for the people for whom they don't bounce back. You can look at it with Excel. You know, different kids do different things afterwards. It's hard to, you can look back and be like, I totally get why this kid flamed out and this kid did pretty, pretty okay. Like it all makes sense, but on another level, it's very hard to kind of figure out. And it's hard to justify in terms of like a moral order to the universe. I don't know, man. Yeah. I think the girls in prisoners, probably they'll be all right, though. You know, get some therapy. I don't know. Do you you think it's a guarantee that they're going to get some therapy? Yeah, I think probably in this day and age, yeah. In 2012 era, yeah. They'll get some therapy. They'll get some. I, I also wonder, I was, I don't know that either of us knows the answer to this question. Uh, I know that I don't. Like... Is it if I if I were the kids' parents, I would absolutely get them as much therapy as was available. But how much like can you even do at that age? Like the kinds of things that I find like the the therapy experiences that I've had that were beneficial required an amount of self reflection I wasn't capable of. Certainly at eight, and uh, really probably not any time before like. I don't know, 30. I don't know. I mean, 
I didn't do much child therapy and it didn't do good. It wasn't very good for me, but yeah, I mean, I did some and it did nothing. I will. I remember I went to, but one, I also didn't get abducted. Yeah. I think, I mean, what I think would be good for them is like a, a combo. You haven't seen Mad Men, right? Correct. Have you seen Law and Order SVU? Absolutely. So basically like in Olivia Benson, Bedside Manor, you know how she's good with the kids? Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, tell me about your doll, you know, or like whatever. Mm-hmm. Just like a, someone with a good vibe like that to just be with the kid. They don't have to talk. They can play like whatever. But as the stuff comes out, someone who's trained to kind of be a container for that because like the actual actions are really bad. And obviously, I mean, they're sucking down LSD and ketamine, also not good. Um, you know, they didn't say that they actually physically did anything to them, but you know, whatever, that's a a small point on something like this. Um, and being put in a hole in the ground, I guess that's, that's torture. Yeah. And like Joy seemed pretty clearly traumatized, like the, it put tape over our mouths. True, true. And they started crying, you know, when, when Alex left. So yeah, definitely. Uh, but a big part of it. I think also is like um, what happens afterwards and how you feel about yourself and how it makes you feel about yourself. So like a lot of kids, when something like this happens, the parents don't have any idea how to deal with it and they get nervous and anxious around the kid uh, or they just, they're like, we don't want to talk about that because it's painful for them as, as parents too. But the kid kind of learns that they're then the source of the bad. Like they can't really reconcile it. The way you say, like they don't want to think of a world where there's danger lurking at every corner. Literally a child's brain cannot think that way. Like it, it will become psychotic. Uh, but unfortunately, like you, you as a child tend to over internalize your locus of responsibility, which again makes sense because you should over interpret that so that you act. Uh, you have to think that you are more capable than you are, otherwise you won't do anything. Um, but when a kid's been victimized and then like everyone gets weird around them, there's like a tendency, like that to me is the more traumatizing part. You're not healing, you're not learning, this was bad and this is how I've, I've learned that I'll be safer in the future. You're learning. I never was safe. I only now discovered that. And now I don't know how unsafe I am, you know? So yeah, I just, someone with training and like, you know, a mindset and the space to, to let that stuff come up and sort of help a kid work through it, not forcing them to be introspective at all. They're already introspecting like when they can, when they're not dissociating. Uh, Yeah. I think they're, yeah. I think that those people are like angels. Yeah. Like, uh, so. Yeah, that that thought, like, you know, the, the people I know that had bad things happen to that, like, yeah, that 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 thought is, like, obviously ruling their life. And I, I, I just, I do marvel at, like, what a good life they've been able to construct despite that, you know? Yeah. But, like, yeah, the, everything has always been bad. Mm-hmm. I was foolish for not seeing it, and I'm not going to make that mistake again. Yeah. It's a destructive thought in people's lives, dude. For sure. But what if it's true? It's not. I mean, what if it's truer than you thought it was? You yeah, can, yeah, yeah. You yeah, can yeah, never yeah. like fully, I think that's kind of what Keller learns by the end. Uh, you're never going to fully control anything. 
That's what God's for. Uh, and you never were, no matter what you thought. But you can learn more and at least pretend like you're controlling things. And it, it seems to have an effect on, on some level. You at least have to try, I think. Uh, anyway, I'm more of a Keller, I think. It's probably why I lob torture accusations so, so easily. Uh, but I don't think I would torture like that. I don't know. I but I was certainly watching this the entire time, wondering what you were going to say about that. About torturing Alex Jones in the movie? I yeah, just it, it's easy for me. I don't know if it's. I think it's much easier for me to imagine you being like, "Hell yeah!" If that comes, the push comes to shove, you got to do it than it is for me to actually imagine you doing it, if that makes sense. I think that actually, that's but, probably true about you torturing also, because as we were sitting, after we just had our conversation, I was like, I don't know if you would actually torture. I wouldn't, but, and I wouldn't say that I was going to. Yeah, because I was thinking, like, I was like, if it really came down to it right now and I wanted to torture someone, like, could I get TC to do it? I don't think I would even tell him I was torturing. Uh, you know, I'll just let, it, let him live in his world where no one's torturing. I'd like, I would not support you. Well, I know. That's why I wouldn't tell you, dude. Yeah. You know, you would just live in the safe world that exists because I kept you safe because I did what, what I had to do because okay. I did what's hard because there's a ticking time bomb and someone has to make hard choices and I'll yes. take the stain for this nation. The, the movie, I think, does a good job of illustrating like the mechanics of how someone ends up doing what Keller does. And it is just a, a narrowing of the choices. Like the, you, you convince yourself that like, For um, sure. you know, I mean, I have the clip if you want to play it, but, uh, sure. You know, whatever he's just yelling at, or we, yeah, we can, or I, I don't know. I, if you don't want to, we don't have to. Um, we'll just, I don't even when know which one like, it is. Uh, we hurt him or they, we keep hurting him or they die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you keep saying that? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I noticed that too, yeah. Um, and just, there's a much wider universe of possibilities than that. For sure. But if you believe that those are the only two options, you'd be a fucking insane person not to hurt him. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't like the other one. I'm, I'm not willing to accept right. they yeah, die. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. And so, like, that's, that's how you do it, you know? Is, uh -huh. So, like, what, what you were, I, I think that it was a bit tongue-in-cheek. Um, but when what? you were just when well, I was saying I would torture, yeah, yeah, I'm not, I don't think so. Well, I, I've never been in the situation, but you immediately defaulted to like, well, it's what we have to do to protect, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was winding up a little bit there, though, but yeah, I was basically just remembering the 24 era, yeah, you know, like, yeah, that ruled Scalia cited 24 in a Supreme Court opinion, I'm pretty sure. It seems like something he Pretty would do. It seems like a bad idea. <laughs> I mean, it, yeah, it's it's the same sort of thing, you know. If you're telling people like, "Listen, we're just gonna have to go in and wreck this country. Or they're gonna nuke us." Yeah, like I'm not willing to accept being nuked. Definitely. Yeah, dude, let's go fuck them up. And I don't know. I I never felt like that was the range of choices. Yeah. So I didn't. I never was of the position of let's go fuck them up. Yeah. Yeah. But. Uh, if if those are the choices, then like I'm not the one saying let's sit around and be nuked for sure. Um, or like at Excel when basically everything they did was like you guys are going to die if, yeah. we, if we don't torture you. Yes. Right now. Yeah. yeah. Very true.
Yeah. Uh, so just, it's an important thing to understand. Like, you know, if, if you, if this is not for you, just a podcast listener about uh, a, a cool movie, um, and it's in fact a, a manual for life, mm-hmm. then I would encourage you that if you ever feel like you're being backed into a, a corner like that to, uh, to instead see if there's ways in which you could expand yes. the menu of options. Like if maybe just letting the trained detectives uh, play out their investigation yeah. seems like one that you could I, try. The interview raised a good point. I never really thought about that when he was like that it would have been if it was a 45-year-old detective, that would have been different. Yeah. But because Loki was so much younger, it immediately kind of made sense that Keller would be like, this, fuck this young punk. I think because yes. I was a young punk when the movie came out, that didn't occur to me. Sure. Was, yeah, you know, you're like, well, obviously he knows as much as the older guy. <laughs> I mean, this guy, yeah, he knows probably more. I know more than these 45-year-olds I'm cool. working with. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I'm basically kind of a low-key guy. I rage in the office, bash my keyboard. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I have done that once. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You Not, smash I, the keyboard? Not, Tell me everything. I didn't smash the keyboard, but uh, I, like, I bashed everything off my desk and like threw it onto the wall. Why? Uh, I was really stressed because we were like, I was working with a small group. I don't want to dox them, you know, but uh, we were trying to hire somebody to like help with the workload. And she worked literally two days and like quit, you know, after a second day. And like, I had just found that out. Like I was counting on her for like a big thing, you know? And I was like, already, it was like a Saturday. I'd been in the office all week. And then I just found out that she quit, which meant like I was going to be there like three more days with no sleep. And I just lost my shit. So, yeah, I did feel awesome doing it, though. Like it felt great afterwards. Oh, bet. <laughs> it really did, dude. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I think uh, I noticed like, uh, oh, that's what I was going to say. Like even at the end of that Hall interview, he still for all of that like collaborative work with Villeneuve. He was like, and dude, I didn't even know about the trees. Did you see the trees shot, yeah, dude? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know. So it's like obviously Denis was not like everything. I'm gonna tell you everything that's going on. Yeah. Uh but I did notice like once the girls got taken. What did you make of the trees? Well, that's what I'm saying. Like okay. the the uh, the like I think trees in the woods are always like, you know, the dark, the mystery, the unknown, you know, what are we figuring out? After True Detective, I always think of like lattices and crosses, you know, now too. But the, there's that's like, interesting. Oh, yeah, dude. True Detective, that's such a, that was really worth spending a lot of time with. I'm really glad we did that. But uh, so right after they take the kids, or right after the kids go missing, there's like a very long shot in front of Terrence Howard's house that gradually the focus shifts to like one tree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, that's, they're like losing the sense of the forest for the trees. You know what I mean? Like their perspective is narrowing. That's like what fear and pain do is like they make you, they narrow your perspective. And it's like they were just having fun doing Thanksgiving, you know, relaxing, just open to the world. And it's like if everything's closing in, like the, the, the event has happened. You know what I mean? Like we're, we're losing sight. We're becoming individual. Uh, you know, there's like a vampire weekend lyric. Our disease is the same one as the trees unaware that they're in a forest that I think about all the time. Uh, and I was like, that's what's going on. Like right now, 
that's how you torture people dude like when he was like he stopped being a human you know like once he took their girls yeah 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 that that's obviously an important line if you For ever sure. find yourself saying something like that stop whatever you're doing do the opposite <laughs> yeah you know i didn't really think there was like a lot of like big themes in the movie but this time i was like they're definitely this is a post 9-11 movie like i think uh, there are a lot of big themes in the a movie. lot no but like you know those kind like i mean there's big human themes obviously but like i didn't get all the abu Ghraib, you know resonance uh like there's this shot of like keller wearing a hood and he's like completely obscured and it's a dark hood and he's walking under this billboard that says for the people and it's like right after he started torturing oh man i was like oh shit dude i didn't catch that i didn't i mean i've seen this movie so many times yeah i never caught that yeah no i i you know as far as uh other big themes i just i think you know it's it's a lot about the things i was talking about earlier about just what what kind of world is it you know what what kind of species are we like what are are people good or are they bad um you know like uh i think that's that's what i take from the opening scene where you know it starts out just trees uh-huh. with uh you know him saying the our father and they're you know hunting a deer with mm-hmm. he and his son here's and, a question for you yeah who did you think was holding the gun when you I think it's supposed to be a surprise that it's the sun, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I I agree, yeah. Uh, And do you think that Hugh Jackman is actually saying the Our Father? Like in the dialogue of the film? No, I think it's like a voiceover narration thing. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, I don't don't think he literally says it out loud to his son every time. You would definitely not. Like that's not how hunting works uh so i think it's the son's inner monologue taking on the voice of his father interesting like as he's killing and then yeah because the next the actual first like dialogue is then them the first thing hugh jackman says is do you know the first the most important thing i learned from your father oh yeah uh yeah 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 and then he's like it, it comes down you know people can turn on you whether it's a flood you know, I mean, it, be prepared is the is is the the first thing he says. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, then he expounds on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he ends it with saying, like, in the end, the only thing that comes down to, between you and death is you. Yeah, his dad killed himself. Yeah, what does that do to you? This guy telling you you have to be prepared. The danger is always there. You never know when it's going to come you have to depend on yourself that's the only thing that will save you i'm gonna kill myself yeah i don't think he learned enough lessons from that i mean i think he learned plenty but not the right ones yeah yeah exactly i i, I think the dad is wrong you know well obviously he killed himself dude yeah well yeah. it's it's not act like it's a live viewpoint what do you mean no i know millions I, of voters believe it across america what do you mean the yeah, the be prepared. Yeah, like the only thing you can trust is yourself. The rest of the world's out to get you. Yeah, but I don't think they actually believe it. Like there aren't many preppers. You know what I mean? They believe that the world's out to get you, but There's they like more than there should be. They want to be taken, but but most voters want to be taken care of. Like all that talk about you know the bad Mexicans are coming and all that. They're just hoping that a Donald Trump will take care of them. You know what I mean? Like they just want the good daddy. 
I feel like the preppers are like Hugh's a little bit different. You know, it's like a, a little bit of a different strain. I am happy this movie got made before 2016. For sure. Yeah. You're just not allowed to have this kind of, I mean, respectful is not the word, but like we're not going out of our way to judge Keller in certain yeah, ways. Yeah, you'd have to make fun of him. Definitely. Yeah. You'd yeah. have to dehumanize him and make fun of him. Yes. And make the audience feel much better than him. Yes. Yeah, for sure. And I don't like that. And I'm yeah, glad that we were able to, I wish I could still live in the world of this movie. Yeah, it was good, man. Um, I was yeah, thinking, so, or no, go ahead. Well, just the, the thing I was saying about the opening scene, uh, like I, I think it's, you know, like why why is he shooting a deer, right? Um, and it, it feels to me a little bit like adaptation. The, you know, whenever uh, Nicolas Cage is like, we start with the dinosaurs. Yeah, yeah. Like that, that, you know, it's what our species started doing, right? Hunting animals. Sure. Um, and that it's it's kind of established that it's about nature, you know? Not not like, uh, you know, fucking um, state park nature, but like, what are the elemental facts of our existence? Uh-huh. And, you know, the, the basic kind of like, we're here to hunt sort of thing mm-hmm. um and yeah and I, just the it also you know, then you immediately get into the prepper stuff and why did they make keller a prepper like they they're not like light about it either you know it's not like they like offhand mention it once right it's weaved in a couple more times yeah and you know what 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 does being a prepper say about a person it goes to social trust it's whenever you're all the way at the scale of I have no social trust. Right. I assume that if a bad thing happens, that people's natures are such that they will turn on each other. Right. Um, and, you know, I this isn't really analysis of the movie, but, like, I uh, just do want to stop and say, it's not true, guys. You don't have to feel that the world is that way. But uh, then what about, like, those through. guys that killed all the people in Katrina? Yes, there's there's bad things. Like it's it's not all one way or the other. There there are you know like some people do turn on each other. Yeah, but like I I've found it. it I, I watched Contagion. You know, like right whenever the I mean I watched it in theaters, uh-huh. but I watched it again. Yeah, whenever the coronavirus began spreading. Okay, and have found it useful as like uh, this is someone's baseline expectation. Uh huh. And maybe I shouldn't let you know uh, Steven Soderbergh speak for the entire Man, that was human just race. Just predictive programming for the Great Reset, dude. I've said too much. Let's go. <laughs> but uh, there's so much that obviously gets right that it it's interesting to me that it stands out what it got wrong and the kind of like mass, you know, just like uh, bum rushing the supplies kind of stuff. I'm not saying 0% of it happened. I'm sure you could find a news story. Of, it's difficult to respond to this without challenging some popular narratives about COVID. It's not the case that people are bashing each other's skulls in with rocks left and right. Right. Well, right. I agree with that. And I would say that going around, it seemed like the average person was saying, you know, how can I help my fellow man? A little bit to like just the number of people that would wear masks, you know, like 
that's sure. the opposite of yeah, like bashing your skull into trying. I mean, some people definitely did it because they misguidedly thought that it was protecting them. But I think that most of us understood that it was more about like uh, you know the whole society is going to function better if I'm not breathing on other people. I'm so far afield from the popular narrative on this. It's, I'm just taking your word for it on the. I, I, I. That's not my experience, but. Yeah, it's like it's my own internal that's not my thought process of anything <laughs> like, yeah, but yeah, i think yeah. you're more normal than i am in this regard i'm not disagreeing with you but i i there there are it is occurring to me now that that you i i already know the ways in which you're seeing it that differently but it's okay <laughs> um I, I think that we can't agree on the basic fact that the skull bashing wasn't occurring left yeah, and right. Because COVID is fucking it's not fake, but come on. What would you bash someone's skull for? What are you gonna get? A shitty vaccine? Another mask? You know what I'm saying? It like, seems no like bashing to like I mean, if if you're not uh like I, I don't I, I I really don't want you to take the perspective that uh, in fact Keller's worldview is and that of all preppers is correct. So I don't want to. Like, I'm not a uh, prepper myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do have some. You know, supplies. the fact that you bought a gun doesn't mean that you were a prepper. Two guns. <laughs> okay, dude. <laughs> what's what's your fucking food supply? How many days could you go? Oh, I went nuts. Uh, have we not talked about this <laughs> dude because you know i only eat like three things yeah I do they ran that. out of black beans at the beginning of covid okay <laughs> that was like keller's dad killing himself for me like the next time i just now i'm not even playing uh <laughs> like, I'm, you I'm, ate your last black yes, bean this week <laughs> <laughs> all right maybe i take it back um but uh <laughs> You know, I, I don't know. It, it it seems like this is the so like if this isn't the event that they were saying was going to put stress on everyone such that we were all gonna turn on each other, then what the fuck is, dude? Like this is I gonna mean, this is the most like st we're all under stress that is going to happen in my lifetime, I think. Well, I hope, but like just imagine if it mutates to be fifty percent mortality, man. I mean, they're we're gonna start bashing. Seems unlikely. I mean, obviously, yes. I I hope. <laughs> like yeah but i'm I just saying like i look back at the whole thing and i i don't see that people are <laughs> fundamentally incapable of acting in concert like uh caring about each other's needs and trying to watch out you know i mean like i don't know i my reaction was not to uh you know f try to muscle my neighbor out of the way for whatever resources were out there my reaction was to like tip more you know like sure yeah 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 no, I know. And I think that I, I saw a lot of other people doing the same thing. Yeah. Because this was a very mild challenge. The worst challenge of living memory was a mild challenge? Yes. Okay, I guess. I mean, for sure. Well, then what's a challenging one? Go back beyond living memory and think about what it would be like if it happened now. With World War II, the Great Depression, World War I, the Spanish flu. That's just the same century or, you know, last century. All of those things, you know, would be worse. People did worse things. Like read about what it was like in any of the camps. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm not saying COVID puts you in a camp, but I'm saying human nature is mutable. Like it can get pretty nasty, man. They were like also, 
I think uh, seeing kids turn on each other at Excel, some of just like, like on the torture conversation too. Like there, I'm not saying anyone got Alex Jones tortured, but it's like kids got kind of tortured at Excel. Absolutely. And like, I think some of it was just the kids themselves, like Alex Jones in this movie, like when he's saying we keep hurting them or they die, he almost becomes an anxiety container for the anxiety that you can't do anything about whether or not they die. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I felt like kids at Excel sometimes became containers of not that specific anxiety, but, you know, people's problems. Um, I don't know how I got started on that. Anyway, I'm going to open my notebook. Um, do want to say, uh, just blown away by the way the movie's shot. Beautiful movie, dude. What a beautiful film. Like on a lot of different levels. Yeah. Like just a ton of highlights. Yeah. Um good. Lay them on me. Well, the I mean just from from the jump, like just that just the trees. Just looks fucking great. Uh it really one of the like small things where I'm just like they're just showing off here for no reason. Whatever they're looking for the kids. Like, it's whenever, uh, I presume that's Keller's wife calling him to say that they're letting him go. I think so, yeah, yeah, to let, yeah. Letting Alex Jones go. Yeah. That opens with probably a drone shot, although maybe it was a helicopter because this was 2012. Um, of just, like, going over the river. And oh, that's a great shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is. Uh, so that that's one that, like, stands out as, it's just, it's breathtaking. Yeah. But in addition to a number of ones like that that were breathtaking, uh, just the ones that were so creative of just whatever you think about, like what's the natural way, like you've got this action occurring. What's the textbook way of displaying this action? Okay. What's something a little bit different? Like you had to get down to like idea 50 before you get to some of these, like whenever um, Alex gets the piece of glass, uh-huh. And he's swiping at him, and they stop him. Right. Uh, the shot is that it's it's just tight on his hand being pressed up against the wall right. holding yeah, the glass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's a little bit of mirror left, right. yeah, yeah. so you can see all of Hugh Jackman. Yeah, like that is a great shot. Fucking insane, so unbelievable. Um, yeah. The amount of stuff that they do, like inside the RV, when you don't know who Alex Jones is, like, yeah, it, but yeah. it's just it's so foreboding, and it's. There are and the, like the rear view shots of like the darkness and the flashlights coming. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Those the first really time I good. saw this movie, there were times where I was like doubting whether or not Alex Jones had anything to do with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, then especially when that other guy shows up. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But it does, and so it, it's that, that's just the having the shots inside the RV is a perfect thing where you do, because of that, like, I mean, it's one thing, but like that's part of building a thing of like whenever Alex Jones shows up, you are like, well, ob- we've been led to believe it's him. But it's not definitive. It's not showing on camera him abducting the kids. Right. So it's, it's presenting him as dangerous while allowing for enough doubt that you do go through this journey in the movie where you're like, boy, is Hugh Jackman going a little over the line here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, even before you know how everything plays out. 
so yeah, and I mean, you know, and that's just shit with the camera, you know? It's just like choosing how you're going to show these things by placing a camera inside the RV. You're, you know, that perspective is important. They're going out of their way to show it for a reason. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. It's just... Uh, I didn't know who the guy, uh, the director, the director of photography was until that interview. Um, and I'd heard the oh, name yeah. before, but I had no idea how much shit this guy, Roger Deakins. Yeah. He's, he's, uh, fucking legend. everything. Yeah, it yeah, must just yeah. be incredibly different process. Like there's no way a director could be involved in this many great things. It must just be like a different job. You think so? Yeah. Like, I think that developing a movie to direct just must take longer. Either that or Roger Deakins is a hundred times more talented than every director's ever well, lived. I think he's also, like, old. He probably has his own staff. Yeah. Uh, so, like, and I, he's got a good setup. You know what I mean? So, he's probably pretty plug and play. But, yeah. yeah, I mean, obviously, looking at that IMDb, no director is making that many movies unless they're, like, a, making pornography. Yeah, Fargo, Big Lebowski, Hurricane, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, A Beautiful Mind, The Village. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah, no Country say, for Old not Men. Not all of these are that Doubt. great. No, no Country for Old Men's good. The Village, I almost watched that today. Hulu was throwing it at me. He came back for Sicario, Blade Runner 2049. Yeah, nice. It's it's a lot of it's a lot of good stuff. Definitely. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I thought Denis Villeneuve was in Prisoners, but he wasn't. The guy looks like him in the movie, though. I hmm. thought it was a you know a little director cameo. I thought he was the crime scene guy. Okay, because uh, they do look alike, but uh, Denis is thick uh, French accent or Quebecois, I guess. But yeah, I didn't realize that people from Quebec, when they speak English, sound like that. I figured they just sounded like Canadians. He sounds like a Frenchman. Yeah. Uh, there's a guy, there's a, a ticket listener who I think like married a lady. Who's from Quebec? Yeah. And like, I think he ended up living, I'm trying to remember how I know this, but they do have like militant rules about like they're, you know, the French themselves are in ways that we probably underrate, uh, very nervous about French existing. Like in continuing to sure, like they're aware that London is near Paris, and right that is likely to have a corrosive effect on their language. Sure, uh, but it's much amplified in Quebec. Like there's just flat requirements that right, yeah, yeah, like yeah. It's not a question of whether or not you want your kid to learn French and be spoken to in French most of the right, time. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they're taking that way the hell out of your hands. Yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't realize how far I went though. I just, I, to not have a, to have a weird accent and be from Canada. I mean, they all have weird accents, but you indeed, know, indeed. that kind. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, uh, I mean, I guess I people guess from New York and Boston accent. talk differently, but, yeah. um, Ugh. just to think about, you know, like the dis distance and they don't actually, like, I was really disappointed when I went to Boston, how few people speak like, uh. I hate goodwill it, hunting. Yeah, I know you do, but Ugh. you just need to let your resentment of Boston Mike go. <laughs> yeah, it is Boston Mike, dude. <laughs> oh my god. Um, but uh, you know, just the, the difference, the distance between uh, Toronto and Quebec 
for example, probably similar to the distance between like uh, Portland and Seattle. And what's the difference between the Portland and Seattle accents, do you think? Yeah, not much. I would say none. Yeah. yeah. There probably is one. Probably those douchebags have all kinds of little bits that they tell each other about. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, not one of, one of my uh, dear friends is from Seattle, and he resents lots about Portland. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, I resent them both. <laughs> Seattle's the best, man. I've never been. Yeah, I've, I've never been to Portland. Uh, you know, lots of people seem to like it. I like California. I do like California. Yeah. I mean, if I'm going to go out to the West Coast, you know, give me the real deal. Um, I mean, I'd, I'd say that Seattle and L.A. might be my two favorite places to visit in all of America. That's interesting. I don't know. L.A. is cool. I don't know if I'm going back for a visit anytime soon. Really? Like as a tourist? I'd love to. I don't know. But, you know, I'm trying to motivate myself to get back to work. So I'm, I have been like, I want to, I'm looking forward to traveling again, like for work. Yeah. But dude, California is so fucked up, man. I'm still not licensed. What the I hell? like how I'm upset that like I can't more quickly rectify my own failure to pay my fees. Yeah, yeah. I'm, like yeah. so unprofessional. Is there anyone there. that we could have uh like I don't see how. Uh but bro, they're like, yeah, you can pay it this way, you can pay it that way, you know, pay pay via online. I'm like looking in the email, like, all right, where the hell and there's nothing to click. And I finally email her back. I'm like, where's the portal? And she's like, oh, there is no portal. It's, there won't be a portal until December. I'm like, what hmm? the hell, dude? First of all, are you not getting emails like mine all day then? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, why aren't you saying this in your email? You know, like, it was just very weird. Like, that is she was just hoping I wouldn't notice. But the whole point of my email is like that I'm trying to pay this, you know? It's, well, anyway. you can have a portal in like a week yeah yeah exactly yeah because i could have done personal check but it's all checks go on a 30-day hold so i just gotta wait for the portal anyway then i'll be back in la soon enough um i think the movie's also about you know just you're you're getting at this uh how difficult it is not to know things yeah curse that we were all constantly cursed with true it sucks Eh, yeah i mean i i know the feeling i'm i do feel like i've kind of made my peace with it i do know the feeling though it does suck but not as much as it would suck to know everything i'd like to try i feel like i literally think this is happening i think all of existence is god constantly collapsing time by vacillating between knowing everything and being like i don't want to know any of that and it's all constantly happening at all, t- literally, like, not even at all times, like, beyond time. Because you have to create time to, to rectify one of those situations. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure which one. But I, I feel like when I visualize it, it's just, like, everything is slightly vibrating as it's moving back and forth between, like, everything slash nothingness and then, like, whatever this is. Hmm. It's pretty pretty interesting to think about. So what do you think about, uh, what, what role does religion play in Keller's life? I mean, that's, I don't know, man. I wonder if they go to church. I, I think, think they think do. So. You think so? I mean, it doesn't occur within the movie, but that's not what you're asking, right? <coughs> I don't know. I mean, 
Yeah. Oh, well, the other thing I was thinking is like, you can't open a movie in central Pennsylvania. How many people listen to Bible verses in the car that don't go to church? Okay. <laughs> I, how often do you actually listen to the Bible in the car? I mean, I don't listen to stuff in the car anymore. I used to actually like listen to Dallas Christian radio. I cut that before. off. Do you want to hear that? What? The, the passage when he's listening in the car. Sure. Just thought that'd be interesting. The former is a reason why we should be very patient. The latter, why we should be very penitent when we are afflicted. He reminds him that trouble and affliction are what we have all reason to expect in this world. Man is brought into trouble, not as man, but as sinful man, who was in transgression. Man born in sin and therefore born in trouble. So what do you make of that? A lot, man. A lot. Definitely. So what I've written down is, so he says, we have to be patient and penitent when afflicted. That's the first thing he says. Mm -hmm. He says the former is the reason why we should be patient and the latter is why we should be penitent or something like that. Yeah. But he doesn't say what he's talking about right i mean i think that probably it was what was referring back to what he said before keller got in the car right but we don't know right correct yeah so i'm wondering what's that you know yeah and then it's so i've really especially like i said like since i don't read the subtitles anymore i pay attention to where my eye goes on the screen okay because i feel like sometimes that they're answering it like in like they'll pose a question visually and then answer it with the audio track Okay. Or they'll answer a question with the audio track that they just pose visually, but you don't realize that they posed it until you hear the audio track. That's what I thought happened here. When you said like Keller Dover name, I, we never got into it. Like, I think, did you say that? Or was I just thinking that when you talked about Loki's name? Uh, you were just thinking it. Okay. Well, yeah, we never got into it, but I was like, Keller Dover. Interesting. What does that name mean? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like Keller, killer. Seems pretty obvious. He opens the movie killing something or the teaching his son to. Uh, he doesn't kill anyone, but, you know, he's he's acting like one. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I was like, Dover, I actually meant to look up, like, does that mean something? Uh, like, is there a root? You know, I want to say it has something to do with making barrels or something, but I really don't know. But I was just like, I don't know. It's like, to me, it seems like, dove like going down like diving you know and that is what he does in the end of the movie like he goes from being like a keller to like going plunging into the darkness you know what i mean and so i was then like we should be patient and penitent but i was i don't know it like doesn't line up exactly like where i'm going with this but i feel like there's something where it's like we have to be patient with ourselves but we also have to be penitent like you can't just forgive yourself and be like i had my reasons you also have to be like i hurt people because i was wrong and i sinned i think and like i really do think sin is like being separated from god or at least the feeling of being separated from god uh being cut off from god that's why it's like self-punishing like hell is the state of just being by yourself like i don't think hell is other people it's hell is like being completely alone. 
uh, like feeling like that, that there isn't a God and that, you know, it's just lifeless matter except for your nightmarish consciousness that is here for whatever reason. Like that to me is much scarier than many things. But anyway, uh, I feel like that's kind of like our dilemma. Like we're born into sin. I'm not like Catholic like that where I think we're born like depraved, like bad, like evil. But we are born to do evil by other communities definitions of evil i think that's like what the deer kind of gets at like not in modern day where you're saying bullshit about like the baby populations get too large or whatever but they will go on about that no i know i know uh but like it is in our genome to kill so that we can feed like our babies you know what i mean uh like we do commit harm to ourselves to each other uh and it's om- the, the to me the truly troubling part is how little you realize you're doing it while you're doing it like there there's true sins where you're like fuck it i know it's wrong and i'm gonna do it and like those to me rarely happen and i've made a ton of mistakes but like true mistakes like that it's it's harder to make them than the ones that kind of like creep up on you and that's to me like where penitence really becomes like very very important and on some level, you just have to throw yourself into the darkness because you're recognizing that when you thought you were in the light and doing what's right, what you were actually doing was kind of like casting darkness wherever you went on other people. And I do think, I don't think Keller is like doing the right thing at all, at ever in this movie until basically he find, he prays to God in the end in the hole. Uh, yeah. but I don't think any of us have any capability of being any more like morally better than that anyway. Uh, you know, and I, I think that's kind of what grace is. And that's like the other half of that equation that the preacher was talking about, like, uh, where he says like trouble and affliction is all the reason we have to expect is like all reason we have to expect. Um, I was actually like reading earlier this week, uh you know like that expression hope hope against hope mm-hmm. i was like what does that mean man that's like a weird expression uh and i was kind of like thinking like is there like and i think this was like my own issues like an embedded resentment in hope in the act of hope itself like that you kind of hate that you're hoping because it means that you don't have a reason to actually expect what you're hoping for sure like i'm i fucking hate like and i know you never saw shawshank redemption i've seen it a million but, times Really? Oh, you never saw it at Excel? Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, the part about like uh, hope is like the dangerous thing and all that. Yeah. You know, like I felt like maybe that, that, that's what that phrase was kind of getting at. But it's not at all. It's a, it's a Bible verse. And um, basically, like I read a bunch, I looked up a bunch of the translations and what it's actually saying is uh, it's when you're in the state of hoping even though your human rational faculties have discerned no possible reason that what you're hoping for could ever come to pass. Like that's, it's more hoping beyond human reason to hope is like, would be a more uh, accurate translation of that phrase. Okay. Um, And that's like a kind of like what Kierkegaard said, where faith, like where you step into faith is where you're like, you're beyond your reason There's no, you cannot rationalize the choice that you're making, but in your heart, 
you're hoping that the good thing happens anyway. And then somehow you know that it will. And like that becomes faith. And it's like, it's almost like at that point, you're so divorced from rational discussion. You can't really have a conversation that way. You know what I mean? And uh, I feel like at the very end, when Keller is like, even to the very end, he's like, I'm not going in the hole unless you shoot me. Like to the end, he is arguing with the universe. You know what I mean? And just being like, you got to force me. I'm, you have to put me in pain. It's like what he's saying about Alex Jones throughout the movie is always true about him, first and foremost. What do you mean? Like, well, throughout, there are like specific examples, but like when he's like, um, why won't he talk? We've got to get him to talk. We got to, you know, we keep hurting him until he talks. I think that's kind of what he's talking to. He's talking to God himself, his father and the universe of just like, what is wrong with me? What is wrong with the world? I'm 45. I haven't figured it out. I'm barely holding on. Now my daughter's gone. Somebody's got to talk to me and I'm just, I'm exuding pain, you know, wherever I go until someone does. I, I felt, you know, I feel like he was, and most of all talking about the father in his head who, who abandoned him. Like what's the rest of the explanation of be prepared? Why did you kill yourself? You know, did you notice? I never noticed this before. I think again, turning subtitles off helped in the apartment building. I'm pretty sure there's like a blood stain. Like they just, he just boarded up the building after his dad killed himself. There's like a very light pink blood stain. No, I had like, not. And I'm pre I, I think that's what they're getting at. I'm not sure Keller's family knows that his dad killed himself. Yeah. Cause that, that goes to one of the things like, uh, you know, early on they're like, why don't you fix up the building? And mm -hmm. he's like, it would cost too much to repair it, which like, like he's not working. He's Obviously, not. that's not the answer. Yeah. Like if if it were pro like they're talking about money stuff, and I would assume that having like if you own the land and like you know the fucking foundation, like you can get a loan from the bank to repair the thing, and then For sure, you will be getting point. more. Like the, getting this to a point where it is an asset as opposed to you know what it currently is, uh, easy enough. Like it's it's just so flatly not the actual answer whenever he's like, ah, eh, you know, it'd take a while to repair. Like you're in fucking home remodeling, dude. Exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I, that was what, then, you know, he just doesn't want to say like, I'm still dealing with all the dad stuff. Exactly. I haven't fucking cleaned up the blood stain, you know, yeah. like he hadn't done any work until it was yeah. time to construct the torture chamber. Yeah, yeah. That was the thing that got him, you know, moving. Also Loki was like, your basement's a lot more organized than this. Yeah. You know, like when yeah. he went in there. And I think it's like, it's true. He's like, he can't live in that part of his life. So it all floods into the, the prepping. Yeah. You know, it's like a polarization where there should be balance. I think, uh, so that song that Alex is listening to when he's riding around, uh, you know what I'm talking about? The no. like, Jesus song? Al Alex Jones, when he's in the RV, in the, in the very beginning. There's like a old timey like righteous okay. gemstones yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. like type of song playing, and uh, so it's like you know Keller's like talking about like the water you know there could be a flood and all that stuff like mm -hmm. I think like water as a disaster. <laughs> yeah, he says both flood and hurricane. Those mm -hmm. are his first two examples of things that could go bad. Yeah, so, which I was confused by because how are you getting the flood without the hurricane? 
Well, they're interior, I guess. You could have a flood. I guess it's not a hurricane. I mean, I've been in a flood that what didn't have a hurricane, but I'm just saying. Yeah, I've been in a flood in San Antonio. If you're saying like, what's the two big things? Like he's he's going through like here are the bad things that can happen in our lives: flood, hurricane. It's like all right, dude. I kind of yeah. feel like you expand the list a little bit. True, but water as a disaster and weaponized water in the movie, you know, works pretty well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's the first line of the song, at least that they play, is put your hand in the hand of the man who stilled the water, put your hand in the hand of the man who calmed the sea uh, in the RV. And then it says, take a look at yourself and you can see others differently. Put your hand in the hand of the man from Galilee. And then it goes on. I mean, I think later this comes up like with that book. Every time I look in the book, I want to tremble, you know, the invisible man. Mm-hmm. So it's like, look within yourself so that you can see other people are just like you. You will treat people differently. You'll see uh, yourself differently and others because you have to see like the God, the Christ, you know, that's in all of us. But it's a scary thing. Like to, it's, it's not just a platitude in a, a, a Christian gospel song. It's like when you look in that book, when you look at the invisible man, it's, it should be terrifying. If it isn't, then you're just kind of confirming, you know, your, your priors. Uh, but then later, <clears throat> this is why I brought it up when you were talking about Keller. Um, when they cut back to Alex, uh, he's like, you know, with, with the kids are playing on the RV and they play another little snippet of the song. And it's, uh, it's like they're, they're walking away and the kid is like, I don't feel like getting yelled at. And then it cuts like in the audio mix to the song saying, it causes me shame to know we're not the people we should be. And I feel like that's kind of like Keller's whole thing too. Is like, you know, like we were talking about, like when a kid gets victimized, they internalize it. You know, when a parent kills themselves, even if they spout all kinds of self-reliant bullshit, you're kind of going to take some of it in. You know what I mean? It's the same way Keller's son is, is dealing with him uh, throughout the movie. So I, I, I feel like that shame like Keller's got a lot of shame that he's not all right, you know? And like the first thing he says to his daughter is you're getting heavy. And I think uh, in many ways, this is a movie about the burdens of fatherhood and the burdens of like having a father, you know? Uh, because he's, he's struggling. He's doing better than his father did. Uh, but, you know, he's, he's barely holding on and then he isn't. I don't know. I think it's like the, the religion has been there to kind of keep it together, but he hasn't truly put his hand in the hand of the man from Galilee, even with the Our Father. The Our Father prayer is like, I love it. I say it all the time, obviously, like Excel beat it into us. But it's very ornate. It's a lot of words. There's a lot to meditate on. <clears throat> and you can make it cool. Like you can make it about your ego you can just kind of think about the words. You can make it about God imbuing you with power. You can make it about God forgiving you and be like, yeah, I forgive people. So that means I'm forgiven. You know what I mean? Like the human heart is deceitful above all things. Like it can do even with the words of Jesus. But, and you know, I know you know this, but for the listener, the Jesus prayer at Excel that we had to do as punishments, like Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on TC. We would have to write it a thousand times or whatever, you know? That's basically where Keller ends up in the hole. There's no ornate our father or anything like that or lessons or anything yeah. about him. It's almighty God protect my girl. Yeah. And 
to me, like earlier when you're like, it sucks, you don't know everything, you can't fully protect your loved ones, you know, that, that's, that is the moment. I'll stand by that. It does suck. You can't protect your loved ones. No, I agree. And you know, that's where you have to just say, you know, almighty God, please do it. Cause I can't. And it turns out even when I thought I was, it was you. I, I really do believe that. Yeah, and no, obviously, yeah, I mean, it doesn't take a genius to <laughs> decode this particular moment, but whenever he's uh, saying the Our Father, you know, kneeling outside of the shower dungeon thing yeah, and catches on the we forgive those, as, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. We forgive yeah. those trespass against us. Um, yeah, I, I think, like, in kind of thinking about what uh, – Keller's views on religion are what what he's getting out of it prior to the point where we find him in this movie. I I bet that he was just big on you know certainly like Old Testament stuff stuff about like uh, just keeping the house like the, the the sort of things of like you know order is important yeah kind of stuff yeah. like seems like he's someone who probably leaned on that pretty heavily in. Yeah, you I know think his, that's right. his conception of the world, which is why I would say that he probably—I I bet he went to church every week. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I do think so. Did you also? Did you notice like uh, the first thing he he says when they get to Terrence Howard's house to his daughter is like, "Wait till you're invited inside." He tells her twice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I remember the part. Yeah, I feel like there's something there with him in religion too, like being—he doesn't feel invited into the beloved community. Like he, he feels on the outside and no one's ever asked him in, you know, but like you kind of got to ask yourself in like his daughter does, you know, um, I don't know. That's all. Yeah. Oh, and have I mean, you that's, seen the deer hunter? That's, you know, like a shame, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, no, no, I haven't. I feel like this movie, you can't have a movie in central Pennsylvania that opens with people killing a deer like in this kind of community without like there i've never finished the movie the deer hunter because it's so fucking long yeah but there's i think there's some echoes here they're like they're catholic and they're like they're like i think polish is it clear that keller's catholic you know i think the deer hunter influence is so strong that i kind of just assumed i mean i think it's a safe enough assumption to make a lot of catholic people in pennsylvania for sure uh I don't think that there's like a strong they, tipping of the hand one yeah. way or the other. I think, I mean, with the confessional imagery of Alex's like shower chamber, yeah. plus the deer hunter, yeah. plus I know our father is, you know, Jesus's words, not the Pope's, but mm-hmm. I do associate it with Catholicism. We say it every time. Yeah. Yeah. I but, know, you know, you I think you're that. right. Um, I was, I'm interested in why Pennsylvania, like it's not filmed in Pennsylvania. Right, but it looks like it. It is pretty amazing, right? It looks just like it. Yeah. I was blown away when I found out it wasn't filmed in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Uh, and I just, I like, would it have been, what What changes if they just say that it's in Georgia? It was filmed in Georgia. I don't, I don't know, man. I mean, wait, wait. You mean like the movie would be the same? No, I don't think that it. I don't that's it not would. the point I'm trying to make. I'm well, not trying to make a point. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering out loud. I'm asking the question to ask the question. Yeah, I don't know. I've never been to Georgia like that. I think I've only been to a. I haven't either. Obdri- like I've driven through it on the way to South Carolina, but I don't think I've even done that. 
I do think like Central PA. Uh, I might go next month to Georgia. Yeah, I want to go to Notre Dame's bowl game. Okay. It's going to be in Atlanta or Phoenix, most likely. I'm assuming you're telling the listener that because I know. <laughs> uh i do think like in so in the newspaper shots there were like a you know uh, there was a lot going on anytime a newspaper was pulled up yes uh in the backdrop was often about economic anxiety uh and i i think it's another one of those like the big themes were very subtle like you know the way that the abu Ghraib ones were at times or maybe they weren't but i just was dumb uh, and I think Central PA, get, you know, it has that more than Georgia does. Yeah. Um, where there's like a, you know, there's a line where Terrence Howard's like, we're marching right out of 1979. Yes. And uh, I think that, you know, obviously that gets to like in many ways these characters are. I tried to do the math. I couldn't quite figure it out. But it's like, that's around when Hugh Jackman's dad killed himself, I think. Uh, like if you do the math in the movie, I think. Oh, you think so? I, I'm not positive. Like you, like I tried to do it when he pulled up the article, but it's undated. Uh, but I just, just I, I guess I don't have any basis for this. I assume that it happened somewhat recently. Like the way they talk about the no, apartment says, building it, is it, like this is a recent problem. It says in the article uh, he was found by his teenage son. Oh shit! Yeah. Oh shit! Okay. Yeah. You know, now that you say that, I remember that from the first time I watched the movie. I saw this in theaters. Did you yeah, me too. Yeah, Dude, I, I was thinking about it, about your uh, preferred way of not knowing about a thing. Yeah. Because th this was like the last era for me of not knowing about movies, like before I saw them. I had seen the trailer. I don't think I had even seen that. I had, uh, I, when I. This my, is a period in my life where if a movie was coming out, I had probably seen the trailer because I was going to so many movies and watching all the trailers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to movies quite a bit. That's what I was saying. When I would get in a fight with my wife, I would uh, storm out of the apartment and go to a movie by myself a lot. <laughs> good good uh, use of time. Yeah, yeah, definitely. She would get mad too because a lot of times I would see things that she would have wanted to see. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, but I, that, that's, what, that's when I saw Prisoners. Like okay. I was in a fight and just I would go up to North Park. Uh, and I, I remember just wa watching it. I had no idea... I'm pretty I sure I, knew, I saw it at North Park as well. Like I knew it was like, you know, a thriller that came out, Hugh Jackman's in it or whatever, but it was definitely like what's playing right now, this looks the best of what's playing, but I don't, I didn't come here for this, you know? Yeah. And I was like, it was so fucking good. Isn't it great to like, just what a, just, it, it changes everything about like the experience of watching a movie where you've never seen a trailer and don't know any buzz and like, yeah. I'm trying it, to get back there. Yeah, it's yeah, it's an amazing experience. Like yeah, everything, you're like, what does this mean? Like, you yeah, just, yeah, yeah. The confusion. What the hell? Kind of, uh, you know, like we said, the movie's about uncertainty. Yeah. Um, and there's uncertainty is a powerful force. Definitely. Constantly shaping all of our lives. Definitely. I think that's why I would go to the movies when I was in a fight. You know, to get a story with a beginning, middle, and end told to me while I was in my own uncertain period. It's also just nice that you walk in and social expectations at least are that you're not going to leave for another couple hours. Like, you know, I, I find that any situation like that, just putting some time. Is... Oh, she didn't know what I was doing when I would do this. Well, yeah, no, no, leave. no, I know that. But, I, I, but the social expectations, I just mean like um, 
you would feel comfortable. Like most of the time you go to a movie, you watch the whole movie and you don't leave until it's done. I had a friend who did not do that though. (laughs) Really? He's a psycho dude. He's a Bitcoin millionaire now though. Yeah. I think that's the, the mindset. He would sit in the movie at 10 minutes. He'd be like, do I care? And if the answer is no, he would go ask for a refund and leave. Like how psycho is that dude? I couldn't imagine doing it. <laughs> yeah, dude. But God bless him, You'd I guess. Be like, I mean, if, if the electricity went out and I didn't get to finish this, would I like come back or care at all? No, I'm out of here. I mean, I think <laughs> for me, most of the time, the answer would be yes, though. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm more into stories than he was, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He actually, I saw V for Vendetta with him. He ruined it for the whole theater because, like, uh, you know, at the, you know, whatever happens I've at the end. I've never seen it. Oh, really? Yeah. Do you care if I spoil it? I mean, I guess it's been a while. I've had plenty of opportunities. Go ahead. Well, you know Natalie Portman's in it. Only because of uh, the Between Two Ferns. Okay. I'm not familiar with that. But, I mean, I know the show. He makes a crude joke about her vagina. Oh, Jesus Christ, dude. Come on, man. Come on, man. How does she deal with it? I can't. That doesn't make it okay, though. Dude, you want to talk about weird stuff when you're a kid. I mean, I've thought about Natalie Portman a lot, you know, in many ways. Uh, uh-huh. Go but on. like, uh, dude, that movie, The Professional, uh-huh. have you seen it? No, it's just constantly talked about. It's fucking I, weird, dude. My, my good friend Josh, uh, has often, uh, it comes up a lot somehow that, uh, he thinks Natalie Portman is the perfect woman. Okay. And, uh, so the, just the standard <laughs> joke is like, oh, like her and the professional. Yeah, I was going to say, you like, fucking sick. And then ho. where does the professional come in? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, we just uh, accuse him of being a pedophile. It's clearly not what he means. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, got it, got it. Okay, yeah. yeah. But like, I mean, when I was like, well, was she okay with it? So that's the only way I know what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man. Anyway, she like kisses the mask, I want to say, like the V for Vendetta mask. She does some tender act to the mask, uh-huh. uh, which could be a, you know, a moving part of the movie if you were into it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, my <laughs> friend is not. Uh, so he just like bursted out, you know, laughing. And it really like other people started laughing in the theater. They're really like, I wasn't fully into it, but I do remember being like, you for sure ruined this movie for yeah, like yeah. a good amount of people here. Yeah. Uh, but you know, it's, it's not the best movie ever made. It's all right. I like, I think Natalie Portman's talented, but I do wonder like. Just judging by the people who are enthusiastic about it. I yeah. had questions about it. Dude, I was blunt. No, man, I'm going to admit it. I didn't like join up or anything. I wasn't. I'm not a 4chaner. I'm not I'm not really online like that. I read the web, but I don't participate in it as mm-hmm. much. But uh when I was living in Austin, dude, <laughs> I'm embarrassed by how sick I thought Anonymous was when they first started popping yeah. up, dude. Sure, like, yeah, uh, yeah. cuz you know there's that Scientology building on the on the drag on Guadalupe in Austin. I guess. There's like they own prime real estate on the drag. Okay. Uh, and it's like, I think it's shut down now, but they still own it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like a corner lot, like it, Barnes and Noble or something would be there. Like, okay. uh, and it was just a hundred bros V for vendetta out, you know, just like holding up signs. And I was like, what the fuck is this, man? This is nuts. 
And they were like, we are anonymous, you know? And I, like they had signs like, and, you know? And I asked my roommate and he's like, they're anonymous, dude. They're on 4chan. And he showed me, they had like this cool video where they're like, we are legion. We are anonymous. Yeah, yeah. And I remember being like, fuck, yeah. Like I was like, I didn't really know what they wanted or I mean, anything. they just got some design things right, you know? But, yeah, I was like, this is all very cool. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, no, their first couple stuff. Was I good. don't really know what they did, though, like what they were about. They didn't like Scientology, though. I yeah. know that. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I forgot what we were talking. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The movie Prisoners. Prisoners was so good, I went home and I told my wife, you know, I was like, I know we're in a fight, but you got to see this movie. <laughs> like, It's really good. <laughs> We have to make up uh, so that I can take you to it. I want to see it again. And I did. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think that Megan and I just went and saw it together. <laughs> yeah. That's nice too. Just having, having just a normal, good time. Having a normal one. Yeah. Um, I have some probably ill-advised, underformed thoughts about racial relations that are somewhat expressed in this movie. Okay. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I don't even want to, like, I just... I don't feel like if there's a good point here, I haven't yet formulated it. So I don't know why I'm choosing to make bad points, but, um, this gets more and more exciting. <laughs> like, I think that some people's idea and see like, even this, I'm not sure is like a true premise, okay. but, uh, you know, I've started so might as well just keep going. Um, like, I think that some people's idea of a post-racial society or like good diversity is, hinging around things like you know fucking diversity trainings and like pepsi hiring more minority executives and like things like that i want to say i'm one of those people but go on jeez you've never seemed more like you're trying to get a job well, what are you talking um, about dude <laughs> uh but so i i think that like yeah i mean all that stuff's fine i don't oppose it um but uh <laughs> I most people aren't Pepsi executives. True. Very small percentage, actually. True. Uh, I agree. I'm not kidding, dude. I, this isn't job th- search for me. I think that real representation diversity, does matter, dude. And the elites are where we see representation. Yeah, but just like, that, like what what actually like a, a, a truly like racially harmonious society is not one with a proper amount of Pepsi executives. It's one with, you know, where a sea to shining sea, uh, we have uh, beautiful things like, uh, you know, the, the friendship between uh, Hugh Jackman and Terrence Howard. Yeah, but that doesn't happen until you have diverse Pepsi executives. Because you've yeah, got to have rich people. So. Well, you need people with resources from the class of people who are being denied resources. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I like... I like, guess at some point there's got to be. It's efforts. not like Keller's like just fucking doing so well. His kid's asking for a car and he's like, no, no way I can yeah, afford yeah, a yeah. used car. Yeah, I forgot we were talking about prisoners. Yeah. But yeah. I'm just made in general. I I'm, didn't mean actually <laughs> Hugh Jackman. Oh, no, 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 no. I know that. I just meant like, in, I forgot you were bringing it to a point about the movie. Uh, it seems to me like they just, you know, uh, went to the same high school and are good friends and you know, have like a similar middle class thing going on. And I don't think they're like boys. Yeah. I think they're I, like neighbor they definitely friends. definitely are. I got the sense that they're like neighbor friends. How does he not know that he likes Springsteen? Um, that's a great point. 
But and it's, also, are it's they who they chose to go to Thanksgiving with. Right, right, That's a pretty right. big signifier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And whenever he's saying the, like, they're marching in the same uniforms that we did, it seems to me that they've they, been... They went to high school together. Yeah, so if you're telling me I have someone that I've known for 20 or 30 years and we're going to Thanksgiving at their house and it's, like, just our two families, I'm assuming that's your best friend in the world. I get and you. And I could I, be I wrong. He, yeah, I hear what you're saying, but I didn't get that sense. I mean... I get that. I think that they're friends. I mean, their their kids are all like, like they're not going to go to Kelly's. Like dad's the way house. that uh, the way that the son is talking to uh, Terrence Howard's daughter, like seems yeah, yeah, like they're yeah. really good friends. But I kind of took that as like because where I when I grew up, like there were a lot of families on our block, mm-hmm. uh, and we were close with them. Weird flex, but okay. It is a weird. It is a flex, actually. It was like a really nice way to grow up. Uh-huh. And it's like I feel bad. Uh, for people who didn't have it, I had like. I think every, everyone had uh, several people living on their block. No, like in my neighborhood, the kids don't have this. Like now, like every night, you could just go outside and there would be like ten to twenty children, like ready to play manhunt. Like you yeah, know, or like, like every like in the summer, we would play soccer every night in the we park. We didn't have ten to twenty. We, had, we yeah, had it was fucking number. sick. It was cool because our the neighborhood had just been built, so it was like a bunch of families moved in at the same yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, right now, it's not like that either. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it was sick. Uh, but like I'm saying, my like, parents deal, same deal. Like we always went to like my grandparents' house and stuff for Thanksgiving. But like if we didn't have grandparents or, you know, whatever, I could see like, oh, we're all, you know, the kids are around the same age. We're neighbors. We we went to the same high school. We reconnected, you know, because Viola Davis for sure had to have gone to college uh, to be a veterinarian, like for a while, you know what I mean? Like they weren't, maybe she's not even from the town. They didn't make that clear, mm-hmm. but I just didn't get the sense that they were like bestie besties, more like parent friends. Yeah. I mean, I did, but, uh, you know, I, I, I don't disagree with prove you. It out. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. don't like feel that I must. Prevail. I think that we've established it's ambiguous and either of us could be right. Would you agree with that? Uh, the, it was the sprint, not knowing that he likes Springsteen. I was like, how are you going to not know that yeah. he dressed like Springsteen? And if it, and then I was like, well, maybe cause he says I'm not white. So maybe he doesn't know about Springsteen, but then he c- goes on to reveal that he does know about Springsteen. Like he calls him the boss. I think he like refers to a song name or something. Uh, so, I have the clip. Oh, okay. I, I don't think I don't <laughs> think it's worth playing. Well then, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> um, no, but I, I I did. It's just a it's a really important two minute stretch of the movie. It establishes the whistle. Um, yeah, yeah, okay. Establishes the jingle bells, and then the latter half of it. The thing that I thought was most important was it's kind of the only time the wife is talking before the kids get taken and i thought it was a really good use of one minute of the movie to show that she is like a sharp contributing member of society because everything after the kids get taken it's just laying in bed that's crying and that's literally pills. that's exactly what denise said in the feature ad on the blu-ray oh yeah yeah literally like f- almost verbatim he was like uh in casting Maria Bello, I needed someone who would just be so beautiful. Like it's so funny because he's like French accented, so you know he's like so beautiful and vivacious, and, yeah. You know, and then immediately it goes away, and you know, like and it it is right. Like it's a uh, what are those things? Light switches. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> what are those things? <laughs> um, yeah, because I mean, without that, you know, I I don't know, like. 
it's it's just useful to see how much of a transformation there is, right? Yeah, like, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's great. I don't, I don't really know much about that actress. I don't either. She's good. Um, Dude, the son he is in a band, and they're good. Oh, yeah? It was upsetting to me <laughs> to, to find that out. You should yeah. be excited for other people's success. Dude. I know I should be, but there are parts of me that I that don't comport with the story of who I want to be. You know? Sure, sure, sure. And, uh, like, yeah, like they're like indie pop, I would say. Really nice. I jammed it for like three hours. Like okay. I just kind of let the yeah. Apple Music play, you know, the top songs. It's like, well done. Sounds good. Like I probably not going to go to a concert or anything, but. He's like Jared Leto. Much better. But yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't care for Russell Crowe. to Mars, dude. I would say, who are some other good actor bands? Billy Bob Thornton. Yeah. No, no, there's a couple ones that are good, though. You're not being nice, dude. There's a couple good ones, dude. <laughs> I'm not being nice. Uh, You're not a big 30-odd foot of grunt guy? Riz Ahmed can rap. Uh, Did you know that? I I doubt it. It sounds like what you, it's like British sounding. I hate it already. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of it, but he can. Zoe Deschanel, beautiful voice. Yeah. Beautiful. I've seen she and him live. Uh, that's not a decision I'd make. I it was a good show, but it was in Grand Prairie, and you went to Grand Prairie. Were they opening for someone? Or you no, just drove I love to Grand I love she and him, dude. She and him. I'm not playing, dude. Okay. I used to go to concerts all the time, dude. I know, I know. Uh, but she was kind of like one of those people from California that like makes it a point that they don't come to Texas and that they're from California. Hate it. Like in her like two seconds of banter. Yeah, I was like, okay, yeah. It was a good show, though. But that went over great in Texas. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, who do you think he's talking to? Um, yeah, so uh, just another small example of what I was talking about. Uh, the the captain, whenever he's talking to Loki, the find his daughter and he'll forgive you. If you don't, he's going to hate you anyways. Yeah, man. Um, that's like it, It's the kind of thing that sounds like a snappy good line, but like you're failing to imagine the universe of possibilities, which is then later proved by what happens. Like he's not considering that maybe you're going to piss off this guy to the point where he takes matters into his own hands and abducts a guy. Yeah, uh, and I was even wondering. And it just, it, you know, it's easy for him to make this decision that he wants to make, anyways, if he's reducing it down to a small universe of possibilities. Yeah, yeah. If he's approaching it from a more like full body, then he might think about it differently. I just think that you should always consider that there might be more points of action than uh, what you're thinking about. Especially if it's a binary. Yeah, I just nothing's a binary, guys. Yeah, well, this is, we're a non binary podcast, I would say. That's right. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Yeah. Uh, I was wondering if like, uh, even Hugh Jackman, a part of him was like, when he was like, keep him in custody, it was more like, please, yeah. <laughs> like I'm going to torture I don't know him. what I'll do <laughs> like, if, you, if you don't. So please do it. Please, yeah, yeah, please. Yeah, definitely. And I think Loki too, like, cause I, I, when the boss said that, I also was like, that's, that's not really the issue here. Like, uh, yeah, I, the boss was an interesting character. A really I interesting character. Just a fucking beta-ass police captain. Yeah. Although, he kind of, he had a, a decent head on, you know, I mean, I I would like to see, like, a movie about him dealing with, like, Loki. Yeah. When Loki was, like, a beat cop starting out. 
you know? Like, how did Loki become a detective? That would be a cool... There, Like, maybe I'm just like... It reminds me of Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Like, they do better in the books. But, like, they explain how she got her job of, like, being a researcher. And it's because, like, the boss was like, this kid is a psycho. But I think they have some promise. So I feel like I kind of filled some of that in. Like, the boss is an idiot. And, like... uh but he's smart enough to know that Loki is smarter than him. He's a crafty idiot. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Like the way when Loki fucks up, he's like, at least I know you're not going to state police now. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, yeah. Like, That's a great yeah, point yeah, yeah, yeah. in the movie. Yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just, I don't know, dude. I just, how many police captains are that, that truck with being talked to that way? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, no, he's an interesting character. Yeah. There's no Conyers, PA. I looked it up. There's no Conyers. Yeah. There's a Conyers, Georgia. There is a Conyers, Georgia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You think that's why they named it? I feel like we've gone down the same yeah. rabbit hole, but I didn't uh, get an answer. Because I was interested in what, like, I was, I felt like they were trying to depict exurbs. Interesting. Uh, and so I was interested in, is there a Conyers, Pennsylvania, and is it an exurb? And uh, there's not a Conyers, Pennsylvania, but the Conyers, Georgia is an exurb of Atlanta. Interesting. You see, to me, I'm like, I, I haven't been there. I haven't lived there in like 20 years. Mm-hmm. But my impression is like PA is just now getting exurbs. My impression is that PA is only exurbs. No, man. It's it's mostly rural. Like it's like, because uh, like, uh, you know, that's what they say. You know, Pennsylvania. Like you got you got Pittsburgh. I mean, there's parts of it. No, that, yeah. like that's the expression is like yeah, there's, yeah. there's Pittsburgh and Philadelphia, and between them is Kentucky. Uh, and that's pretty consistent with my experience. But I, I they are like filling in with exurbs now. Maybe we just have different definitions. If you're defining most of Georgia as exurbs too, I don't know much about Georgia. Well, no, most of Georgia. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I think of like Frisco, I don't get over my skis. Frisco, Texas is an Frisco, exurb. Frisco, I feel like is. is ceasing to become one as we it's becoming here. something different I, yeah. I agree with you but like classically frisco 10 years ago yeah 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 yeah, yeah. uh i feel like PA, like there just wasn't enough population in the middle just of stuff PA. where like half of the people there like are the people who were there before and like they were there to live in a rural community yeah yeah then yeah like a bunch of other people came in yeah i think that's happening like now like right now yeah uh, well, i mean it's probably like it's always happened, you know, like there's t- things that would now be considered central Philadelphia. That was true of 200 years ago. Yeah, know? I guess that's true. Yeah. That shit is wild to when you look back at those old photographs or like Dallas too. I mean, you know, there's like the, I've always fascinated by the time when lower Manhattan was a city, but like the rest of it was like fucking cow pasture. Yeah. That shit's wild. Cause like lower Manhattan was like pretty like it, you know, it was the biggest place going at the time. Yeah. No, dude, I'm a fucking, I'm a dumb idiot. But you like, could go still on the island and find. Yeah. Not like weird cow pet, like, not like, uh, this is strange that like, because yeah, there's there's parts of Dallas that were cow pasture until like very recently. I My neighbors have horses. Not like next door. Like on Lakeland. Not uh, across the alley. No, not across the alley, but like I could walk to them. That's wild. I, I'm not sure which property you're talking about. 
It's like, you know where the FOE is? Yeah. It's like next to that. Okay. Because all of Casa Linda is zoned, like, uh, it's like you're talking about. It used to be, I'm pretty sure it was like army barracks for black soldiers. Like a lot of the, that area by the lake. That's wild. Um, and like the zoning is still, I don't know. I feel bad for the horses though. Like there's signs up like, please don't honk at us and stuff. Uh, but like if, for the neighborhood kids, they. Yeah, it seems like you would probably not want to have horses there. Yeah. But they do seem to like it. Like the kids go up and feed them carrots and shit, pet them and all that. Yeah, that the Caruth farm. Wow. That was in the eighties. That's why. That's in the eighties. Yeah, that is wild. The on the Dallas his, Dallas Scott <laughs> History Instagram account, uh, they have a picture of the Caruth Farm, which is you know like Caruth Haven in seventy five <coughs> now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, used to be Dude, fields, but um, watching the end of uh, what's up, Gangs in New York, mm-hmm. like when they do the, like the the different skylines and the I towers coming. Uh, it's basically exactly what you're saying. It's just like a succession of like shots dissolving into each other of what the Manhattan skyline looks like over, you know, since 1860 or whatever, Mm -hmm. basically making the point you're making. Mm -hmm. Uh, But every time I see it, I am just like, whoa, dude, (laughs) fair enough. (laughs) Like, whoa. Yeah. I love looking at pictures of old fucking crazy. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Um, Anyway, prisoners, dude. Oh, you! I, I, I think I got plenty of things left to say about prisoners. Oh yeah, I, I got tons, man. Well, then say them, dude. I'm not. Uh, well, so I took notes really well this time, but like, there a lot of them are in order. So, but we're kind of jumping around. Uh, so I'm just trying to. The Bob Taylor casting is so good. Is that the weird guy? Yeah. Yeah, man. Anytime you see that motherfucker, keep an eye on him. <laughs> you <laughs> no know doubt. <laughs> yeah just i don't know dude it sucks for that guy no fuck that guy's awesome i mean he's he's done well dude, i'm not letting my kids near him for sure no way dude uh did you catch him in dune no he's uh the baron's mentat okay you know pretty yeah. weird looking just looks like himself <laughs> yeah. no you know uh he was in like a wendy's commercial right before dark night Okay. And so that always, I always, I always have been like, he's done well. He, that's a come up. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Cause he was the guy in dark Knight, right? Like he, the Joker, yeah. or, you know, or two face, like kidnapped him. That was where I first saw him. And I was like, this dude's looking really weird. <laughs> he looks exceptionally weird. Yeah. But that Wendy's commercial was airing at the same time. Um, why, uh, why, why is he obsessed with recreating the crime and why does he confess? Oh man. I mean, so I don't really understand that they didn't show him confessing, but I guess they did say that he did. See, I think that was an important, I like, that was something I took notes as like, that was an impressive choice to not show him confessing. Yeah. Because, but they do say he confessed. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. like, so I, I don't think that like, it's meant for us to like question whether or not he did. But if they film, if they include a scene where he's saying, yeah, I killed him, that's conveying it in a way that like in the language of cinema, like that you're probably taking that as like, okay, this is a thing that happened. Yeah. And like it did not happen. Right. So uh, a way of like putting it out there so that like the audience has to contend with it. Right. Like whenever you're first watching the movie and you're like, and they say like, yeah, he confessed. 
Yeah. Uh, you're like, holy shit, what's going on? Yeah. Um, but, but it's not set in stone. It's not something you saw. Right. Um, so it's just kind of playing with like, uh, you know, the way that the human brain, uh, evaluates evidence differently. If it's something you saw versus something you heard yeah. and, uh, you know, like utilizing that to make it so that like, it's, a you know, like you're penciling in the end of the story. And then you do learn that you have to go back and erase it later. Yeah, yeah, I think there's something to that. I also think it's like, I never thought he did it, even when they said he confessed. So to your point about like what you hear versus what you see versus what you feel versus what you know. Because if they hit it too hard, it could be weird and feel forced whenever they get to the real ending. Yeah, and they do like clear it up. Like, because that guy is like, it's pig's blood, you know, it's kids clothes like they they do have you can see yeah, in the Jill screenplay and Hall goes where, back and finds the other song yeah yeah so they are like let's let's explain this but like i think it's like because it's right after Hall also like you know he's opened all the boxes with the snakes and i think there i was just like that's what makes the true detective dude of just like he keeps going back even though you know he has to know and he is pretty sure you know like he's hoping against hope you know, that there's something other than a box of bloody clothes and snakes in one of these. But, you know, even though knowing that that there's no way. Um, but I was also thinking, like, snakes are a very Gnostic symbol, you know? Like, the, that's a like kind of their thing of, like, they flip the evil snake into the good knowledge-giving snake. Like, that's, like, in a microcosm, if you wanted to frame the Gnostics as, like, being heretical, that would be a good example of it. Uh, cause they think like the knowledge was good. And I think the scene really gets at that of like, it's unclear, you know, no, you never know, especially when you're in the mix. What like, is with the snakes? Well, so I think he's just recreating his trauma. I mean, but I think, yeah, but what's with him with Bob or I'm not like the, well, if, so if, if these are like Christian hippies, which they clearly are. Mm-hmm. So they're involved. The human potential movement is sort of like in the mix, you know. So all of this, the Gnostic stuff that I'm talking about is in the mix there uh, for sure. And then they have this one little line that I think is like really important uh, with Melissa Leo, Holly Jones, where she's talking about Alex and she's like, you know, my husband had a thing for snakes and Alex was afraid of them. Yeah. And that's not my favorite memory. So I basically filled in there like a backstory of, because this is basically my problem with the esoteric and the occult practitioners, like as you see them, there's something in the ideology, basically like how I go on sometimes about left-wing social experiments. It's like, you can have all the good motivations you want in the world. Historically, there does seem to be something about it where millions of people end up dying. You know, it's only been around for 150 years. So, you know, there could be other ways of going about it. No one's dying in Scandinavia or whatever, if that's even a real place. Uh, you know, but, real socialism has never been tried, Alex. Sure, exactly. So let's just keep killing people until, you know, we figure out what it is. As uh, if capitalism doesn't kill people. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Um, just my nifty point little is, trick they do. What? Where anytime if someone in a socialist society dies that it's uh the fault of the society but anytime someone in a capitalist society dies well you know people are gonna die well people are gonna die but you know are people gonna be mass murdered by their governments 
I think is is a different thing. Letting people die versus ca- causing them to die is is Terrence Howard versus Keller Dover. You know what I mean? I'd like to avoid all of it. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, that's wild to me. You can't avoid death. You just got to make it meaningful. No. Um, I promise that if you enact the policies that I favor, you will never <laughs> die. That, to me, is the number one reason to vote against them. But uh, anyway, I don't want to get too much. You're not the average voter, dude. For this sure. This is going to sell well <laughs> with is, the electorate. I believe you. Uh, kind of. Uh, anyway, my point is there's something about the occult and the esoteric and the like the dark arts that ends up with people hurting children or the vulnerable. And I think it has something to do with being like, whatever you're afraid of, you have to dive into it. Whatever you think it's bad, it's actually good. And I actually do believe it. I think that's what faith and hoping against hope is. It's like being like, God can make it okay that a kid got abducted and, you know, thrown into a hole. Like no human can do that. And where it gets fucked up, I'm pretty sure (coughs) is if you get into like a religious fervor, someone can just be like, you don't actually believe that if you did, you would go out and kill people or like prove it, go molest the kid. You know, if God can make that right, then go do it. Otherwise, you know what I mean? Like I, I, yeah, I, I kind of think of it like uh, that they're they're getting their hopes up too much, and I that might be kind of what you're getting at, but I'm not sure. Um, well, like I, if just like if if you if you think if you have such a like fervently excited vision of God, and then it it's really sets you up for quite the possibility of a letdown. You know, if you, if you don't believe in God at all, and your kid gets cancer, you're like, well, this sucks, but it's roughly in line with what I was expecting. Right. Uh, whereas I don't you, know. Well, you know. I believe in God, and I, I, I don't expect that to be a no cancer pass. These people clearly did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or I'm not saying. Yeah, it's that's an interesting statement for you to make. I was not trying to frame at any point that you had the same beliefs <laughs> yeah, as know, the killers yeah, in the yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but like when we were talking about, I don't know if you remember them, but Jason Horsley and Jeff Kripal. How could I forget him? <laughs> That's Horsley's problem with Kripal is basically he seems to be beating around the bush of saying like, it's good to traumatize people because it'll end up being good for them, which eventually becomes being like, it's good that I molest my pupils, you know, in my religion because they'll end up being stronger, you know? And to me, that's where you take the reins from God. Like that's a sin uh, because that's what makes it God. And that's what makes it faith and, you know, hope beyond hope versus like humans can do it. But I do think it happens like that's that's a lot of where the sexual abuse comes from is like you you use that like if you think it's bad or, you know, you have to invert things and then you do that instead just to do what you really wanted to do. But what society has like kept you from doing with the taboo. And so uh, like you see it, you, you see it in a lot of ways. Uh, but so I think there is probably something where he was like whatever you're afraid of, that's what you have to confront. And, oh, Alex is afraid of snakes. So he has to confront them. And then something like really bad happened to him. And I think that's like a very humanizing line for Melissa Leo's character, because it shows that in a way she was just going along with her husband 
And she was a lonely, like shocked, grieving mother too. I mean, she's made her choice and she stuck with it and she's participating in evil. But the the, the evil that lives in her soul is sufficiently on display <coughs> in the film. And she's choosing to feed it, for sure. Yeah. Uh, but the fact that she, Just the last, she remembers yeah. that it wasn't good what they did to Alex. And I think she really loves Alex in a way. Um, yeah. And that's why she brought the girls in. Like she was lonely yeah, you know, because yeah, of Alex. Yeah, yeah. And so in a way it's like all of this is just an ideology to like plug a hole that a dead kid left. And they got a kid, but because of the way they went about it, you know, they just kept digging deeper and deeper. Um, I would like to, uh, to play that. I feel like we'd be remiss. Like sure. what's the point of playing anything if not for... A look on your face. My husband used to have the very same look. So we took Alex. He was the first kid we ever took. His name was Jimmy. Or Barry. Can't remember. Doubt he can either. So many names. Forgot all about Bobby Taylor until I read about him in the paper. Open the door and get in the car. children disappear is the war we wage with God. Makes people lose their faith. Turns them into demons like you. Had to slow down since my husband disappeared. I do what I can. Start the car. Yeah, that look until they took Alex. You know, she says Hugh Jackman and her husband were basically in the same emotional state until they took Alex, like just lost and confused and wondering what's going on. Uh, yeah, it's very humanizing. I mean, you're right. Uh, that's a good perspective. Like, yeah, that you're, you're adding to my understanding of the movie with all that. And I, I, I appreciate it. Um, it. Just anyone with that tone, just the way she's talking, that's not humanizing. Oh, no. Yeah, she's being pretty nasty in that moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. That was I don't, I'm thing. not saying that to disagree, just to, you know, layer on another observation. No, no, for sure. That was another thing Denise said. He was like, uh, Melissa Leo really had to crush it because you could, you had to, like, believe her throughout the movie. But then when she reveals herself, it can't be ridiculous. You know, yeah. and it's and, a tightrope. Yeah, mission accomplished. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't even know who she was when this came out. Like, uh, I don't know. Everyone talks about, like, there's no good roles for older actresses. But I feel like, at least starting in the 2010s, I was barraged with middle-aged women that I had never heard of before. Like, Melissa Leo. I feel like I'd heard her name much more often than I'd actually, like, knew anything. I never in. heard the name, never. I... I still don't know what she was in before 20. I knew there's the Louis episode okay, and this, which were around and, and the show Treme that like all came around at the same time. Mm-hmm. I was like, I guess there are no roles for older women. Cause this lady gets them all. Yeah. And then there's like a too busy knocking it out, dude. She is good. And then she got an Oscar for something, but she was kind of weird then that they always get weird when they win their Oscar, dude, you know? 
Like even McConaughey's Oscar speech. Not McConaughey's a little, is a little weird. <laughs> you think it's a little weird? <laughs> a tiny bit? Yeah. It fucking oh, rocks. It was, I mean, it, it rocks, but it's a little it's weird. It's super fucking it's weird. It's odd, dude. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it dude, rocks because of how weird it is. I'm rewatching Eastbound, man. I forgot McConaughey was in that, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty awesome. Yeah. Let's suck our dreams, dick. <laughs> yeah. Pretty tight. Wish he'd, uh, wish he'd shown up more. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, just great line. <laughs> Taking children is the war we wage with God. Yeah, man. Jesus Christ. Let me get that tattooed on my back. For real. Just yeah. sounds so fucking yeah. ominous. Yeah, yeah. But so I've, I I do, I agree. But I think the, the brilliant thing about this movie is like, again, in one of the newspaper still shots, mm-hmm. uh, there's something where it's like they're making the point like, in the article, they're lamenting that basically only like the very bottom and top of society, no one ever cares about anyone else. Like the top 10% and then the top, the bottom 10% who are like so poor that charity, you know, wants to help them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like, what does that say about this movie? Like, why is that there? And I feel like it's like, it's really interesting also, like there's so much, we've already hit like Batman or Dark Knight, like parallels, you know, like similar, the same actor, you know, small actor, but still in it, singing the actual Batman song. You know, the fact, again, they're not, it's not Batman, but like that Hugh Jackman is obviously like embodying the 2000s superhero craze. Mm-hmm. Um, like this movie, I, I, I feel like it's like, no way Denis Villeneuve knew he was going to be making Dune in 2021 when he made this. Mm-hmm. But it's like, it's almost like coming off a decade of like Christopher Nolan into like a smaller story telling the same stories. And I felt like that, like that's what the newspaper was kind of getting at of like, this is a, like a middle American story. It's like, it's not the extremes of behavior, you know, that you usually see in the movies. These are like regular middle-class people. And so we're going to- pretty extreme. You know, well, exactly. We're going to have to do something very extreme to them to make this worthwhile or like to make the movie out of this. Yeah. So you have to have like a heightened, like demonic waging a war with God figure uh, to, you know, make it a heightened reality to tell a story about what life is like, you know, for plenty of people's dads kill themselves, you know, and, and just live a miserable life. Uh, but they just don't have this, like this crazy kind of catalyst. Uh and I was thinking like, cause you know, I watched the leftovers recently mm-hmm. uh, where like, you know, the premise is that 2% of the world just randomly disappears. It's um, only 2%. Yeah. 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 I thought um, it was more than that. No, it's only 2%, That's wild. but it's still pretty disruptive. Uh, and it, you know, the whole show is like, what does the world do with the doubt that that engenders, you know, and the uncertainty, but then especially when they like that scene where the mom's watching the videotape, you know, Barry's mom, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just hit me. I was like, damn, dude, like the leftovers makes this whole premise out of it. This show makes this premise out of like this wild, you know, the, the couple waging a war on God, the apostate, you know, hippie Christians. But there are thousands of people every year who don't get to get that explanation. They just have to live like that lady, like just not knowing. And their children are gone. Like the leftovers happen to them. And yeah. just no one cares after a day or two. And then they have to live the rest of their lives. And then like when Melissa Leo was like, 
that it all. is a much smaller number than everyone's led to believe, but it's absolutely a number. I don't of mean child that. abductions. Yeah, yeah. What is the number? Three. I mean, no, do you? Uh, few, I said thousands. Is it the vast than majority 2, of abductions 000? are like uh, non custodial rights parents and stuff like that? Um, which I'm not saying that that's easy. Right. I bet it's difficult. But like the Melissa Leo type crimes are. I, I, I've. You've asserted that several times now, but I'm confident it's if, less than a thousand per year. Really? Interesting. Okay. I don't feel the need to look that up right now. But uh, I wish you would. I would. I'd like to know. I like. I'm. I'm sufficiently confident. I'm not scared, and I would like to know the actual number. Okay. Um, I don't have a phone, but I'm going to trust the FBI on this. <laughs> no, for real. I am. Oh wait, why are you joking? Why are you laughing? Uh, it's like, yeah, do the court like on the reporting of basic crimes? Like what? Uh, well, there actually there are no statistics about how many children go missing from foster care. Uh, no one's compiling those. I wonder why. I mean, well, who would benefit if we knew? <laughs> no one besides the children. This again. It's something where, like, I just feel like there's easier explanations than the one that you're assuming must be true. I don't have a, like... People are lazy, Alex. Yeah, I guess. We seem to compile a lot of statistics in this country. We seem to almost go out of our way to make jobs for people to do that. If they were asking me whether or not they should compile those statistics, I think they should. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I wonder if anyone's ever posed the question whether it should be considered... People probably do anyway, all the time. I will trust the FBI on this, though. I don't okay. trust the FBI on everything. That's what I was saying. But if you find it. Uh, so we're looking for non-family abductions in the United States every year or non, non-relative. Fewer than. Uh, so I just, I just did a child abduction statistics by year popped up. So I picked that. The first thing that pops up is a Wikipedia. The page is kidnapping in the United States. Uh-huh. I don't know if I want to read that or not. It sounds yeah. grim. Yeah. Uh, but the the Google answer, the things that the the you know the top thing that's giving you fewer than three hundred and fifty people under the age of twenty one have been abducted by strangers in the United States between two thousand ten and two thousand seventeen. Yeah, I don't believe that at all. <laughs> okay, yeah, you promised to believe it. I well, I said I would believe the FBI. I mean, I think that that's where they're pulling this from, but I'm I'm willing to go and uh, find out. We could probably talk about other stuff during that time. I'm enjoying watching your research process, but I guess the listener can't see it. <laughs> yes, this dude. Is very, I feel like I'm watching the girl with the dragon tattoo. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, it feels patronizing. Now, you know how in the movies, it's very difficult to make it exciting dramatically on the screen to watch someone research. So it's always just like, oh, my God, they found a phrase. Like, you know, they're typing. That's what I'm watching right now. For the listener, TC is now on a different website. I don't know what it is. This is Reuters. It's Reuters. Okay. He was control effing earlier. That was, was getting me exciting, but he's not <laughs> doing that anymore. 
Um, now he's he's see on the, to yeah, all right. he's on a juicy one. He stopped scrolling. No, right. I just I've 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 gone to the source. Yeah, like I said, I was on the Wikipedia page. Clicked to the Wikipedia page. Looked the uh, the reference. Okay, yeah. See, I didn't feel like it said per year on the other one, did it? Or here, I thought I still you, got it here. You said it was three fifty over the last ten years or something. Yeah. Okay. It does say per year. I don't think I read. I mean, I guess we recorded it, uh, but I don't think I read the per year. I feel like I skipped over that. Like just the you know, okay, visually, okay. it's okay. a line break. Interesting. Like, Your brand will do that to you to make to confirm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, I'm, but I'm willing to fact check it because I'm interested. You gotta be. Yeah, in, yeah, yeah. For um, sure. I want to get past those things because I'm not interested in proving myself right in my claim. I'm interested in knowing the truth. Um, but yeah, it's it's three fifty per year. Okay, uh, from two thousand ten to two thousand seventeen. Uh, the numbers range from a low of three hundred three to a high of three eighty four. Okay, with no clear directional and trend. Where, who's saying that? Reuters. Yes. And then who are they quoting? The Federal Bureau of Investigation, motherfucker, got okay. it right here. Okay. Let me see. You promised me. I want to see how they're saying it. Who's saying this? Because. Ugh. Oh, they just say the FBI. Let me see this. Let me see this. I mean, you told me you'd believe it if we had FBI, and I've well, got a thing that says, I wanted so says FBI. the FBI. Gov, dude. This is fucking Reuters just saying that the FBI said something, dude. Well, Where is this? This is what I could get for you on the fly. I feel fine about it. Look at this. Hundreds of thousands of juveniles are reported missing every year. The circumstances of the disappearances only dude. recorded about half the time. But in cases where they okay, are... Okay, double 350. Is it more than or less than a thousand? It's getting. We're getting closer. <laughs> okay. We're getting closer to a thousand than three fifty. Uh, I just feel like I'm close to being right, dude. I mean, you're close to finding that uh, Reuters has reported that the FBI says fewer than three hundred and fifty people have been abducted by strangers, but then we find out that hundreds of thousands of them are reported but they only record the circumstances about half the time so what we actually know is that of the hundreds of thousands that are reported half of them so at least 100,000 they're not recording the circumstances just went to live with her dad i mean all right uh, this was worthwhile i'm glad we looked at this so we know that the FBI takes at least 100,000 missing persons reports and doesn't find it necessary to write down the circumstances of the person being missing. Cool. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm not, what a country, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, I'm the one. This isn't like no one's ever thought about changes. recording it. They're like, sometimes we do and sometimes we don't. <laughs> Half of the time we don't. Look, I'm, they probably get wild calls. Yeah, dude. For sure. I mean, I yeah, think that's I get it. Likely what's you got to assume half of them are not worth keeping a record of if you're the Federal Bureau of Investigation. I think so. You don't think they give a large volume of calls? Some of no, I'm sure they do. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I just feel like... For sure. They're probably understaffed, That is what too. you just said, but the tone <clears throat> made me think that maybe you didn't think well, that. Well, I pay taxes. I mean, I thought it was like to pay them to fucking do their jobs. You know, I mean, are you not going to pay him now? 
I tried that already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, of all the people I know who have the least right to say things like I pay my taxes. I No, I have the most right now, dude. <laughs> I've paid them okay. and I've thought about it. I know why I'm paying them. Because <laughs> they know? sent you a lot Not of letters. Not like you sheep. You just go along with it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. I feel like that was an aside, and I don't even know what it was an aside to. Like, I feel like I was trying to make a short note just to let people know that abductions, as described in this film, are rare. Uh, and then oh, I was just continue. saying, I feel bad for the people that don't get a movie about their kid being missing. Like, that really, really sucks for them. That's basically yeah, it. Like, yeah, I agree with that. How much would that suck to just, you don't know yeah, where your because kid if, went? Because if, you know, I'm holding it up, I guess, is a good thing is 300. If the number is above zero, it's exactly, unacceptable dude. and awful. Exactly. I I really I never really noticed this before, but what you just said reminded me of this in the movie. When Loki is in the fucking building, or when Terrence Howard, I think it's when actually when Terrence Howard is like, we have to stop this. Mm-hmm. And he's like about to take the walls down mm-hmm. and then he doesn't. Before they like cut to the next scene, they're like they cut away to uh Alex Jones's face. Yeah. How bad must that have sucked, dude? You're like, I'm about to get out, dude. There, this dude's gonna let me out, even though I slashed his wife's face. Like, this guy's all right, man. He's gonna let me out. And then he's, you're just like, God damn it, you know? Like, that's if he's suck. registering anything, I think he was because uh, I think he's like smarter than he lets on, and at times, but he's he's still terribly traumatized. Dude. One thing I was wondering is. Uh, is she feeding him the stuff still? Ah, that's a good question. I wonder. Because obvious, obviously he talks to Hugh Jackman more. Yeah, like the the thing that he, the time that he speaks at most length is the time that, you know, like he, he's, he's custody, furthest from. Yeah. So like, is has the stuff been out of his stuff, been out of his system for a couple of days? I didn't think about and that. And so that's now he can like start to be like, there's a maze. Yeah, because I was like, is, is she just making LSD all this time? Is she selling it? That is like, also a question I have. I mean, like, the stuff about down, like it's my husband's mix seems to hint at yeah, and they well, know how to manufacture. And that, yeah, yeah, yeah. They also have a, a camper. It's also like a dark communion, you know? And it's like one more absent father where there's only two fathers in the whole movie. Just Hugh and Terrence. Everyone else has like an absent father or husband, you know? Uh but like everyone's still drinking like the dead guy's recipe. You know what I mean? Uh, but I was like, is LSD hard to make? I'm not under the impression it's easy. Yeah, me either. Uh, like my impression is like mushrooms are, you can be a mushroom genius and they exist, but you don't have to be. You know what I mean? Like, uh, but I, my impression of LSD is you got to be pretty with it. Like I think gotta, it's the kind of thing that, like, I figure that it requires, like, a chemistry degree. Yeah. But there's a greater than zero number of people who have chemistry degrees. True, true. Yeah, I wonder. I also noticed, I never really noticed this before, but, like, when you rewatch it, when Loki's interviewing Alex in his house with Melissa Leo, you know, and he's like, I want to talk to him alone. And if you, like, watch Paul Dano, during that scene, like he's just, his eyes never leave Melissa Leo. 
And it reminds me of, uh, do you remember when the Duggars had to do their interviews? <laughs> and uh, the wife looked at the husband the whole time, even when she was talking. She <sighs> would only look at him, you know, and it like upset every single woman that saw the clip. Uh-huh. Uh, cause it's like, they know exactly like what's going on there. Yeah. I felt that's what like Paul Dano was kind of doing with Melissa Leo. And then when she, it was like chilling, I'd never really thought of it this way, but like if she's abusing you and feeding you acid and you know, you're, you know, she took you when you're seven or whatever, when she gets up, she's like, it's all right. I'll just be in the next room, you know? But I was like, that's like, if Jamie were to say that, you know what she means. She's listening. Yeah. She's going to kill you. Like, you know, I never really put that together. She's a uh, dark lady, man. It's an amazing performance. Yeah. I don't want to be in no fucking box. Yeah, yeah, dude. Pop, pop. That was what, dude, do you want to be cremated? She wanted to be cremated, right? I think I do want to be cremated. Interesting. It just seems like it's lower impact on everyone else. You don't got to dig a hole. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I don't know what I want. I mean, I, essentially, I don't want anything. I don't care. Yeah. Like, I'm dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, what if it was like, we're going to mutilate your corpse? At I your mean, funeral? that's an option. Like, you, something in me, I'm like, really? You got to do that? I mean, I guess. I have friends who are, like, signed up to be, like, cadavers for science and shit. Yeah, that's cool. Which, you know, essentially is that. Yeah, but no, I mean, like, if your relatives yeah, yeah, were just yeah, like, we're going to tear you apart in a, in a Dionysian frenzy. Yeah. You know, I'd yeah. be like, I don't know about all that. But if you want to. Yeah, if, if you guys are telling me you're sure you'd get something out of it. Do you know about Gunther von Hagens? No. He's like uh, this German guy. Have you seen, like, he, he did these exhibits. They toured around Texas uh, a couple of years ago. He takes dead bodies and, like, takes the skin out and like makes they're like cadaverous like but he displays the inner organs he's done them with horses and people and like he takes them to museums i remember that like touring ex- exhibition yeah that's good yeah 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 my uh mentor in college is like a, a scholar of like hinduism and darwinism and he like got really obsessed with gunther von hagens and uh like he he met his wife like researching you know like the implications of like what does this say about like the religious view of the body and stuff and uh i'm pretty sure he's like in his will that's what he wants done to him your guy i'm pretty yeah i think so i think that's what he told me he was like that's how that's how i'm going out i'm gonna become one of those things yeah okay so that's one way of of going about it i don't know i kind of want to be stuffed maybe yeah it's, you know yeah i mean again if if that's what they want they can have it that's not where i would land naturally as a preference have you ever been to a taxidermist no it's bizarre dude it's like sounds right i went to one with a kid from excel after excel hell yeah and it's it's very like true detective feeling <laughs> yeah the people are weird okay it's, it's yeah it's You're like, not telling me anything different from what I would have expected. Yeah, it's, it's wild shit. Because they have like... Uh, I mean, I'm sure there's some. They have like really statues nice. in their workshop of like the animals that they work with. And of course they, they like do. take the skin and like stretch it over it. Uh, so it's like all of that's happening in like varying degrees of completion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just some guys like, you know, being like, well, we got him around here somewhere. You know, like looking for whatever it is. Yeah. Pretty cool. 
<laughs> I guess. <laughs> so that's the word you're landing on. Anyway, um, veterinarians make lousy butchers. What do you think about that line? Dude, we haven't talked about Viola enough, dude. She's great. She doesn't have a ton to do in this movie, but I am a fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I, <coughs> I don't know. Like, it, it, that just goes back to more of like, you know, that I, it's insane to me that you, that I would say, uh, you know, I think Keller's wrong. And so that you'd be like, oh, so you're like Terrence. Like, it's just further the proof. Terrence Howard doesn't have a view. I, I think he definitely does, dude. I think he's, I, uh, Terrence Howard also thinks this, the moral center of the film. I think so too. Because he says it's wrong. No one says it's wrong until then. Yeah. Uh, I think he's like, yeah, the moral center, I guess. But like, because the, I, like I accept that dude, because I view the center is inherently views? weak. You've never fallen, fallen short of your views, dude? Every day. Does it mean you don't have them? Um, I have them more strongly than that. If I saw someone torturing someone, I would say you must stop. Well, maybe. Sure. Yeah. But I'm saying you know, you still, that's not your particular instance, but you've fallen short of your views. Yeah. I don't know. I, you know, maybe it's something I'm not thinking of. I, I, I can't recall a time that I've fallen short to that degree. Well, obviously, dude, no one's tortured someone in front of you. That's why it's a heightened reality to make us think of our mundane ones. I, I understand this is an like, easy thing to say, and this is what people, you know, like. Yeah, uh, here, let me you're give you a hard one. You might not like gun. it. There's a lot of differences because I already don't like it. You, uh, do you know what I'm going to say? No, I have no idea. Being out of like dude. It. What do you mean? How many times did you compromise on your views because you didn't want to go through the pain of living through them? Sure. When you're at Excel, but, I mean, there's there is shame in it actually. I was about to say there's no shame in it, but I feel my own shame in it, and I know you do too. What an insane, yeah. Yeah, there's heavy shame in it, Yeah. Uh, But, you know, because of that, I I do know, you know, you can have a view and fall short of it. Yeah, that that just kind of made me understand the times in which I will most severely betray myself, and I don't see any of that here. Like, there's not, like, those people have, like, power and control over me, like... Hugh Jackman can't make Terrence Howard do anything. But Viola Davis can, and she's the one that does. Not even really. Dude. She is, though. She stops him. He's about to do it, and then no, she No, I know what him. you're saying. I'm just saying, like, I, yeah. she, no one has the kind of power over me that Jamie does, and that certainly includes my wife. Right, but you have that power over your wife. Like, you could get no, your wife. No, I don't. Yeah, you do, dude. Because you're, I mean, I'm not going to say how your relationship is, but... I bet you could get... I'll you, say how it is. You it's could, not like that. Your wife, you could, if you were torturing someone, I bet you could get your wife to let you cook. <laughs> you know, I'm not saying she would... I can't contemplate that because I wouldn't torture someone. I know, but I'm saying if you were, like, and you're, you're, you explain to her and stuff, she might not like it, but I think she'd let, she'd let the boy cook. <laughs> I reject that's this a, That's what a ride or die is for, dude. You know? It's like you got like, uh, but that's what they said in the featurette was like Vile is the alpha in that family. Yeah. So, well, then that's like saying Maria Bello sucks because she didn't stop Hugh Jackman. She but didn't then know what's like, going on. But she would. But if she did, she wouldn't have stopped him. Dude, she cowers when he raises it's his a voice. Different deal, though. Exactly, because dude, you're it's it's because Terrence Howard's a man. So you're expecting him? No, I'm to, saying that the fact that she doesn't have knowledge of it to then uh, yeah, be yeah. like, well, but you could imagine if she does. It's not the same thing. Well, but you can imagine. 
That's what imagination's I for. Dude. I don't have to because she doesn't. <laughs> I would say it's because she doesn't that you do have to if, if you wanted to consider the point, which you don't. It's not the same deal. Right. That's when I'm at. Anyway, you can just, it's okay. We can move on. Uh, I think Terrence, you know, it's, it takes, it's an act of courage to say that something's wrong, even if you don't follow up on it. And uh, someone who spends as much time with socialist Twitter people as you should know that. He has some courage. Uh, he just doesn't have nearly enough. Yeah, yeah. True of us all. I'm sure I'm sure of us all. I'm, I'm sure that you're sure. But the other thing is Fucking Terrence Howard. Me, dude. Terrence Howard, I will, dude. I'll start torturing someone and I'll bring you over. 911. You'll call 911? Dude, they won't right even come, second. dude. They've been defunded. They won't care. Their funding is higher than it was. It's last up to year. you. Higher than the you was gotta the year stop before. it. You would call nine one one on me for torturing. That's why am I not surprised, dude? Uh, Terrence Howard has a micro penis, also, which makes it harder to stand up for himself. In, in honestly, the, in I regret, the movie, I regret his bringing that up. Honestly, I regret bringing it up. No, not his character, the actual actor. But I, I, we should. Do you? Uh, you want to hear the clip? Yes. Lucius is in the house. Uh, Terrence Howard here. You oh. made huge headlines when you said after you complete these 15 episodes of Empire, <laughs> you got to walk away for a while or forever. For good. I'm, I'm, I mean, everyone keeps trying to tell me, don't say it's forever. But I've spent 37 years pretending to be people so that people can pretend to watch and enjoy what I'm doing when... I've made some discoveries in my own personal life with the science that, you know, Pythagoras was searching for. I was able to open up the flower of life properly and find the real wave conjugations that we've been looking for for 10,000 years. Why would I continue, you know, walking on water for tips when I've got an entire generation to teach a whole new world? That's a big remark. What, what, what do you intend to, to do? Well, let me put it this way. All energy in the universe is expressed in motion. All motion is expressed in waves. All waves are curved. So where does the straight lines come from to make the platonic solids? There are no straight lines. So when I took the flower of life and opened it properly, I found a whole new wave conjugations that expose the in-between spaces. That's... It's the thing that holds us all together. I'm yeah. sharing that. On, on Tuesday when I receive my star, I'm going to be able to prove that gravity is only an effect and not a force. I'm putting something on YouTube where I will build the planet Saturn without gravity and build the Milky Way galaxy wow. without gravity. Did you also say you're getting your star on? Yeah. On the walk of fame. <laughs> on the walk of fame, which is interesting. How am I getting a star when I've never, for a TV, when I've never received an Emmy nomination for TV? You're a presenter tonight. You can do whatever you want when you stand in front of that microphone. What are you going to do? I have no idea. I'm just, I'm just being honest and looking at it. You know, I would think an Emmy nomination would come first. That's funny, man. I feel like uh, in True Detective where he's like, uh, they're talking to the old lady and he's like, she was making sense, you know? And he's like, that should scare you. That's me listening to Terrence Howard just now. I'm like, for sure. You open up the flower of the light, dude, obviously. <laughs> I think he was basically making sense, man. I mean, there are no straight lines. You know that, right? 
Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, not, yeah. not really. So just forever. And, um, it's, he was standing on the, uh, the red carpet for the Emmys. Yeah. Talking to the, uh, one of the local TV affiliates. Okay. That's, that's I've, yeah, I've where never the seen interview this occurred. Um, like whenever he says, uh, there's no straight lines, like that's something where like, I've like, I want to nod along to all of that as you know, for where the fuck who do you think there's a straight line, dude? Uh, well, just he says like there's no straight lines. I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, he uses the words platonic solids. Yeah, that's I don't know. where they exist. I don't know what that is. Okay, so you know, like we've got. I don't know exactly what. Tanner I understand is how people about. use the word platonic. Yeah, like is like you know Plato's ideal like. Yeah. So what did he say about platonic silence? Because I can't make myself sound too dumb while explaining the genius of Terrence. Well, let me put it this way. All energy in the universe is... This is just so great. Uh, <laughs> like he's like, well, let me put it this way. Like he's drawing from a deck of cards of many explanations, all of which would be fine. But he's like, yeah, I'm going to hit you with this one. <laughs> just listen to what the question is. When I've got an entire generation to teach a whole new world... That's a big remark. What, what, what do you intend to, to do? Well, let me put it this way. All energy in the universe is expressed in motion. All motion is expressed in waves. All waves are curved. So where does the straight lines come from to make the platonic solids? There are no straight lines. So when I took the flower of life and opened it properly, I found a whole new wave conjugations that expose the in-between spaces. That's... It's the thing that holds us all together. I'm sharing that. On, on Tuesday when I receive my star, I'm going to be able to prove that gravity is only an effect and not a force. Like, I'm putting something on YouTube. It's the juxtaposition with, like, it's the, yes. the other elements way. That let, like, that's where, you know, if he was just like, I have a hobby, I've been working on this hard, and I think that I've found some knowledge and I would like to share it. Like, I'm like, okay, yeah. that's really cool, dude. Okay. I have no doubt that's true. Yeah. But whenever he's like, come out to my star dedication, I'm going to show you how Jupiter doesn't have gravity. Yeah, yeah, Saturn. Please. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah. Also, uh, he didn't. The YouTube thing, he never released that YouTube video. Oh, he didn't? This was years ago. Damn. Well, he did go to Harvard. I know that. Oxford. It was, it was Oxford? Okay. And he, like, asked them to do the proofs. Uh, like he, basically, there's like an hour of him on YouTube. But yeah, I haven't seen it all. I like I have. I, I remember when I first heard about it, like seeing some of it. But wasn't like he wanted them to help him with his math, like on some level, right? I think he was just there to tell the good people of Oxford some things they didn't know yet, like about his math, though. Like that's what he wanted to talk about. I yeah, think. yeah, yeah. But I thought because yeah. like people didn't want to hear that though. I don't think. They wanted to ask him about hustle and flow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, uh No, I mean it's not like the the whole time it's just people asking Hollywood questions and him being like platonic solids. Like he's it's I think everyone understood he was clear enough about why he wanted okay. to be there. Okay. That's cool. I mean, I think what he's saying is like he does Dude. get into a thing about how uh, we're all being robbed blind because the banks changed the value of a dollar. 
Go on. <laughs> no, it's see. Anytime that I try to take like the things she says, I am like naturally trying to put them across in a way that I want people to be able to digest, uh-huh. and so I'm smoothing out the actual things he said. Preaching, and it's it makes it sound like it is sensible, it and is. I need to stress that it is not. Yeah, I mean, I feel you. I I have seen the one something of him on a college campus where I was like, he. It does seem like he's just going through the regular fucking breakdown of meaning, dude. It's like the same thing as the guy with the Jerry Jones letters, basically, of like a you know weird tension and meaning finding. You know, he's going through a midlife fucking meaning crisis. Uh, you know, the whole like some like uh, mania is occurring, right? I mean, what it, mania is the label that is commonly affixed to people who are doing the thing that he's doing. I would say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't know that he's like manic though. Like more that he's just going through. It's the way that he jumps back and forth between. Yeah, there's a flight of ideas there a little bit. Yeah, but there's only really two. That's why I was. It, I agree with you. Like the juxtaposition is so. It's like a almost. A, it is like a sacred and profane juxtaposition. But he does it too, because at first I was frustrated on his behalf when he just dropped all this beautiful knowledge, and then the lady's like, uh, "Yeah, so you're getting your star, <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah." Because I do remember, like, when I had like kind of a spiritual awakening, like trying to talk to people, and they'd be like, uh, "So are you like working, or what are you doing?" You know, I'd be like, "Dude, I'm pretty," you know what I mean? Like, I'm trying to talk to you about God. Yeah, but uh, I, I, the reason why I think, like, you know, I, I understand what. Like you're you you seem to uh, not like uh, want to fully jump on board with my uh, mania diagnosis there. And I don't like, ever. I haven't done it ever. I don't. I don't like you know like the Jerry Jones guy. I didn't either. Okay. Maybe I did. Maybe I'm I'm wrong about that. But like, I like to be tentative. You know what I mean? That's reasonable. But I'm just saying, like, if this were just Terrence Howard who had no mental issues occurring. Uh, just like uh, was you know working on some stuff, you know maybe doing some math on uh, like some notebook paper. Uh-huh. I think someone jumping into a conversation like that would be like, "Hey guys, I know you're here to talk about Empire. I know this probably comes across as wild, but like I do have some stuff that I'm passionate about, and I would like to share it with you. Would you mind? You know, like, yeah, yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Like he just doesn't seem to have. He doesn't seem to think that they'll think it's weird." He's like, so we've been opening up the flower of life. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. Or he doesn't care. Like, you know, he's just saying it. Boy, it really comes you know. across to me like he doesn't even think that this will be a problem for them. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like he doesn't know that it's something he ought to care about. Yeah, I, I think you are right. I almost like, I think, again, I'm projecting too much onto him because I was reminded of, I do that sometimes, but I kind of know that I'm doing it. Like there's a like you say something really wild and theoretical, but in a tone that suggests that you think it's no big deal, but for comedic effect, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like basically yeah. what he's doing, like, dude, it's no fucking big deal. Number one, open up the flower light. Obviously. <laughs> you, know I mean? like, you know what I mean? Like stuff yeah. like that. God, I love like, it. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good clip, dude. I'm glad I was, I waited and didn't watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but then he does it too. Like he's like mad that he's not getting an Emmy award. Yeah. He's like, yeah. this is all bullshit, but I mean, no Emmy. I mean, I would have thought. Like, <laughs> uh, I'm, I don't even think that I get the meaning right. Most of the time, but I'm always transfixed by the phrase walking on water for tips. 
Yeah, I, I've never heard that phrase before. I don't think I'd ever heard it. I mean, I, I only know it from him saying it there. Like, what is he? Yeah, I don't really get it. He's he's referring to acting, right? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the, the, basically, like, he's becoming <clears throat> other people. Or just, like, the, the, in general, the things he is capable of. Uh, like, the, the, Terrence Howard is can perform miracles. Yeah. And the fact that it's been used to, like... Uh, you know, fucking pass the time for you chuckleheads is one of the great injustices of our time. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think he's right. Have you ever heard his music? It's pretty good. Not a lot. It's like guitar-y, R&B kind of. Okay. It's not like hustle and flow music. Okay. Uh, yeah, I do I do think he's like a smart and sensitive guy, though. Like watching the featurette, like uh, I know he is like a, I think he's like an abuser. I think he's he's gotten in trouble for that too. I believe so, yeah. And I'm not suggesting that's okay, but I also I do think like uh, David Foster Wallace was another one, an abuser. Like I think there is like a kind of guy who just uh, they're mm. very emotional and they and don't I'm have good taking breaks. Taking back my thing about the water thing, I didn't know that. Yeah, well, the girl who was abused, like when they tried to like me to posthumously me to him, she is like a poet and memoirist. Her name's Mary Carr. And she's a really good writer. Uh, and she was like, stop. Like, this, whatever you're doing, it's not about what David did to me. You know what I mean? Like, Is it ever? Exactly. So, you know. But, like, I think Terrence was pretty nasty uh, to the woman. That's also my recollection. Yeah. Is Like, I'm, I'm not saying it's okay, she but. She's border on Zach Stacy-like behavior. Who's that? Guy Is that the guy you said in the beginning? earlier that it was caught on video? Yeah. But, uh, dude, have you seen the... I, I have brought it up. I keep saying that I shouldn't. I'm not saying it to shame anybody, to body shame anybody. I think the phrase big dick energy is highly problematic. Are you uh, going back to talking about his dick? Yeah, yeah. That's why I'm not Are you going to ask me if I've seen his dick? Yeah. That's why I'm, I want to be clear. The song Big Dallas Energy is never coming out. Because I, I don't want to get behind. Why you would know, you the, the like? No one knew that it was a song until <laughs> no, you, you said did. it just now. I know. I'm just making jokes, dude. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you've heard that song that I made, though, right? I have. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not coming out because it's not very good. Uh, but it's fine. Anyway, There's a lot of songs out that are worse. True. I that line has echoed in my head when you've said that to me. But I want to make the best thing I can make. But dude, I'm back sure. on I'm back on my bullshit. By the way, I thought I put it up. I thought I put my spurs up. I hung my spurs up, dude. But I'm glad to hear you. It's, been, it's basically like the skateboard, dude. Like once a week, I put it in my closet. I'm like, I'm Less too old. Enthused I shouldn't about the be skateboard doing this. Thing. That like, seems like you're just right about. That. Calls me back, man. There's literal physical limitations. Yeah, on but the I felt thing. it didn't hurt as bad. I fell on that same wrist. I hurt. I think because okay. I built back better, dude. Keep. Keep trying. Yeah. I'm sure I'm sure at some point you'll find hurt that's I know. Well the other thing I'm thinking about. Keep searching. Into, I know you'll get to it. I'm thinking about getting into uh like Cirque du Soleil stuff. I think that might be my next one. Oh, like I'm gonna man. get there's like, you know, I'm, I'm gonna be in my garage, tire myself up in ribbons and shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Dude, like my the whole Creed in, halftime show. My my Instagram like search tab is all Cirque oh, du Soleil God. contortionist now. <laughs> It's pretty tight. <laughs> uh, what the fuck were we just talking about? I was saying, oh, Terrence the Howard's dick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How no, have it's you very, seen Terrence Howard's dick? It's very brave of him. Uh, he he goes full frontal in the 50 Cent movie. 
With his micro penis? With his micro penis. I've seen the 50 Cent movie. I don't remember his tiny It's a blink and you miss a penis, dude. I mean, <laughs> I must say like doing something digital, but I don't think the movie had like budget like that to like be like, this character has a small penis, you know, and it explains things about him. Because uh, there's like a huge shower fight when 50 goes to jail. And Terrence Howard like either is fighting I mean, I saw him it in or theaters when it came out and that's that's the last time. That was a good year for shower dick scenes or like shower fight dick scenes. It's not really a rating I have. I think they were the same. Have you seen uh, Eastern Promises? No. Dude. Great dick scene? It's just a great movie. Oh. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's the opposite of Terrence's problem. I'll tell you that. Uh-huh. Uh, is Vigo Mortensen. Mm-hmm. He's playing like a Russian gangster. And he's like with a nut, you know, so he's got like all the tat, they all have the tattoos all over them. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, it's a Russian bathhouse, like Schwitz knife fight. Full, fully nude. Wow. It's insane, dude. It's, yeah. It, yeah. It's a wild movie, dude. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. So, like I highlighted last or last time out for Miami Vice, um, just again has things where, I would consider it a complicated moral choice, but if it's a movie about a cop, it's just like, well, of course, this is the shit we do. Uh-huh. The uh, like knocking down pet area pedophiles. Oh, like see to me again, what a different take. They haven't done like they did something and served their time for it, right? So like now, just for the rest, like I'm not saying that you, you categorically that, can't do the it. alternative. Yeah, let me make my like. Yeah. Just I'm just saying that like. That to me is a complicated moral decision, like whether or not we're going to do this. You know, like like I, I think that you can, that you should have a voice in your head being like, so what? There's we're supposed to go and knock their skull every single time someone else in the area does something wrong, and if that's not the voice that wins out, that's okay. But it, there, that it should be a conversation, and in this fucking propaganda shit, it's just like, well, you know, all the stuff that cops do that, like, it, we should just present this as you know, unquestionable. Like, this is just good procedure. Yeah, it's interesting. That's an interesting point. I agree with you. You know, it's probably not a bad thing that that voice comes up. I have a, a much different perspective, though. I I'm say, not opining on whether or not you have to listen to it because I know where you fall and I'm not. I don't feel passionately enough about the other side to be willing to, like, spend a lot well, of time like, arguing you it. you got to make a choice where you're going to go in your investigation. So it's not just, like, a kid's missing, so we have to punish you. It's a kid's missing. It's a, a big state. So let's focus on the people we know have demonstrated a proclivity for something in this neighborhood. You know, they are more likely than a random stranger. Like, just because we don't know whether, you know, about yeah, a I think the, uh, I think the recidivism rates are actually pretty, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure that it's so good that I want to say that you're wrong about the very reasonable statement you just made, but uh, I think it's one of those things that, again, the science bears out, or the, the numbers bear out. It's it's not, that, okay. If we just, you, you get, you're giving a skeptical look and I'm realizing I'm getting Can't back get into again. Alex, who refuses to you fool me look once. at evidence. Well, look, you catch them once, you don't catch them twice. Like recidivism just means we didn't catch them again. 
you're you don't think but whatever we're cured. talking about population level thing like i'm not talking about like well i don't think that this guy did it again like well okay i will say when like, compared uh, to other crimes like when, it, when we're talking about what are the sorts of things that people are likely to repeat this is an no, easy no, no, enough question to answer you, you're you're missing it's not and you think it is and i hope the audience heard you rolling your eyes i suspect that they could uh but you should wonder you should just question yourself when you're this confident I think in general. And I think from the start, there's a very faulty assumption baked in and it's that recidivism rates are reflective of reoffending rates. Recidivism, I'm pretty sure the way they compile those statistics are, are these guys arrested again and then convicted or arrested and maybe they stop there. So all you're showing me there is we were lucky to get them the first time. Like, it doesn't mean that they stopped. It means that they didn't get caught again. I mean, we're talking about this in the context of, like, the every single time, like, an example of every single time one of these things happens, the first thing the police do is just go and knock on the doors of the people. Like, Yeah, but, okay. But it's I, obvious enough they're getting more scrutiny, not less, after right. they've offended. Yeah, but, yeah, of course, because we know them to offend. And despite and we that don't level know that of scrutiny, about are not people. being caught doing the thing again, which to me suggests that they're probably not doing it. Oh, I see what you mean there. Uh, yeah, I don't know enough about what their scrutiny actually looks like, like in a regular case. Like in this case, it's, you know, they can't find the girls. So like you got to knock on the I doors. don't either. Uh, if it's just meeting with a parole officer and not going near a school, you know what I mean? Like I'm cool with that. But uh, I also think there are some instances, it's more like the kind of kids who went to Excel for like, molesting their cousin or whatever though like i think if you get them early enough and you help them understand you know what i mean like i'm not i think i've said on this podcast like i'm not ready to condemn all of them uh but yeah, i don't know <clears throat> you have to understand the other alternative to like you're looking at this is like their life could be normal or they could get harassed but the way that system came to be is their life could be the rest of their life is in prison or they get executed. Like this is the more humane option there. They get to work at the pizza restaurant or like yeah. at the office or you know, whatever. You're again using eliminating options to make the unpalatable ones seem palatable. Well, yeah, I'm saying we used to kill them the or lock them should, up forever. Should make clear the danger of that. And now we don't. Well, I think I know we should be more, aware but i don't think that's what you meant but actually maybe i'm a little bit like you too because it's not like i go on the website that lets you see everyone like i've done it yeah oh of course yeah but i don't really like to there i actually do kind of fall into your camp for all of my bluster i like, uh, that's not my home page i don't want to wake up <laughs> i have like a friend that. that uh you know if everyone gets drunk enough at the party we'll uh look up where his uncle lives now jesus christ dude <laughs> who are we to tell him not to man it's his <laughs> uncle you know i mean wow i definitely have looked him up i not in my i don't know if i have in my new house i think i have though yeah because i'm picturing they're like uh they remind me of the vampires in the passage like they they cluster well you know i know they, they can't live to. everywhere yeah yeah I know. yeah uh but even like i knew about like the florida ones but in dallas there's there's clusters yeah, no, I, there's, I mean, was it, 
Observer Morning. So the kind of article that they run about the Florida stuff uh, plenty of times, someone within the last 10 years wrote, like, you know, it's, there's like a trailer park, you know, 20 miles outside of town or whatever. Yeah. That's exclusively pedophiles because it's a place where they can live. Yeah. Brutal. Sucks. Man, I've had, uh, this has happened way more than once. Like, I'm not talking about a specific client situation, but it definitely happens where, uh, you know, somebody gets on the happy hour. Who do you think anyone in our company yeah. is an offender? <laughs> and it turns out someone is. And then they tell idea. HR. Yeah. And then what do you do if you're HR in that situation? Can you even fire someone for that? I hope the, not. It's great. Yeah, I've, I've, uh, I, I don't know. Almost I, always, my advice is do do not fire them. I think I've told you about. It. I've I've been in a situation like that where just with a coworker, like oh really? It was handled very poorly. What did they do? They fired him. But I mean, what did the the person do? Um, I mean, like I'm trying to think of privacy stuff, but like obviously, I mean, if they're on the register, apply. Yeah. Uh, he um had a girlfriend who uh had a younger sister and he was recorded on the phone like Ew. yeah it's yeah, bad it's not good it's not good yeah yeah uh, usually most people there they, they nine times out of ten they're gonna give the explanation of i was younger it was like a age gap relationship we got caught on the wrong side of the law but it, it wasn't like that I yeah, no, like he he gave up what I is. just gave you. But yeah, that's a wild one because you don't really have suggests to. to me that it must be true. Yeah, and you don't think you should have been fired? I guess I you know I don't really yeah. want to get into the whole. Yeah, whatever. I yeah. I'm positive they shouldn't have that the decision maker at the company should yeah. not have done everything they did. That's something I am a hundred percent sure of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. I mean. It's a big enough problem. We got to figure out what's going to happen on this. We're going to just kill everyone who does it, which we appear to have decided not to do. Uh, I agree with that. So, decision. and it, that, that is where these things, you know, all of these principles come into play. Like earlier when you were like, I don't want to defend the douchebag or whatever. It's like, the, no one needs a defense when they're not being a douchebag. But yeah. It, it is a compassionate, it's a, a, a tough spot for me. Also, like, uh, you know, earlier when you, we were talking about, like, having views and falling short of them, maybe it's one of those, too, where I'm like, every human has dignity, but it's difficult for me sometimes uh, to remember that when people treat vulnerable people that way. I don't know. It's probably my own way of feeling better about myself, I think. Um. The uh, the Jingle Bells bit I thought was uh, really good. Like, just one of the many things in this that's just a really fucking well-done aspect of movie making. That's exactly the kind of detail that would 100% convince Keller that would mean nothing to the police. Yeah. I like, if you, you would sound like a raving lunatic if you were like, I'm sure he's did it. He was singing Jingle Bells. I think Loki would follow it. But he wouldn't, like, make a decision on that basis. Yeah, but and I, I mean, like, he, this is after he already dismissed them despite him saying, or, you know, despite Keller testifying that they that he said they didn't cry until I left him. True. 
True. That's a stronger bit of evidence that Loki was willing to look past. True. True. Yeah. Yeah, I like that Loki's not a perfect detective either. Yeah. Like, uh, in looking at some of the Reddit comments, there was some people like saying he was dumb or that it wasn't believable that he didn't notice the maze necklace. But it's like... Yeah, it's a pretty the, small detail, dude. Yeah, he didn't know the, the movie was about mazes yet. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Um... Also, the fucking, like, did he save Keller at the end or not discussion, like, makes me want to put a bullet in my head. Yeah, uh, it's probably unfair to mention this, uh, given what you just said. <laughs> I, I don't want to make you or, but uh, Megan is driven crazy by the fact that, like, they don't show him, like, digging him out. I'm right. like, come on, dude. <laughs> Natalie also, like, it's very important to her that he got saved, which I also agree you know i mean i just think it's uh, obvious that he was yeah 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 exactly like it, yeah you don't have to like show him like reaching down like take my hand for yeah, yeah, to yeah. cuz yeah. uh the just in the rewatch one of the things that where, where i'm you know i was i knew we were getting to the end of the movie so i was starting to steam on this uh -huh. you know like how how wild i thought this viewpoint was uh -huh. and uh the last scene before it is the, the wife is like uh you know, talking to, she's like, yeah, I, I know you don't believe me, but I haven't heard from him. And he says to her very directly, very clearly, we're going to find your husband. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, And then, yeah, like, yeah. you know, a minute later, you, you can see that, like, three times he hears the whistle. Like Three times, really? Yeah, yeah. Interesting, because there's a line at the very beginning of the movie, and I was like, why is it in there? It's like a very... uh poetic line where viola davis she's just talking to her daughter whose name is joy but she goes like she goes joy joy three times joy and i was like what is that like yeah. i don't what are they getting at like i i felt like huh. that was a loaded line but i was like what is happening three times in this movie and i never found it i wonder you know yeah because it's he hears it once and it's like slight he hears it again you can see he's like yeah, oh shit recognition yeah, but yeah. then he shakes, he shakes his head, his head. Yeah, and then yeah. it comes again yeah interesting yeah that's interesting huh anyway what a great yeah i i think it's a perfect ending man yeah just, yeah just a yeah you don't it just need it's a movie more. that consistently respects the audience like it, it doesn't you don't need to see every single thing like you know yeah so like it just it, it seems like consistent with the rest of the stuff they're doing um minor rant uh the scene whenever joy is recovered and they go to see her in the hospital uh -huh. um you know i just i think that it's pretty clear that males get a rotten deal in this society what do you mean like uh the both parents are there and they're like both uh keller and his wife uh, -huh. uh and they're both like they just both can't abide by the instruction. Don't ask her any questions. Yeah. But whenever Keller's expressing it in the way that society teaches males to express strong emotion, uh, everyone's like, shut the fuck up. And the wife's <laughs> doing the exact same thing right oh, after. And they're all like, ah, yes, yes. Let her. She's grieving. Well, what the fuck's he doing? True. Very Jesus, true. Jesus, guys. Very true. Hey, could you lower your voice, though, dude? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> man uh dude i thought it was really cool on the that invisible man shot man like mm -hmm. in, in the evidence when they're going through the evidence uh in that guy's house mm -hmm. he has the Bob invisible Taylor's. man book yeah, yeah yeah 
So when they freeze it, it's like, uh, so you've got the book finding the invisible man in the middle of the shot. And then on the left, there's the fingerprint kit. And on the right, there are the Duraskin powder-free gloves. Okay. And the book Finding the Invisible Man is in an evidence seal that says attempts to disrupt seal will disturb the contents. And I feel like that's like the whole movie is like that's the human condition is like we're looking for who we really are, like the invisible person inside, not who we think we are because we're never who we think we are. And this movie is about people finding out that they're not who they thought they were. And, but when you try to investigate it, who do you think Keller thought he was? Uh, just a guy who could handle these things? Yeah, like the father, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. the person who could stand between the crowds and death and protect his daughter. Especially his powerful whenever the wife... Made me feel so safe. When, or is that what you're talking about when she says that to him? Like that you were supposed to keep us safe, right? Yeah, it's, yeah. It's well, not she says just, you made me feel so safe one time. She might have yeah, also said then that. she gets more accusatory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I took that as accusatory too. But also kind of like it was always just a feeling. Yeah, you know, um, but yeah, I think it's like you know because he's talking about like the guy read the book and he's doing his best imitation. It's like all of us are just like trying looking at our models of what a person should be, but none of them are right, you know. And then we're doing the best imitation instead of like being who we are. I'm uh, I'm talking to the idiots on Reddit now, and I shouldn't, but uh, they're probably listening. It's obvious enough that uh, the book is about Bob T- or the. Melissa Leo's dead husband, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 for sure. And I think that's, again, like to the Alex Jones point. There's some people on Reddit that weren't sure, and I I thought that was an insane viewpoint to hold. I think that's kind of the point they're making with calling the character Alex Jones, who's an idiot, but kind of a victim, and also write this book. The guy, when he's talking, the guy that I thought was Denis Villeneuve, Mm -hmm. is like, I read the book. It's pretty good. I mean, of course, it's been thoroughly discredited. Yeah. Like, you know, that passive voice of like, it's been debunked, it's been discredited. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I don't want to bring up all the events of the recent years, but we've heard them a lot. And uh, I feel like there's a, that's in many ways a thought terminating cliche. Like, because this is you saying that you think the QAnon stuff is right. I'm saying that uh, it's unlikely that there's no fire in all the smoke. <laughs> okay. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, dude. You let me know when JFK shows up. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that that's the kind of stuff that those news stories, well, I don't want to get into it, but it's like, why are those the stories that get published? I mean, I don't even know that they get published. I, well, I mean, I'm sure that a story like, about it got published. Knew about it. Uh, the but JFK I, Jr. thing? I just see about it because, like, you know, the people I know who live here – like that are interested. No, like in my parents sort of knew about that. They're in New Jersey. Okay. The national media takes the worst I examples mean, of I these people. I have no idea what how you know the news environment your parents live, in, but like you know they're regular. They're, I can only speak to my experience. Yeah, I'm saying like regular people know about what they know about QAnon is that they think JFK Jr. is still alive. So that way, no one has to know, think about that. They're also obsessed with the fact that Bill Gates has been to Lolita Island 55 times. Do you know, bro, my wife, this made me feel so good about my mental health and like going down conspiracy, you know, trails mm-hmm. and ranting about them. I was like, I must be doing much better than I thought. If my wife did not know this week, she found out she's smart. She reads the news mm-hmm. and she lives with me. And I talk about this shit all the time. 
but it had somehow escaped her grasp that there was a temple on Epstein's Island. She did not know. <laughs> you know that meme I sent you? Yeah, of, yeah. Uh, Great. The, the Island yeah, Boys? Island. <laughs> what is it? It's she didn't get it. Epstein and Gates. Yeah. Like, she was like, what's, what's the building? I was like, it's the temple. Her jaw dropped, dude. She was like, there was a temple? And I was like, yeah. Why do you think I'm people pretty are sure talking I know, about like, I know that Megan knows there's a cult like worship weird elements going on in here. Well, okay. So we just have an island where the president of the United States went where there was occult ceremonies and sex trafficking. That's QAnon. No, dude, that's not what they focus on. No, I know, but that's not what the reporting yeah. focuses on either. I know that it's not what a lot of the Q people focus on, but the germ of it, I believe is people kind of being just what the fuck we have a president going to the sex trafficking island you just have to excuse so much of their actual behavior and writings to get there well but it's because the fucking narrative has thrown them into religious land like they are not in like that realm of thinking anymore because their brains got broken by the fact that our fucking president goes to the lolita island with the temple that did happen this I don't is know, their dude. response. I'm to living in the world that, that they're living in, and I don't have a hard time uh, separating out whether or not JFK is coming back from whether or not uh, Clinton visited the Epstein Island. Yeah, yeah, I know. I don't even really come that close to having a hard time with the two, so I know. I'm, I'm not inclined to give them a, a free pass. Yeah, I'm not trying to give them a free pass. Again, I'm not trying to adjudicate anyone's worth. I'm just saying they are. That is the part that gets reported on for a reason these are the same outlets remember that lady There's a lot of reporting about epstein not until he got i mean there there is and there isn't not really and there's almost none about the other most people. of the time that i've been aware of the story i was frustrated by the level of reporting but that ceased to be the case a couple of years ago and i you know at some point you got to move on i mean have you considered the possibility that it hasn't ceased to be the case but rather you have just gone deeper into a more personalized curated news bubble as social media and its algorithms have gotten more sophisticated i feel no need to consider that no i'd well, say it's yeah. just objectively more covered fair what like your parents have your parents ever heard of epstein for sure but they don't know that like bill gates has been to the island 50 times and uh, if they do they just found out because of the melinda divorce yeah but i mean and, I just, i'm just the, the level of coverage i was frustrated with was when you know like jake was telling me in 2013 that there's a guy named jeffrey epstein and I'm like, how does everyone not know his name? And like, now they do. So like my objection has been, uh, you know, like the situation, the underlying facts changed, you know, people now do know his name. So like, I can't have that objection anymore. Yeah. Well, I'm just, I have higher hopes, man. I basically feel like, uh, you know, the Theranos documentary. Boy, I feel like we've smashed past what my hopes were in 2014. For Theranos or Epstein? Epstein. Well, I believe you, but. I haven't really my point known about what Theranos, Theranos is, thing is the whole time. So, Ther you know, it's like the the blonde girl yeah, with the yeah, blood yeah, testing. Yeah, yeah. So, the book does this better, but I feel like a similar thing is happening with Epstein. Everyone wants to talk about this one individual person and how awful they were and how yep. sordid the yeah, story yeah. is. Well, bro, Theranos, man, they're like the 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 most brilliant uh, military minds of our you know of the world were fully on board and ready to like line her up. They did use it on the troops, like in Iraq. Uh, like Mattis was on the board. Yeah. You know, none of that shows up in the documentary. Really? None of it. 
Not a fucking word. Seems bad. <clears throat> exactly. And then it's like, who made the Epstein documentary for Netflix? I'll never know. The fucking James Patterson. Why is that suspect? Well, who co-wrote Bill Clinton's best-selling, like the last, you know, Bill Clinton writes fiction novels? Mm -hmm. Guess who he writes them with? James Patterson. <laughs> How did you do that, dude? How did you know? I mean, yeah, I, I guess, dude, but that? I just, I just thought, no, I just thought that the, like, uh, I, I haven't seen the documentary because like, who gives a shit? Like, yeah, I don't I need fucking yeah. Netflix's regurgitated, like. I know, but that's you being in a more personalized media bubble where you're getting, I'm telling you, like, you, you don't yeah, have okay. a good clue or like a good picture of what normal people are getting because you're so deep in If they were interested land. in. I, like I don't know, dude. I, I don't think it's impossible to do the things. Dude, I was working I in a regular office when Epstein killed himself. Or like, yeah, okay. yeah. Trust me, dude. People don't. I was losing my fucking mind, dude. Like it would happen all the time. After like uh, like the Epstein shit went down, like again, you know, the second time, and the flight logs were out and stuff. Like literally, I would all the time just be like, people would be talking about like the Clintons and all this shit. I'd be like, are you really fucking kidding me? Like you're, people would be talking about like admiring them and all this stuff. And I'd be like, are, are, does anyone else, are we just, are you not aware of it? And it really was like being Terrence Howard because then people would just be like, so you're getting your start tonight, huh? You know, like just yeah, yeah, people yeah. don't yeah. want to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I, I, I get that. Um, you know, Ron Burkle owning Neverland Ranch is that for me. I suppose. Just knowing. What's that? We've talked about this before. No. I know what Neverland Ranch is. Ron Burkle owns it. Who's Ron Burkle? The guy that's on the Epstein flight logs over and over and over. The, oh, shit. like, supermarket magnate. Okay. Also owns the Pittsburgh Penguins. Wow. Okay. I but, used to tell people that Scott Stevens was my uncle. <laughs> You know that he was on the Penguins in the nineties. Yeah, no, I I don't know anyone who was on the Penguins in the nineties. Dude, the Penguins were Not nasty in the nineties, dude. Yeah, that's funny. Um, Yarmir Yager. Yeah. Uh, no, but like a uh, Burkle, like the Vanity Fair Air Fuck One article. It's Clinton's into problems because he's hanging out with Epstein and Burkle. Oh, okay. And uh, so, like, just I'm trying to establish this is one of the world's great known pedophiles. Uh-huh. And he currently owns Neverland Ranch. That's Buck. Yeah. No one talks about it, dude. I mean, I... Just I, me. I feel like, yeah. And, like, it's not because I saw some big expose. I said, like, I was watching the Michael Jackson shit, and I was like, whatever, whatever happened in Neverland Ranch? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's gone through different She's owners. She's owned by that. Ron Burkle. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like everybody else. I'm like, yeah, there's not much you can do beyond being like, that's crazy. <laughs> like, um, dude, have you heard about the guy in Montana that had the, the, the billionaire in Montana? He got sued by his, his, his fixer last weekend. No. He has a spreadsheet where, according to the lawsuit, uh, so this guy, he's a Canadian billionaire, but he lives in Whitefish, Montana. Dude, Whitefish is so tight. Dude, not anymore, dude. This guy no, runs the tight. town, dude. He owns local... Lo no, bro, listen to this. Don't... Just listen. Let me lay some shit out for you, okay? Just... Before I... did, But... <laughs> I'm just letting you know. I have been there. I can base this on my personal experience. It ain't the same, no more. You're allowed man. to go to a it place ain't the and same, be like... No more, man. Go ahead. It's not the Whitefish that you and I remember. 
Uh, it was like three years ago. It's different now. He lives there. The billionaire moved in, man. I'm telling you, dude, this is... Go ahead. Get the shit. Ahead. Get Go the ahead. shit, right? This Wait. guy's basically an Epstein, okay? Worse, though. Uh, so he's a billionaire. We picked a great place to try to do it. Well, dude, get... Bro. So... Clearest um, water I've seen in my life. It's But there's darkness in it. Uh, Literally so, not. Dude, listen. Uh, so he moves there. He comes down from Canada, like he's got his mistress with him and he has a fixer, right? Like this guy, he's like his, his assistant. He drives around, drives the girls around, buys them houses, you know, just, just does stuff for him. Uh, so basically, and this is all going off a New York Post article I read, which will become important. Um, so uh, his fixer, oh yeah. So he had a mistress from Canada. She was like a stripper. And then he apparently like beat and raped her so badly and like forcibly sodomized her and like left her for dead or something. Yeah. And yeah, so she sued him a few years ago and basically he got her deported. Uh, you know, like he went, you know, full warfare on her. The fixer had something to do with that. He was involved with like all these other girls and stuff and the fixer would like drive them around and, and move money around and stuff for them. So then uh, I guess they got crossways and uh, this is like a classic move, dude. Get your employees dirty by having them do your dirty work and then use your connections in the federal government because you're a billionaire to get them popped. So he got his fixer, like they had a falling out and then his fixer the next day gets indicted for tax evasion. And like, I think gets convicted. But like, I guess he's out now or something new has happened. So now he's suing the billionaire for like breach of contract and tortious defamation and, you know, all kinds of shit. And the, the big headline in the, in, the, in the post and everywhere is that, you know, in a complaint, they'll often, it's like a PR document as much as a legal document. So you'll include like very salacious details to get it picked up. So he says that the billionaire has a spreadsheet of every woman he's had sex with. And it's 50,000 women, I think like something like, like it's why it's like, there okay. must've been some nights where you got 2000 in one room and just like ran by them and hit them all with your dick or something. You know what I mean? Like it just doesn't, I didn't do the math, but you know, I, I did it enough in my head that I was like that, that seems exaggerated. Like have you but come 50,000 times for sure in my life? Yeah. All right. Hold on. If you're 50 years old, can we just make it so the math's easy? Yeah. If you're 50 years old, have you come a thousand times a year, but then you got to act, it's actually like when you, so if you're 60 years old, have you come, let's say you start jerking off when you're There's 10. There's no way I, I've come a thousand times in a year. Like jerking off once a day is when fairly frequent. When you first started jerking off, I bet you did. What's the most in a day? Do you know? It's like six or seven. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, if you do three a day, you can do a thousand in a year. Yeah, but uh, there's no point where I was doing three every day. But if you're like Epstein probably was coming. There's no point for me that like three a day was like a regular. Th like that was always <laughs> like, God damn. Oh, really? What a day. I'm not trying to, to me, make that's you three feel in the morning. weird or anything. <laughs> three uh, in the morning, uh, I'll say is weird. But, but like, uh, so, so like I'm just Epstein saying. Epstein was nutting three times a day. Either. So. I mean, I guess. Maybe. No, I mean, I don't according know. to everybody. That's like the whole. Okay. He, yeah, he was a sex addict. Yeah. Like the way a heroin addict would shoot up heroin three times a day. Like he had to nut three. It was, that was like his magic number too, I think was three. 
According, like, did you read that interview his friend gave the whole time? He's like, I, I so. shouldn't be giving this interview. Like, he's adamant, and I believe him because he's it in? It's in New York Magazine, I think. Okay. Uh, but it's like his boy from math and like finance stuff. Like, I really do believe this guy that he wasn't involved in the sex stuff because throughout the interview, he's like, What am I doing? I mean, I think that Why most of the people like, that Epstein knew probably were like. If I had a sex ring, I would think that a minority of the people in my life no, would be aware of it. Not with him. That it was like his thing. Remember, like Trump made the jokes about like, you know, he likes women as much as me, even younger. And then Yeah, but I don't think that's the same. I think that's well, like not, he's shown up to parties a lot of times and there's been I gotta girls start around. meeting with my strongest evidence with you rather than building up to it, I think. Because I'm trying to paint a picture for you, but you always jump in when I'm building up as if you're refuting the whole point. But I'm just trying to paint a picture he at his dinner parties he famously would have the hot models and the scientists and he would make a big show of like pretending to be bored by the scientists and being like so what's up with your with, with her or just he would be like stop talking about that what about pussy like that was like he, he was one of those kind of guys so it was like yeah, I think it makes it obvious he's horny. I don't think it like if, screams I'm operating a sex ring. No, no, no. And if you like uh, again, I'm not done. Uh, if you listen, do you know who Eric Weinstein is? I think we've talked about him on this podcast. Uh, rings he's, a bell. He but coined I, the phrase "intellectual dark web," so you probably okay. love him. Uh, and he works for Peter Thiel. Uh, but he did a podcast about he met Epstein, and he was like, I thought his whole thing even when I met him was, and I think Eric Weinstein is an idiot, but this seems right to me. He was like, it seemed like he was like a construct made to make me think that he was an intelligence asset running in sex rings. Like the cameras were conspicuous. Like the girls would come in and out of the room, like provocatively. Like it, it really was his thing. In the elite circles, and I saw some of this in Princeton, like in the nineties, like in elite intellectual circles, I think especially, there is like a, a little bit of a bravado of being like pedophilia concerns are for the plebs and like for people who aren't sophisticated. And, you know, it, it makes sense why we have these laws, but for smart people and worldly people, like we don't really need them. Like Roman Polanski, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and I, I, I think that was really his thing. Like it, I, I hear what you're saying, but I, I think he kind of like made it a point to be like, I'm the sex guy. Yeah, I uh, just continue to be concerned that there's reports that the FBI sees the great number of DVDs from like a safe is Manhattan. And we just never hear any more about that. Exactly. Well, bro. Okay. Listen to this, dude. The Back to Whitefish, man. Well, back to you saying that we pay their tax. I don't pay my taxes thinking that the people speaking on my behalf can just not tell me what's on these DVDs. Sure. I, I'd love to know. I really would. I bet a lot of them, not nah, maybe. I bet some are blank. What does that mean? I think he just wanted people to think he had them. Yeah. Like, I don't think he had much on, like, guys like Bill Clinton, Donald Trump. Like, you know, even Prince Andrew, it's like, there's not a lot. If they wanted to leak stuff on Prince Andrew, it would have happened by now. Like, they've leaked what's damning about Prince Andrew, I think. It was more to like. I don't think they leaked anything. Just well, Virginia Jeffrey, Jeff, Jeffrey, Jeffrey. I think uh, just alleged, the, yeah, what he did to her. No, there are pictures of him like with his arm around her and houses that he said he's never been in. 
Yeah, but I I thought that she provided those. Oh, I'm not sure about that. I don't know. I mean, I think that they're like from her lawsuit. Uh, that's, oh, well, I yeah, I know they're from the lawsuit, but I don't know like how she got them. I don't think it's yeah. I mean, I, I don't know either. But I do think like that's the other thing is like well, I, I don't want to go on too many tangents. I do think it was more like guys like Bill Gates and Steven Pinker, like nerdy guys that didn't fuck that much uh and like access to them rather than like blackmailing bill clinton how are you gonna blackmail bill clinton dude everyone knows you know what i mean he still probably would prefer i mean i don't i don't know if i agree with that at all like you don't think that it has any value if his his wife is running for president like a dvd of him having sex an 18 year old comes out i mean what are you gonna do once it's out like I think they'd rather be friends with Bill Clinton. You know, like they did go to Chelsea's wedding. They sure did. Like, so at no point were they like, yo, Bill, just so you know, we could ruin you. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think that. It, would, it never came to that, you know? Yeah, that is true. But, uh, well. Or maybe it did and we don't know. Exactly. Like, Who knows Jeffrey needs, did get dude. sent up, dude. You know what I mean? Like, for all that blackmail material, how did he go to jail at all? Yeah. Like, he didn't let any of that go? I would have called somebody up. You know what I mean? If I had a Rolodex of powerful people fucking underage people and I was going to jail, I would call every single one of them. And I would be like, it's all, you know what I mean? I'm burning all y'all. Maybe you did. Maybe they told him the best we can do is have some sloppy staffing. Yeah, yeah, could be. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, but any, bro, Whitefish, dude. Mm -hmm. So, uh, just Even, tell me you won't let this interrupt whether or not you would visit. I, I think I've been to Whitefish. Yeah. I know I've been to Montana. Uh, <laughs> Reasonable. Yeah. Wait, why? I can't tell whether or not I've been in a state. For sure. Well, <laughs> uh, you know, it was for work. So I was like, okay, I wasn't because I definitely like, uh, I think I landed in Montana and then had to drive to Wyoming. Okay. And I, it fucked me up. Like I got lost, it, you know. My phone you get ran, lost. There's only one road. My phone ran out of batteries, okay. like so I didn't have a GPS. We'll just keep going. Yeah, but if you're going the wrong way, you're gonna be going the wrong way, which is what happened. Okay. <laughs> it's a badass drive. It's so beautiful. I it was really it. nice. It was in the summer too. It was, oh, it was really nice. Delightful. I really liked it. But anyway, dude. So get this. So fucking in the article, right? They're like. This guy owns this whole town. Nothing's going to happen to him. He intimidates his victims. You know, like girls are coming through left and right. Like this, he's turned this into like his sex resort. And now he's like importing his own people because he's, he's, all his companies are coming there. So like hundreds and hundreds of people loyal to him are coming into the town. It's becoming like his town. And there's one guy, an old sheriff quoted in the New York Post article. Keep in mind, the New York Post has long been tied to like Mossad, CIA, Epstein. They're the ones that had the Ghislaine, you know, Chick-fil-A or In-N-Out pictures. Uh, They're the ones when we talk about Eyes Wide Shut, there's some shady shit, you know, involved there. I got to get my research right there. But um, fucking in the article, the Whitefish Sheriff, he's an old ass sheriff. He's like no country for old men, old ass sheriff. And he's just like, he's the one giving that quote where he's like, a lot of people are scared. This guy runs law enforcement here. 
and a lot of people are intimidated and no one's no one's everyone's too scared to say something about it but you know i'll say something that that's what's going on the art for that article which does not mention bill barr the you know u.s attorney general under trump uh he's not mentioned in the article at all the new york post's art for this article about the billionaire and his mistress and his fixer and their lawsuit is Bill Barr talking to the sheriff like Jesus. in Montana. I, I, I don't know what to make of that. The guy whose dad hired Epstein, uh-huh. the guy who was in charge of security for Epstein when he killed himself, uh-huh. is in Montana talking to the guy who is the only person in law enforcement willing Just to say like, that everyone else scared. is scared. And that's the art New York Post runs. That's, wow. I don't know what's going on, but if if JFK Jr. shows up tomorrow, like I'll no. be like, all right. You know what? I mean, what is that, dude? Like, what is that? It's, why are they running that picture? It's one of those Put things. Put aside, why did that picture get taken? That uh, I feel like Bill Barr does frequently enough where it's like, they're just, they're looking at you and they're like, I know you know, I don't care. Exactly, dude. That's so frustrating. nuts to me. Yeah. And no one is, I can't find anyone making that point. You're I, waging a war I'm against Reddit. God. I, yeah. For real. I mean, what else are you doing if you're in, in Montana, like carrying water for this man? Well, I just want to emphasize again, there's a lot of great reasons to go to Whitefish, Montana. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Including the water. Glacier National Park. Yeah, right like there, said, dude. yeah, yeah. It is beautiful, dude. River rafting. I also liked uh, like the boys up there. It's a good culture of boys, dude. It's a, I was like going Great out, boys. going out to dinner with the clients, like you know, after the case, and they were telling me like all the shit they get up to. Like, uh, I didn't know like people recreationally snowmobile, dude. Dude, that's exactly what I was gonna say. Yeah, dude. The snowmobile it sounded clubs. so sick, dude. Yeah, they were telling me all about it. Uh, I was like, the first time we went to Montana, I've been to Montana twice. Uh, the first time I went to Montana, uh, it was to visit one of Megan's. Megan has a cousin that lives up there. Okay. And uh, her husband works as a park ranger at a uh, Yellowstone. And mm, uh, that's why you're always defending the sinister national park system. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> not i mean he's a nice enough guy i wouldn't say that we established yeah, yeah. the bond i like national parks him. too yeah um but uh they were they were just tell like they were definitely going over you know like the fucking snowmobile clubs you know yeah, like yeah. that's a big thing like it's coordinated funded like yeah, yeah. you can get some cool shit going but the thing that they told me that blew my mind was i don't think that it is this way anymore but i think that when it changed was like five years ago uh did it used to be that you could just do anything in yellowstone on snowmobiles what do you mean like you just fucking go roll like just roll around the park like anything you want to do like no one's stopping you coming in you can't do that anymore it's not like hard like it's like if i knew them technically not allowed yeah yeah i mean it's it, it like it is allowed if you're like with a large like number like like if you if you have anyone with you that has like any kind of clearance, yeah, yeah, okay. you know, like so if if you live in Yellowstone or like you know live in By, the surrounding yeah. area or like you put any planning into your vacation, yeah, yeah then okay. like it's not hard to get this done. Uh, but it used to be there was like no formal rules whatsoever. 
That like would be just sick. fucking rip through Yellowstone on a snowmobile. How sick would it be to be a park ranger whose job is to catch the rogue snowmobilers, dude? I would love it. That would be so fun. Best kind of cop. I wonder if you get a lasso. I hope so. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Bring your own, dude. <laughs> yeah, Can't dude. stop you from having some rope. Man. If I wasn't allergic to poison ivy, I thought, could I be a forest ranger? I think so. I think the solitude, you know, I'd just be writing in my journal, talking to the trees. I can't imagine having that much LSD. <laughs> I thought you meant like that's what it would take for you to be a forest ranger. No. Like, yeah, it sounds good, but I just couldn't swing the, the amount of acid that I would need. No, I'm just talking about the movie. Yeah, I wonder what the dilution rate was, and you know, and plus with the ketamine. It's just it's seeming to imply that it's not high the dilution right like that it is yeah. pretty concentrated I, yeah but like okay but what does that do to you man because like just a little bit really wrecks you it doesn't that's wreck what you, i'm saying dude what must that do and that's exactly what i'm on i mean they did it's it's so hard to like run down because they did destroy all of the fucking the mk ultra documents and i know dude so fucked up my understanding is they didn't keep a ton in, in the first place but so it's like hard to, you know, parse, but you definitely like read, like they gave a lady acid all day for a month, you know, and then she killed herself or whatever. Just but. the, the Cameron stuff. Yeah. The, I shouldn't say that. So flippant. I think, you know what I mean, but the, to expect uh. the listener to is, uh, unlikely the, um, what's it called? Raven's crag. The, what the fuck are you talking about? The hospital in Montreal. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. But who's Cameron? The doctor that ran the hospital in Montreal. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm just now getting into Canadian MKUltra. I mean, it's the stuff that was recommended to me whenever I mentioned it on IJB seems to mostly focus around. Yeah, I think you mentioned it here too. The, the podcast you stuff. were listening yeah, to? Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, the first one's a CBC podcast. Yeah, well, McGill is back researching LSD again. That's why I got turned on to it. They're, they're back in business. They're the ones that ran like uh, the Raven's Crag. Um, it's the Allen Memorial. That's the name of the. Okay, I think yeah, that, that rings a bell. It's in a old mansion that was called Raven's Crag. Okay. Like when it was initially built. It's ominous. But uh, the guy who built it, I think his name was Allen. Okay. And so it was, you know, whenever he donated it, it became a hospital. It's the Allen Memorial Hospital. Okay. It's on uh, Mount Royal in Montreal. Okay. And uh, it fucking, um, I forget what, oh, just the people that were treated there, it's kind of, you know, I mean, like, I feel like it gets shorthanded to just LSD when it's like, definitely bigger than that there's also a lot of heavy electric uh like electroshock treatments yeah um also just stuff about like you know having people wear like headphones with like constant messages you know yeah yeah and so dude did you know excel used to do that no yeah it was like before my time but like right before my time damn they had uh it was punishment you had to go in the isolation room and then they had uh, had an isolation room. Yeah, what the uh, fuck is that? Just what it sounds like. Uh, yeah, 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 I gathered that. But where was it? It was like because remember the lodge was the dorm too. Yeah, so it was like just on that side of the lodge, like okay. by the pantry. You you don't know, you know, like you don't have the visual, but it was just in the lodge. Okay. You know what I mean? Like I'm like trying where to they gave out the meds. 
or like where they did yeah, phone like calls? Yeah, like where the laundry room, yeah. phone calls, meds were. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like on that side, but I would say farther down. They just had a little ISO room? Yeah, yeah. And they had tapes of Sally's old lectures. Oh, from my when God. She was like, <laughs> the tapes of like, Sally. Yeah, before Excel. <laughs> Like from when she oh, would like damn. teach, you know, God. AA classes or whatever. What I would love. And they would just play them. That would be great for my documentary. <laughs> yeah, dude. I would love to get my paws on those, dude. <laughs> That's what that, I'm saying. Yeah, that would be awesome, dude. Um, oh, man. Yeah. I was thinking like, wow. Chop them up. That's the next Al Fetto album. <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome, dude. Uh, I'm not Albert Federer anymore, though, dude. I know, I know. I just, I like, I thought it was good. I did too, but it it's just like. just rolls off the tongue. It's a very boisterous name. It's like a loud immigrant, you know, which, <laughs> yeah. you know, I guess is what I was kind of getting at, but it's a part of me, but it's not the whole, you know, I feel like it's like Slim Shady, you know what I mean? Okay. Like the, that, that, that part, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know, man, I've been struggling. Like, uh, I'm just so good at rapping about, uh, things that I don't really believe in. <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? I, I think i do know what you mean i i can a uh, dude if i was willing to rap about like killing people that would really take me to another level like in terms of just writing but it's not interesting to me but it turns out all of my life i've only listened to music about you know like doing drugs and killing people having yeah. sex yeah uh and i rap about doing drugs and having sex but that's hard mm-hmm. i don't know but the uh the um in uh can't get you out of my head they have a interview like it's it's i don't think it's like adam curtis talking to the woman it's like archival footage that's i think what i'm thinking of yeah 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 where she's describing that she has no memory of a single thing and you hear from people like that in these podcasts i've listened to and so i don't know if that's just you can feed someone enough lsd that their brain wipes Here's my thing. I, or on. if like the electroshock is also an important component. Well, and also the conditioning and the suggestibility. Yeah. Because like, uh, think about Alex Jones in the movie Prisoners, Melissa Leo telling him for the rest of his life that he's slow and stuff. He's going to get slower. Like you'll, you'll end up believing it. Um, and I just, whenever I think about that, I think about like at Excel, Jamie telling kids, like I remember Jamie told this girl, you'll probably die by the time you're 35 because you did so much meth and cocaine like before you got here. How's she doing? She's alive. I know she's alive. Driving. Over 35. Yeah, but exactly. It's like, first of all, she's probably talking about herself uh, and what she's worried about herself. Second of all, that's fucked up and she doesn't know what she's talking about. No. But like- you could see how someone would believe someone. You know, if, I'm sure, I don't want to like speak categorically. I'm sure it's possible to do permanent damage, but I really want to, I'd like to establish a baseline of like, I think that science would suggest like if you haven't done any hard drugs in 10 years, that your body's probably done a pretty good job of healing from it. I think so. And then even if you die and someone cuts open your heart and they're like, look at the scarring that's from that. It's like, you don't know, dude. We yeah. don't know anything when it comes to that kind of like level. Even like brain scans and shit, like they don't really know. Just think about it like from the standpoint of a detective, like trying to figure out which from this person's, you know, like 60 years yeah, of yeah. life when this thing came. You'd have a guess, but like you yeah. shouldn't feel confident in it. Like if they got hep C or something like there, it's easy. But anything yeah. other than that, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, but I think about that with the, the post-MK people. If it's a bunch of people 
with a point to prove about how terrible what happened to you was, not saying it wasn't, a bunch of guys being like, and you don't have a memory, right? You can't remember it. And you're like, oh, I guess not. Yeah, that is a little hit. You know what I mean? Like, I could see something like that happen. Uh, it seems, I mean, it's a short clip, but you would know whether or not you like just don't know like where you, I mean, some, I mean, I think I a would. lot of the stuff is like uh, testimony from like the kids of the affected people. Yeah. That are like, yeah, he came home and like there was just nothing going on. Yeah, no, I hear again, I, I believe you and I believe them, but you know, like uh J.R.R. Tolkien said this about Lord of the Rings, the tale grows in the telling. You know what I'm saying? I think that's true of all stories. And especially when it has to do with your memories as a child. Like there's just suggestibility there. And especially if what you remember is there like something did happen, you know what I mean? it can be easy to idealize what happened before. Yeah. Like I, I think that, you know, like with Excel, even like recently we've talked about it, but idealizing pre Excel days, you know, versus being like, yeah, those weren't perfect either. Uh, I don't know. I feel like you raised a good point though. I don't mean to suggest that I disagree with it. The other uh, example I have come into contact with of people doing more than a normal amount of acid is uh, in the Alex Gibney documentary, Magic Trip. He's uh, looking at like a Ken Kesey, the guy that wrote, I know you've heard all this from me before. Uh, Ken Kesey, the guy that wrote One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, uh, bought a bunch of camera. Like he was, you know, big time hippie guy. Uh, MK Ultra participant uh-huh. and um, bought a bunch of cameras and like the big thing was he was going to drive this school bus he owned to the World's Fair so like they set out from San Francisco and drove across America uh-huh. and uh, somewhere in like Arizona or New Mexico a girl that they referred to as uh, Stark Naked uh, drank like the remainder of what they had of their acid uh-huh. Like just knocked back, you know, like uh-huh. a good amount. Yeah. Um, and uh, was just like pretty well gone. And at some point they they got to uh, James McMurtry's house in Houston. Okay. They were all staying there. Uh-huh. And they were going to sleep or whatever. And she somehow got away from him and got picked up by the cops. Shit. And uh, involuntarily... Uh, condemned, you know, or whatever. Yeah, committed. Committed, that's the word I was looking for. Yeah. Um, and just, you know, it was days before she could tell him who she was or what she was doing. Yeah. And one of her friends had to end up driving down from San Francisco to pick her back up, which I always thought was a good indication of, like, the, the documentary is explaining in some part, like, how all of your understanding of the 60s more or less grew out of like the idiosyncrasies of this particular trip and group. Like they got a whole thing, like as she's knocking back the acid, they're doing what they claim. I don't know what the historical veracity of this is, but their claim is quite clearly they were like inventing tie dye, like (laughs) just the style of it, you know? Okay. Okay. Um, And just, there's a lot of other stuff like that in there of, you know, like tropes that would become common throughout like that movement. Uh Like that, you know, it had to start somewhere. They're alleging it was here. Sure. Um, and so, you know. Like those teenagers that claim they invented 420? Yeah, yeah, Have yeah. you heard about them? Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly like that. 
someone but, does have to be the one. But dude, and they're, and they're, hold but on, they're, just real quick. Fine, people can invent stuff. Someone has to be the first one. Yes. Why can't Terrence Howard be that one for meth? Like for real. A lot of reasons. I mean, but we're not. I don't want to derail because you're going somewhere, but it did remind me. I just feel like it's like, we don't know, dude. We're part of the old world. We're in the unopened flower of light. We're, yeah, you just probability stack. We're not a, using the old math. You're defending a guy who said that he had evidence that he then refused to present. True. Do you feel good about it? Well, yeah, that is true. Uh but so uh, they got this, you know, the, yeah. this is the, where the movement starts. It's certainly being presented by them as like, you know, this is a trip forefronting love, right? Like mm -hmm. all the, the claimed positive values of the hippie movement, mm -hmm. um, they're, they're claiming them most strongly. Okay. And then their friend gets involuntarily committed and they're just like, well, we got some places to be, so we're going to keep oh, the bus yeah, moving. Dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. Terrible. Yeah. Hippies are not good people, dude. I know. Yeah. I'm, I'm just saying this yeah. is further proof. I'm demoralized that Scorsese's making the Grateful Dead movie. I just, it brings me down when I think about it. That's big time, Keezy. I hope everyone would know. Yeah, 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 for sure. He's the one that introduced them to acid. They would, they, like, they started gigs that he would have uh, acid tests. Yeah. That was like the parties where they would all come to his compound or whatever and Take a bunch of acid. Yeah, I started reading that book, but I didn't continue. The Tom Wolf. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I know you like those guys. I haven't. I don't know much about them. I know. I mean, Tim, I wouldn't Timothy say I, I like it or don't like. I mean, I, that that documentary is interesting. The whole thing's interesting. You know. That's yeah, all. yeah. I, I have the boomer self mythologizing is hard for me in general. But, sure. Uh, and then, like, I do think Timothy Leary, I don't know if he was, like, a, you know, a CIA agent. They visit whatever. him at the end of the deal. You know, a Fed. Well, yeah, because wasn't he, like, kind of boys with them? Like, he was East Coast, they were West Coast. But, yeah, they, yeah, they yeah. viewed each other as attempting to do similar things. It's an interesting moment in the documentary because, you know, like, once they come together, they do realize their differences. Interesting. But, uh, you know. Well, I just know when Timothy Leary went to Algeria after he got out of prison, he stayed with Eldridge Cleaver, the Black Panther. And Eldridge Cleaver was like, yeah, this guy's setting us up. He's a fed. And it, like, cause he just kept being like, we gotta, we gotta get violent. We gotta do revolution. We gotta do drugs. Like, and he just kept being like, do drugs, do drugs, do drugs. And Eldridge Cleaver was like, get the fuck out of here. And they like locked him up in a closet for like three days and then he left. Maybe he just really liked drugs. He did. Like when I hang out with you, that's what I do. True. And I think you're an op. No. You're trying to bring me down. Mm -mm. Uh, I know. I really Dragging do think that. You up. I think it's like uh, the tune in, turn on, drop out, you know, mm -hmm. message of Timothy Leary. They say Marshall McLuhan gave it to him. And, uh, you know, he's got his own intelligence community ties. Uh, you know him, the Canadian social theorist? No. I bet he was at McGill. Uh you know, the medium is the message. He coined that phrase. Okay. Uh, but like the tune in, turn on, drop out really does work to neuter. Like, I'm not saying like there's a memo where like the powers that be were like, we must get, give them acid so that they become self-centered and apathetic. But that is what happened. Like trace the sixties to the eighties. Do you like, think that acid makes you self-centered and apathetic? Yeah. Well, 
Don't you? Have you ever hung out with people on it? They're constantly just talking about their own insights and just talking. Like, what do they do? What political movement has like actually, you know what I mean? Like the acid test movement was just like, they got people to do a lot of acid. Yeah. Which is sick, but that's not really politics or change or anything. I'm not saying otherwise. Yeah, yeah, but elders they were, and they were that like they were saying the drugs were more than you know doing the drugs. Like they're saying it's like we're politically raising consciousness and we're going to change the world. They thought they ended Vietnam that way. I feel like it pretty clearly raises consciousness. Well, it changes it, but. I mean, look at the fucking, the CIA people in the MK Ultra program. A lot of them did LSD also. Do you think it raised their consciousness? And then they went on to do the Vietnam War. Who knows what they would have been without, you know? Nah, that's, a, that's a fair point. But I'm just saying, like, I think it alters it, but I don't think it's like a God drug that makes you virtuous. I, don't think I such do not thing think exists. it makes you virtuous. You don't think virtue exists? No, a drug that makes you virtuous. Oh, yeah i mean obviously there's a glib answer either you are or you aren't oh god's not a drug dude well uh yeah fair that's fair anyway i do think that like tune in turn on drop out i'm not saying it was made up in a you know a memo but it does it did dovetail with what the conservative reactionary powers that be wanted you know to happen and i think that's why eldridge cleaver was like I actually have a political agenda and so I want nothing to do with this and I'm suspicious of it. Although, dude, did I ever tell you about uh, when I studied with Kathleen Cleaver? No. So it's so funny after this big speech I just gave about how the, like, the hippies were, they became self-centered uh, yuppies, but you know, Eldridge was on to them. But uh, so Kathleen Cleaver was his wife and she also, they were like pretty militant. Uh, and I think they both went to jail. I know he did. Um, but she, whatever she did, uh, you know, like many of these like sixties and seventies, like the weathermen, you know, uh, those, those type of people, (coughs) she ended up like working at, she went to Yale law school and then worked at Sullivan and Cromwell, which is like the most white shoe wall street firm of all time. Uh, and she was just doing like corporate mergers and acquisitions law for them. So, you know, maybe the acid would have helped. Like when? Like in the nineties, I think, or eighties. So like after? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. After all the Black Panther stuff, she went to Yale Law School because the Ivy Leagues would take anyone who went to jail for blowing up a government building, like, you know, for their cachet. A better time. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, I, I bet they still will. Uh, maybe <laughs> If you and I blow up a government building, I don't think they will. But like the Antifa people that, uh, you know, destroyed the courthouse, I bet you could get at least a, a visiting scholar position or something. Uh, <laughs> I don't know about that, dude. But yeah, she, so then she ended up like being, uh, so she worked at Sullivan and Cromwell and then she became a law professor and then she was, she visited UT while I was there. Okay. So I took a small seminar with her with like eight people. Wow. Uh, yeah, it was cool as shit. She's cool. Uh, but the whole class, it was about like, you know, race, race in the constitution, basically, uh, the civil war amendments, like the 13th, 14th and 15th, mm-hmm. that was kind of the backdrop. 
but <laughs> basically the the class kind of it was kind of like this podcast like it it was very disjointed didn't really stay on topic you know a lot of conversations disagree and then yeah for sure and then whoever we were talking about it was invariably unless it was like a, an old slave or something but anyone else it's gonna be like an old white politician you know and she would literally every single time because my roommate was in the class too and he would laugh about it he was the one that pointed it out to me he listens to this too so hopefully he's laughing now shout out but uh definitely uh but she would just pull up these old white guys, like the old, you know, John C. Calhoun or like whoever. And she would just be like, I mean, just look at him. <laughs> like, <laughs> this motherfucker is racist. <laughs> like, she's like, look, like, you know, you're reading whatever racist thing you wrote. And she's like, look at him. Yeah. Is anyone, I mean, look that's at not, him. Uh, <laughs> that's not advanced. I, I don't think that we should judge each other based on. I kind of don't. But every time she pulled him up, I was like, I see what you're saying. Like they just it's looked, a prejudicial statement. They're you all lawyers making, should understand that. Now they're, they're like making the bitter beer face always. Well, you know what I mean? They're like how people <clears throat> took photos back then. No, dude, the virtuous northerners, like the abolitionists always just look crazy. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, I do know they, what you but mean. they're not like mm. they're yeah. just like <laughs> you know <laughs> fucking who's that one? Oh, John Brown. He he's the he's the goat abolitionist for sure so that's a person with beliefs man uh you know how like some of these colleges are kind of like re-examining their their roots and some of the the racist foundations that they're built on and stuff of that yeah um i i mention this on ijb often enough but uh clemson university just is john c calhoun's plantation (laughs) (laughs) wow i didn't know that yeah that's funny dude his uh like daughter married a guy thomas clemson they should that's just, how you get there damn they should just like give that to an hbcu i don't think they're going to i doubt it yeah but like that's the only way out really like uh you know in terms of those optics like the the plantation that blake lively got married on remember mm-hmm. that yeah i do like it's like you just got to make that a park about slavery or like a museum or something you know what i mean like I'm saying, like, if you want... One of my uh, ticket co-workers uh, on a trip to New Orleans, like, went to a plantation that it was, like, a yeah. museum, you know, like, just kind of fucking... Yeah. Look at all this fucked up shit that happened. This is what happened. Yeah. I think that that's good. I once went to a, a plantation in South Carolina that was just, like... It was, like, the Blake Lively one. Oh. And we just had, like, the best dinner of all time. <laughs> okay. And then, like... Interesting admission. <laughs> Well, I didn't know, man. I was just yeah, in yeah, South Carolina, yeah, and yeah. it's like we're going to dinner. And yeah. It was a nice dinner. It was lovely. Uh-huh. Uh, and then the I original even, owners were probably the lawyers, too. Probably, yeah. Uh, like landed gentry, you know, like gentleman lawyers, probably. I wasn't a lawyer at the time. I was okay. a, a college student. But when Blake Lively got in trouble, I did think back. I was like, yeah, that is kind of messed up. Like... We were all just chilling there, you know. Yeah, it's different it's like, than like picking it out for your what, but yeah, I, I yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, well, and it's also like not here to defend. They Blake weren't Lively, like, but. come take a journey to culinary days of yore. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. it wasn't like that. It was just like a beautiful building. You yeah, know? but it it's kind of like having a nice restaurant at Auschwitz or something, like a little bit. You know? I know what you're saying. Like. You got to take, here's what the thing is. I know like land, I don't think can really 
become cursed like that, you know? That's clearly not what you believe based on other statements, but go well, ahead. Well, I was about to say, I mean, for all of my talk about planetary chakras, that's not what go. I mean by right. land being cursed by human action. But I think there's, like, there's energy, but... I think every major city is a planetary chakra. My proof is that there's a city there. People had to be drawn by something. Or, well, that's a good point. That's kind of what I was trying to say about oil, like drawing where being acted upon by forces mm. you know what i mean like it's like or to the platonic uh solids. substance solids question it's like so there's an apple right there's a platonic substance ideal form of an apple right mm-hmm. can you picture it yes no you cannot oh because Trick. it only exists in the ideal realm we're here in the material world where this form of an apple is being acted upon by all of these forces like above and below it, such as like human desire. You know what I mean? So like apples 10,000 years ago. Because you want to fuck the apple. Kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, in Genesis, kind of. But like, uh, you know, they've gotten bigger. They've gotten juicier. They've gotten more appealing. Now with the GMOs, you know, even more. Less nutrient rich. Exactly. And I think kind of you can put that argument I was at a party a couple months ago with someone who was – yeah, I remember you told really me about this. Pair. I, I think you they were, were really, right. I, I moved. I, I remain moved. We were in the car. What have you I done about this? it? Nothing. I where I remember where I was. In, like we were driving in your car when you were telling me about this. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, yeah. This yeah. person made quite an impression on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, enough of an impression to change one single action? No. Well, you never know. It could down the road, man. You never yeah, know. Yeah, maybe I'm primed. Well, that's what I was saying about like not living up to your values. I basically think the vegans are right. I really do. I can't no, really. I have to live around them. I know they're not. Who? My dad. Your dad's a vegan? Yeah. Holy shit. This is blowing my mind. Wow. Interesting. Why? Cholesterol. Whoa. Okay. Okay. Interesting. If you ask him, he will, depending on the day, mutter something about a documentary on Netflix. Okay. But see, I'm like you with those on not wanting to know about, you know, the predators. I, w- I can't do it, man. I don't want to. Okay. I, it, I'm falling short of my values there. The documentaries sure. about like, you know. The animals. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I don't want to stop eating them because I've tried to stop eating them and I go crazy. Yeah, I don't So I have try. to eat them, but I don't want to know. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. It's, it's messing me up, man. I think it'll probably end up being like our version of slavery or something. Not that slavery is worse. Me. Yeah. We're it's people, a candidate. Like, yeah, it's surely up, something man. that we're it's doing will clearly up. be viewed as slavery in 400 years. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, but like those, yeah. Anyway, but I do want to close the loop on saying I'm against slavery. And I think good. the solution Great. is you, if you want the land where it happens and you want to do cool stuff, and you're upset that everyone wants you to acknowledge what happened. You know, like if you own the plantation land and you're like, what the hell? I didn't buy this to have a museum. You know, it's kind of what I sense is the sentiment for all the people that like don't want the statues to come down, you know, all that kind of stuff. I feel like you can't keep the original building then. You know what I mean? Like you buy the plantation, keep the land. You can't have the actual slave house and shit still going on. You got to knock those down or they have to be museums. You can't just make them into restaurants. 
You know what I mean? Like I, if that Auschwitz, sounds right to me, but I don't think that the people who live the the community surrounding I doubt agrees with us in sufficient force to enforce. I feel like both like sides would probably be upset by it, <laughs> yeah, because it's like the people that want the museum are like, don't knock it down, make it a museum. It needs to be remembered, and then the people who don't want any of that are like, I don't want. I want the buildings for my nice restaurant. I mean, I bet that most people there are like just don't change anything because that's the stances that most people have most of the time that's probably true in terms of a generality although i do find myself surprised when you get to places that are like supposed to be like red states or like conservative or whatever mm -hmm. you go to their downtown or wherever like the yuppies are hanging out or you know what i mean like the college educated 20 and 30 somethings mm -hmm. they're the same everywhere it's uh distressing yeah. yeah it's wild to me i'm like i'm about you know i guess the sec is probably still holding it down but, I mean, you know, uh, also like uh, we live in a red state. Yeah, doesn't feel like it. We are the yuppies. Yeah, I guess. So. I don't feel very young or professional these days, but I guess we are. I'm older than you too. I forget that sometimes because you're so mature. I'm not professional either. Yeah, you are, dude. I'm working class. I don't have a college <laughs> degree. That's true. That is true. I guess I can't argue with you there. Whenever America talks about the white working class, That's voter, you? they're talking about me. That's why you love central Pennsylvania so much. Yeah. <laughs> Never been to central Pennsylvania. You know it would be tough? Being Alex Jones's parents. In the movie or the guy? We found your boy. Yeah. We got it's that lady watching the videotape, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. But they, they say, like, it's it's on one of the newspapers. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That they're yeah. reunited. Yeah. And so you're like, well, we found them. Yeah, That's it's good suck. news. Good news kind of ends there. We got a lot more news. He's alive. Yeah. So he has been drugged so bad that his brain's beyond recognition. Yeah. Still, I think something in your being, in your no, body. No, no, no. We're not done. No, yeah, yeah. This is depressing me. He's been beat to a bloody pulp for the yeah. last several days. I wouldn't but here care, he is. Dude. Just hold your kid, man. I don't, did you keep a bed for him? Did he she still have a room? Did. I thought of that lady when Melissa Leo was like, he would just sit around on death row getting fat, you know, about Barry. Mm -hmm. It's like, not that that lady was fat, but she was just sitting around watching TV. Like, that's what her life was. You know? She was on death row. Yeah. yeah. Because of Melissa Leo. Yeah. Yeah. It hit me. That's so sad, man. God damn, man. It's not I, like, a happy movie. Being a parent, I cried three times watching it this time. Like when I first, every time Hugh Jackman got worked up, I cried. Yeah. Uh, and then when I was like rewatching it, taking notes. I don't know that I would have anticipated that you cried, but I just, I, I definitely, I think that there's something about Hugh Jackman's energy. You got some of that. And you, like, I don't mean that mm, in like a demeaning. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good, good, good. I was hoping you wouldn't be general. offended uh just something about the determination and like the not my family Thank we you. must protect i appreciate that man um and yeah and i just i uh, you know uh yeah i'll stop there <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're like shit oh he still thinks it's a compliment i guess let's just stop <laughs> yeah no why, i do why like, ruin a good time i wouldn't i don't think i would torture like that but every time i think that to myself i'm like i don't think it would work like i i don't 
I don't know. Torture tends not to. I definitely, there is a part of me where if somehow there's a scenario where like Jamie has aligned with ISIS and they've invaded Dallas and somehow like I'm the part of the guerrilla, I'm captain of the guerrilla section that has captured Jamie and I have to torture her. I'm not like, that's not a nightmare for me when I think about it. I don't want to torture anybody. It, it, but dude, it is for me. I, no, dude, I, like, no. In that fantasy, I don't start torturing her. I'm just standing in the room, time, being like, time. "Well, well, well." <laughs> <laughs> like, you um, know, I don't like actually go on. Uh, I don't just, know what dude, I do after that. Melissa Leo's right. What do you mean? Like the because it turns people like you into demons for sure. Like I am a demon. In it that does regard. turn him into a demon. Yeah, I don't yeah, want to yeah, be yeah. a demon. I don't either. But I'm a daywalker. I think I have like part demon. I try to keep it under wraps. I'm aiming to be 0% demon. I can't get there every day, but I'm trying. I feel you, man. See, I feel like that's like, that's the true path to ruination. You know? Thinking that you're 0% demon? Yeah, that utopian, you know, that mindset. I just like to accept what I am and do my best. But, you know, I don't know. I, uh... I don't know. At this point, like, there's stuff that we've talked about on here um, where, like, if I think about it for a while, I am, it's possible for me to get worked up Yeah. Uh, about Jamie. But it's not where I sit most of the time. My, you know, it's complicated. I feel a wide range of emotions on it. But the average one is, you know. How could you look on someone that had all that happen and feel anything but simple? Like, just the the way that she treated us is, you know, if you look at it one way, clear proof of her need for sympathy. Like, no yeah, one, yeah, yeah, no yeah. one can do that stuff unless they've been thoroughly broken. Yeah, definitely. Someone who had been treated well their entire life wouldn't come fucking close to that. Thank you in advance for saying that about me. <laughs> uh, just don't do anything i'm dude. not going to but uh, actually as you were saying that i was like well the answer to that is that uh everyone goes through that but not everyone or not everyone goes through that but a I lot of people go through that and people go not everyone that. who do who does does what she does yeah i wish she wouldn't have done it dude yeah i don't uh, think you got to explain that part to yeah me. but then i'm like if that's your justification for torturing Jamie, that's probably your moment of like making the wrong choice of going yeah. forward with that. Yeah. I wouldn't actually do it. Uh, it's also, she's not even the same person. Like, and she's not an ISIS. True. There are people from my pre-Excel days that I hate much more than Jamie anyway. Uh, and they're men. So it's, that's also easier to think about. It's just different. Yeah. And you know, Something to, I feel like it's easier to hate peers. Yeah. Would you agree with that? Yeah, but I think that I I I'm a, I subscribe to Girardian the theory of mimetic desire. Have, have we talked about that? I've heard those words. I don't know what they mean. So basically, it's like you don't know what you want. It's confusing to figure out what you want. So instead, humans look to their peers and they're like, well, "What does he want? Uh, that's what I want." Okay. You know, and then you end up killing each other over it. Uh, but his, sure. his basic theory is like, so there's kind of like two kinds of models. So there's like a, a really elevated one and then like a pure one. So like we're here on this podcast, right? 
talking about movies, you know, uh, movies and TV basically. And we're like idolizing Nick Pizzolatto. I mean, not really, but you know, say we were more, we do, I think like respect his talent a lot. We think he's better than us. He's accomplished a lot more than us. He's better uh, writing TV than me. I'm, I'm confident in that. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So if we both wanted to be TV writers, we like idolize Nick Pizzolatto and him succeeding or not or anything doesn't really affect us. He's just an idol that's like very far away from us. If he happens to notice us, that's great, but it can actually kind of mess us up to get too close to him. Uh, <clears throat> but then like on the peer level, it's like we are the same and we are using each other as mimetic, like a zero in a zero sum mimetic desire, you know, quest. Uh, and so, whereas like Nick Pizzolatto being successful, you're like, good, that's what I want. It doesn't threaten you at all. If I came in next week and I was like, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm moving to LA. I, it, it's happening. You know, it's like, that's the rage. <laughs> you know what I mean? Cause it's like that I'm leaving our mimetic, you know, relationship and I'm moving out of it. Like I'm getting the thing that we both decided we want. I'd be you know happy what I mean? for you. I mean, I think you probably would be, but I would admit if the shoes were reversed, I wouldn't feel the pain. I mean, I have had it happen in my life. I can <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Figure well, it I don't want to ask you to talk about that too personally about that, but you don't feel a pang? I feel a pang. But then I recognize it. In, I mean, you feel a China. wide range of emotions, but I know which one was dominant. I know what I said. Is what you conflate what you said with being the most dominant emotion in your life normally it is the same thing like you know that's almost never the case for me okay i just feel like i rarely say what i'm actually feeling except on this podcast okay <laughs> <laughs> no i really i mean anyway i don't even really know what you're talking about but i just feel like i uh you know the pain you know what i'm talking about of course yeah that's all i'm saying that's why it's easy to hate your peers i think because it's like you're in the mix. You want the same things. Like you, you don't consider them more special than you. So if the world does something that suggests that the world thinks they're more special than you, it's like much harder. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, and I don't from, think I hate any of them because of jealousy. Yeah. Like I, I think it's like, you know, with her, it's just such a different situation than my own that I – can't really say how I would react. You know what I mean? Like, I'm confident I would do better than that. But, like, it's just, like, apples and oranges. Um, whereas, like, you know, kids that I'm, like, going to school with or whatever, the shit that they did that's fucked up. Like, yeah, just, I don't know. I'm oh. less inclined to forgive because I can much more easily put myself in the, you know, I, I have a better idea of what their constraints were. And I'm like, you could have done a lot better than that. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. I think. I don't know. You it's don't pretty know late. That. I don't think I'm coming up with my best thoughts. Should we call it? Yeah, I think so. I got to I got I'm going to be so tired tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah, but yeah, I'm happy we did it, dude. Prisoners, amazing movie. Yeah. <laughs>